and welcome to another episode of Trayvon! My name's Jake Spear, and joined with me always are these two dirty devils, Double O Derby Deck. Pleasure to be me he- here with you boys. <laughs> and our MI6 expert, the man himself, Brandon McClelland. Reporting for duty. Gentlemen, welcome back. Thank you. It's been a minute, it's isn't it, just? It's been a New York minute. It sure has. No, a New York minute is quite quick, it's isn't it? It's exceptionally yeah. quick. Moves so this has fast. been a... Uh, South Dakota... Yeah. ...minute. Oh, yeah. Wow. Like a Czechoslovakian minute. Ooh, Czechoslovakian. I feel like they take it easy. Well, gentlemen, welcome back. Hello out there to all of our lovely listeners, um, young and old, new uh, new recruits and veteran See, agents. Right. So you went young and old, but then you were going to go new and old. New, yeah, it and didn't you work. Kind of yeah. caught yourself yeah. there. Yeah, this is why we write a script. Yeah, well... And why we why have editors. You don't stick to it. Oh. Either way, we hope your week has been Trebond. Yes, yes, a tray bond to you, to you, and you, sir, and a tray bond to you ah. as well, also. Gentlemen, shout outs the week. My shout out for this week is Bond on a Budget. Oh, yes. wonderful Instagram page and soon to be blog website too. Yeah. Okay, soon. announced today on the yes. day of recording. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Wonderful Instagram page for those of you wanting to um, dress and style yourselves in the uh, in the Bondian style. But on a budget, not having to, you know, see. splurge thousands of dollars on, that sounds right on, on a t-shirt. <laughs> on a t-shirt. <laughs> no, he's got some fantastic stuff there, and I'm really looking forward to the blog, uh, the blog site coming out. So keep an eye out for. Speaking of which, did you boys visit that site? Because you're wearing the jacket from Sky. Well, yeah, and I'm... you're wearing a polo shirt and and tan pant, a la Casino Royale. Casino Royale. Mm. Did you did you use We're the site? Been a little bit inspired by oh. Bond on a budget here, and I've gone out and found myself some budget Bond clothes. Yes. Very good. Lovely. <laughs> if only they suited you as they did. Oh, here. okay. Oh, well, all right. All right. All right. I've got a shout out. All right. Don't know if I want to hear it. Oh. <laughs> right, well, go on. All right. I'll tell you Make who will it. want to hear it. Mr. Zachary Lee Antle. Oh. oh. Lovely chap who uh, who has reached out to me via ye. Brandon. Yes, yeah. Uh, we. We. <laughs> and he has a keen interest in all things uh, technical. He's a, a, an aspiring director, writer-director. And he reached out and wanted to uh, geek out a little bit about the craft of the filmmaking in the Bond films. Well, and it did, you, right did you oblige? Abl- I did oblige. I'll geek out with anyone whenever they want. Oh, you, you hit it her. An open you hit it her first. <laughs> an open invitation. <laughs> yes, I'd like to shout out David... David oh. David Lowbridge it, Ellis. Yeah. Look, Accusing me of, of the one that would fluff the name. And it's, yeah, and it's well, you. look. No, David Lowbridge Ellis, uh, better known to most of us in the Bond community as licensed to queer, uh, uh. has just been doing some extraordinary work on, on his Twitter and Instagram. Uh, he was recently featured by the AV Club. Oh, cool, uh, Talking cool. about uh, Bond and... and um, why he thinks that the spy genre is inherently queer and what draws him to Bond. Uh, And he recently did, uh, actually on the day of recording, released a um, feature on another person who we've shouted out and who was on one of our... Uh, Instagram lives, uh, Spency Maria. Yeah. Uh, just did a profile. Everyone's on been bloody busy. Oh, it's all connected. Oh, huh? it's great. Yeah, Who needs the films? We keep uh, we keep ourselves entertained. <laughs> we sure do. Did we get the results of a poll? We did oh. get the results of a poll. Yeah, please. What, what, what the have poll? the people said? So the poll was after last week's um, effort. 
Let's say you could effort. call it that. Yeah, um, it was an effort to listen to. Kiss me. This is what I'm hearing. <laughs> uh, we had a poll which said uh, whose chapter of whose most recent chapter of the ties that bind was oh, best. My and there was uh, my chapter first up from episode 22, which uh, I've called uh, Bond goes nowhere. A shower and breakfast. Excuse me. Right. A shower and breakfast. Right. Okay. Very Fleming. And- and wonderful. And then there's my most excellent chapter, probably what most people are calling the best chapter. Right. Well, and endorsed by the ghost of Ian Fleming. Endorsed by the ghost, ghost of Ian Fleming. That is true. <laughs> and we call, true. we call my one... What was my chapter? Worse uh, than Brosnan. No, no, a nondescript item. A nondescript item. Yeah. Mm. And then... Uh, and, and what about And the Whizbang Gadget Factory as a subtitle? That's a good little subtitle. Yeah, I like that them. gives you a really good indication of what that chapter was Give like. Give the people what they want. All right. <laughs> and then we had ep- from episode 24, from the yeah. most recent episode... The one before this one was uh, Shakespeare's one. The original, the original uh, uh, writer, maybe. The original Do we need voice? to point out, or have we pointed out to our audience, James? Uh, James. Yeah. Don't call him. James. I'm Please. never going to do that again. <laughs> Jake, Jake has a shares a moniker with another famous writer. Oh, has anyone pieced this together? Yeah, Harry Potter author um, Joanne Rowling. No, no, no. What happens if you say Jake Spear rather quickly? Jake Chekhov. Chekhov. Anton Chekhov, Anton the famous Chekhov playwright. Exactly Anton right. Chekhov. Shares DNA. Mon- you, you finally figured it out. There we wow. go. It took you that long. Yeah. It explains Shakespeare. Shakespeare, 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 Chekhov. Chekhov. Yeah, see? That's you eventually wow. get it. You can kind it of hear really it. It really rolls Shakespeare, off the tongue. Shakespeare, 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 Chekhov. Wow. That's you it. got right into it. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe it's taken that you get, No, I've, I've kept it very Is much Is there any relation? Well, look, I kind of like to say there was because, you know, a little bit, you know, back in the day. um, What? (laughs) You're a little bit what back in the the day? Well, family's the connection. Right, okay, just say that. Just distant relatives. Well, the wordsmith. Back to the task at hand, please. So we have a poll. Whose chapter was better, mine, Darby's, or Jake's? And the results have come in. William Shakespeare? Please read the results. I don't have the results. So oh, the results are... <laughs> I will read them to you. You are looking on your phone. Again, this unprepared... No, no, no. It is prepared. I just okay. have a lot of things. People work off phones nowadays. It's the 2020s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm going to the poll results. Anticipation. It's going to be me. Obviously. So, uh-huh. as it stands, <laughs> with... I didn't rally enough of a crew behind. Do you want to hear from... From lowest to highest? Or I want to hear from lowest? worst okay. to Excuse the best. Well, lowest. I'm going to say lowest. I'm going to say worst. Okay. Lowest voted. Least with, popular. With 10%. Most hated. 10%. How many of, votes were there? Of the vote? I'm not saying. There were 10 votes, were I'm there? not saying how many <laughs> votes there were. I don't want to colour the audience's perception here. But 10%, 10, 10 suggests it was pretty even. <laughs> millions of people 10% voting. of the vote. Yeah, millions of people listening and voting. 10%. Of the vote went to Mr. Darby Deck's chapter. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Do we have comment? <laughs> Careful now. You've got to, they're your supporters. They're the ones backing you. I'm heartbroken. Oh, Are you for real? I'm for I real. I got one vote out of ten. <laughs> not out of ten. It's not out of ten. Might be out of five. <laughs> <laughs> so half a vote out of five. Oh, look, I thought I was giving the people what they want. I'm yeah. quite disappointed. I don't think people were voting with 
their hearts or their brains uh. or their heads <laughs> i think if you search your feelings you know that my story was the best and i don't know if i am gonna respond to these and endorsed by Ian Fleming. and endorsed by Fleming. it was a rollicking adventure with gadgets whiz bangery weapons stakes well and James described Bond. by someone yeah. as the thinking man's bond the thinking man's bond which i disagree a with a bit of a course corrector you know kind of did <laughs> what course corrector course corrector <laughs> uh, coming off the back of a sublime course correction from myself no coming off the back oh, of the dear. die another day of literature oh. we produced the casino royale no, of i would say the die another day of literature well, is the nondescript bloody one out of you two monkeys right. well who was next Next, on 45%... Oh, this mm-hmm. is a weird number. ...was you and I. <gasps> it, this was a tie? It's Brandon, a tie at, at the moment. That maths doesn't work. Yes, it does. 45. Plus 45 is, is 90. 90. Plus 10. Plus 10 No, but I should have been much higher than that. <laughs> <laughs> That's Look, debatable, but congratulations, Yeah, sir. I'm not happy... I don't think we can say this is a definitive poll. So I certainly am not saying it's a definitive we poll. We have my chapter today, yep. Darby's chapter next week, yep. and Jake again whenever we get to it. I suggest we do another poll after this, and whoever wins that is crowned uh, Trey Bond's greatest rhyming good boy. Well, I'm going to have to up the bloody stakes. Yeah. You guys thought you got what you wanted last time. You're going to get even more of what you wanted next time. Oh, I got <laughs> none of what I wanted last time. What the hell are we doing today? Oh, yeah, what's today's mission? <laughs> <laughs> well, gentlemen, today's mission is not a James Bond film. No. It's not a James Bond novel. We're in uncharted territoire. What the hell's going on, Brandon? Tell us! Today's mission, gentlemen, is 2020's Trey Bond official film ranking. Oh, oh my god! Give the viewers, listeners, heroes, <laughs> a little taste of what they can expect. A ranking of all the James Bond films by the three gentlemen in the room with me. So from now. 24 to 1. 24 to 1. All to find to out o. what's the purpose of this, to find uh, out the ultimate number one Trey Bond the, movie. Yeah, the official Trey Bond list. Because it can only be done as a, a, a means of averaging, hmm. can't yes. it? Hmm. Yes. Because there's the, three of us, we have, to, we have to validate Jake's opinion somehow. That's right. This is the, you could say this is the only way in which he can kind of contribute to this Trey Bond uh, experience. I, I would say so, yeah. And, and it's forcibly so. Like, we have to deal with yes, yes. My Just way one thing is to, the highway. Yeah. So whatever I say goes. And my top films will represent the entire groups. I don't don't think so. So this is why we're doing this now. The three. Is to to make sure that that is not what people think. Because it's yours plus mine plus Brandon's divided by by the three of us. Minus yours again and times by mine. No, no, not quite. That's how it's going to work. We'll, we'll go into more about how it's going to work we later. But yeah. here's one for you. <laughs> All right, can I do this now? You may. You may. Sorry. After being painted into a, a bloody corner, man. I'm going to get my no. martini. Yeah, please, please. Get comfy. We're so, not going So anywhere. the person who wrote the chapter before oh, me was Jake Spear. Was Jake Spear. Excuse me. Esteemed Trey Bond. Excuse me. Let me speak. The floor is mine. Joint number one worldwide best-selling popular author. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Oprah Winfrey's yeah. bestseller list. Yeah, well, guess what? The Night of the Roxbury. I've written it down to make you happy. I've wasted... That was to make me happy. He paper. doesn't really care. But no, I, no, he jumped please, in. He'll please. jump in. 
Previously on The Ties That Bind. The Tears That Bound. The Tears That Bound. Bound. <clears throat> excuse me. Bond <laughs> and his fellow double O's were given a briefing in a room on a British naval submarine. Sorry, can just... Yep. I'll jump in here. I want to take issue with something. Brain and I were listening to this episode oh, yes. uh, in a car yeah. ride yesterday, actually, yeah. to the Spectre episode on Sunday. And there's nothing to criticise. <clears throat> One thing to criticise. I very clearly... I didn't pick it up at the time because you were probably mumbling or I was probably half asleep. <laughs> but... <laughs> I clearly set 003 up as a source of ah, ah. antagonism. Say no more. Say no more. Yeah. Say no more. Okay. So, <laughs> previously on the Ties of Bone. All right. Okay, so Bond see what happens and his fellow 00s were given a briefing in a room on a British naval submarine. Uh-huh. That was all we were told. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The briefing essentially just laid out everything established in the previous chapter of the Ties that Bind, <laughs> <laughs> in which Bond was handed a spear gun that doubled as a rifle and a grey nondescript item. An oxymoron if we've ever heard one. <laughs> the main point of difference between the two chapters was that this briefing was given by Felix Leiter, which implies that not only did the entire double-O division, including Moneypenny, M and Q, board a British submarine headed to a tiny island in the Pacific that was previously unknown to be involved in anything un- improper or dastardly until Bond himself had boarded, but also that the CIA decided to send their own man on board as well. Double-O <laughs> three, who, in the previous chapter... This is my point of contention. ...was established to have some sort of rivalry with Bond was reintroduced as a new female agent. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Lighter went on to describe the impressive ne- network, network, network of warehouses and silos on this new island uh-huh. surrounded by dense jungle and that it would have to be assailed from the air. Into the sea. A high altitude, <laughs> low opening or halo jump yeah. to be precise. And now... Onto the story. Oh, oh well, wow. you got it? a fucking mess to deal with. <laughs> As Leiter wrapped up his briefing to the division, the other double O's quickly flicked through the paper files marked for eyes only. Bond noticed that the woman As sat in front to toes. of him. people with yeah. glasses. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, four eyes only. That's right. Uh, Bond noticed that the woman sat in front of him had already opened her file during the American speech and was now paying particular attention to the LiDAR imagery of the small Pacific island. He slid his finger under the paper wrap that bound the file folder. The documents were, like most briefing files he'd received since obtaining his license to kill, scarce on comprehensive information. Mm. This... Bond had always thought, served as reminder that questions weren't welcomed by Her Majesty's government and that his duty was more hitman than serviceman. Yeah. The information for this particular mission, though, seemed lighter than usual. Felix lighter. Oh, wow. No doubt MI6 were taking orders from Downing Street to follow the Americans' lead in every aspect of this operation. Uh, Bond flicked through the satellite... Flicked through to the satellite map of the purported facility and took in as much detail as he could. As he scanned the impressive network of silos and warehouses, mm. he noticed a peculiar detail. What was that? The placement of each building seemed out of sort. Ah. His mind raced back to the facility that Roxbury had maintained. Out of sort. <clears throat> mm. 
Which, whereas each part of that like island... a bit sick. A bit yeah. confused. Yeah. A bit confused. Yeah, a bit yeah. like, oh, that's out of order. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Maybe it's seasickness, I don't mm. know. Whereas each part of that island had been meticulously planned... This one's a bit more sporadic. Pretty much, yeah. Mm. This second facility had been haphazardly added to, Ooh. as if the plant had grown larger than the initial intended use. What does that tell us, Jake? Low-budget Renaults. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> Bond looked up towards his boss and lighter. The Admiral was reading through the case files, his head almost buried in the folder. But what? Lighter's eyes were fixed firmly on Bond. M's got pretty bad eyes or something. Yeah, he's kind of leaning. Really, in. Yeah. like, buried. Very buried. Buried. In. In. Right up. So there. you're learning stuff about his character, you know what I mean? I'm he's not just saying this is Bernard Lee or blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrible vision. Yeah. Shouldn't have a desk job. Well, I have a desk job. Well, that's why he's got a secretary. Sure. So yes. you're learning stuff about him as a character. Right, right, right. Um, but Lighter's eyes were fixed firmly on Bond. Mm. Who returned, sir. Watching me, watching. Bond girl. Uh-huh. Mm. Feel it lighter. No. Mm. Oh. Good okay. God. <laughs> Lighter's eyes were fixed firmly on Bond, who returned, sir. Lighter's eyes were alight. May I finish? <laughs> With light. Who returned serve with an unflinching stare. Oh, tennis match. John Glenn tennis match. Perhaps. (laughs) But like a a vision, a gaze. (laughs) Right. This is quite long. So... (laughs) Octopus. There's actual detail in this. Right. Pay attention. Pay attention, Darby. Stop interrupting. Sorry. He stood up, closed the briefing folder and tucked it under his arm as as he made his way to the front of the room. The Admiral only noticed Bond when he was within reaching distance. The Admiral only noticed Bond. How far are we from the airbase? Inquired Bond. Less than an hour, replied Lighter. Hope you're not afraid of heights, James. That's more Jeffrey. Bond smirked at Lighter and, in one quick motion, opened the folder and slid the map across to the Admiral. I'm afraid of going in half-cocked. We're sure that this facility is linked to Roxbury. You doubt American intelligence? M removed his reading glasses. This has been verified by our own intelligence analysts, he barked. And had it not been for your overdeveloped trigger finger, we wouldn't have to have jeopardised the entire double O section by having them all in a tin can in the middle of the Pacific. (gasps) Bond knew that he wasn't going to get anywhere today with the Admiral, but continued anyway. Sir, this facility bears no resemblance to any part of Roxbury's operation. Not all Bond. M stood up and addressed the entire division. You've all had enough time to get a handle of the sick rep. Head to your respective quarters and prepare for disembarkation. You are dismissed. So Bond's playing a hunch here because the island's messier than he expects. Old From mate. Roxbury's. He yeah. thinks that Roxbury's not involved. I think that's a hunch. I don't know if that's Baha. solid. Well. Bond might know best. And Bond is not always right. Mm. Uh, Bond Play on Bond clenched his jaw And took a deep breath through the nose Just like that (laughs) The other agents took the order swiftly And began filing out of the room Bond nodded acknowledgement of the order And followed his fellow operatives As he walked through the cramped corridors of the submarine He took in his cohort The thought he couldn't banish Was that while they all carried a license to kill It wasn't an immunity to bureaucratic expendability. Mm. Why need the involvement of MI6 when America's own SEAL team were undoubtedly assigned to this operation? Because they're not hit boys. Mm. Bond 
had never been involved in an operation that seemed so cobbled together. It was uncharacteristic even of the wiry old man who presided over his department. Does he know Jake wrote it, though? No, he doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Things were never settled in this line of work, but today felt particularly wobbly. Yeah, that's how I'd describe it. Time jump. Okay. Oh. A fade down? Yeah, like page a page break. Like a page break. Yeah. But is it a dip in yeah, my we mind's dip. movie? Yeah, if you can were I to, say, to Can I just say? Can no, I just say? No, you can't. I got Bond on the submarine. Uh-huh. It was Darby <gasps> that put all the double O's together with the whiz I, I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I'm not judging. There's no judgment here. I am. Just yeah. taking in everything that's come before. They're mostly from Darby. And working Excuse- it. You look at listen. 20 chapters of this mess. Okay. Time jump. Time jump. Time jump. Later that night. Oh, oh. That's Star Wars. That's <laughs> copyright. Do you want <laughs> Disney to come after you? <laughs> oh, let me reverse it. <laughs> Later that night, Bond sat in the cargo compartment of a US Air Force Hercules C-130. Thank you. Clad in a British Navy wetsuit. How did it pick him up? No, no, no. No, no. Clad in a British Navy wetsuit, modified to act as both... Because how did all the double O's get onto the bloody submarine? They were waiting No, 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 you did it to me, I'll do it to you. You put me in this mess, I'm digging us out. They got on in London. He is clad in a British Navy wetsuit, modified to act as both diving and flight suit. So there's your little gadgets. That's how you work them in in a nice, realistic Uh, way. See what I'm doing here? This is is Fleming-era Craig shit. Right. No, 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 no. He shifted uncomfortably on the bench. You mean Craig-era Fleming shit? Yeah, yeah. Well, Fleming-era Craig shit still makes as little sense. (laughs) (laughs) He shifted uncomfortably on the bench seating. Yes, Luigi. As the oxygen tank strapped oh, to his gave back, him a wedgie. pressed the parachute bailout assembly into his spine. Oh. Bit of a wedgie. Alongside him were his fellow double O's, and across from him sat nine members of the U.S. Navy SEALs. I already don't trust too them. too many people. I don't trust them already. Well, yeah. Why not? I don't know. There's something about your The voice. Navy SEALs. We mm. don't need them. Well, you boys wrote them in. American interests. I did nothing of the sort. I left it with the double O's. Felix Leiter's there. He's not going to be given a bloody briefing just to the double O's if he hasn't got skin in the game. Continuing! (laughs) (laughs) Alongside him sat his fellow double O's and across from him sat nine members of the US Navy SEALs. That's where we were. He noticed one of his American companions was shifting in his seat. Like Bond was. With his wedgie. Wedgie. The nylon webbing that served as backrest had tangled around the pack of this Navy SEAL. Mm. Oh dear. Bond watched as he wrestled his equipment free of the net. The man next to him checked if any part of his kit had come loose, found nothing of sorts, and gave a thumbs up. Bond focused on his breathing, making sure to keep his heart rate steady and his mind clear. He had done this type of jump before and knew that any panic or threat would result in death. The seal of the wetsuit, mask, and HGU 55P ballistic helmet clung tightly to his frame. The red light that dimly filled the compartment flashed off twice, and the large door to the rear of the aircraft began to lower. Oh my god, here we go, here we go. The agents stood up and made their last checks. Bond looked out to the rushing cold air outside the aircraft. He can't see the air. Looked out. Out to it, but yeah. The dead of night was even darker at this height. But he can still so, see it. Sorry. 
Do we want to bring up this atmosphere, light is atmosphere shit again? Well, that supports your argument. Exactly. The dead of night was even darker at this height and so cold that even his military-grade protective clothing provided little relief. The air felt as if it was biting his skin, simultaneously pressing, pressing and stretching his flesh. Whoa. The spear gun rifle that Q had supplied him with whipped in the wind and rattled against the rest of his kit. Yeah, piss it off. It fell out. Nah, no, come on. It's there. It's, it's on his kit. The lights in the aircraft dimmer again. This was their signal to jump. Bond moved towards the gaping expanse as the two double O's closer to the door leapt from the plane. Is this kind of like the one in uh, uh, Mission Impossible Fallout? Well, that is a halo jump, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so it would be very similar protocol, actually. Mm. Bond stood at the very edge of the aircraft now. Next to him was the American who had been entangled earlier. Taking a calm breath, Bond stepped forward and fell back to earth. As he hurtled towards the ocean below, his breathing became more difficult. The force exerted upon his body once at terminal velocity was so severe that it quite literally took one's breath away. Even with the breathing apparatus strapped to his face, his lungs had forgotten how to breathe. Stay calm, old boy, Bond reminded himself. 60 seconds and it's all over. Bond looked over to where he had estimated the American he jumped out with would be and saw in the dim moonlight the man desperately clawing at his mask. Within seconds, his body went limp. Oh dear. Bond knew what that meant. There was no point in endangering his own life trying to save a dead man. The clouds below swallowed him. Mm. The clouds below swallowed him quickly. The gauge, <laughs> the gauge on Bond's wrist showed him at fifteen thousand feet. At ten thousand feet, the thinning clouds whipped past him, his altimeter becoming easier to read. At seven thousand feet, Bond placed his right hand on the ripcord, anticipating the exact moment he would need to deploy his parachute. Too early, and he'd be he'd be a sitting duck. Too late, and he wouldn't know. Or like a falling duck. Mm. That, yes, very, very mm. much more like a falling duck, actually. Mm. Ah. <laughs> His altimeter read 5,800 feet when he was struck from behind. What? Oh. The Navy SEAL who had seemingly lost consciousness earlier had hurtled into Bond and sent them both into a death spin. Oh my god! Bond was flipped onto his back and was spinning at such a speed that the stars above were blending into a hypnotic spiral. Hold on, old boy! (laughs) A bit of Brosnan Bond there. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to remain calm, Bond spread out his arms and legs to create as much resistance as he possibly could. He was quickly losing the ability to distinguish up from down. He took as deep a breath as he could muster and managed to flip his body in the direction he prayed he was falling. The spinning slowed miraculously and Bond pulled his chute. His body jerked so violently that his head bashed the front of his helmet. He managed to get a reading of his altimeter. Too low. Nothing to be done. Bond could feel consciousness slipping away. Oh, dear. He saw the water rushing towards him. He desperately reached into the pocket near his chest, but he hadn't enough time to withdraw its contents. The ocean slammed into him, and he sank quickly. I know which story I'm voting for. 
Bond fumbled furiously to release the chute from his person as he sank deeper. The cords began to tangle around his body like tentacles from some great sea monster, pulling him to an inky grave. The water was bracingly cold. The freezing temperature and the adrenaline coursing through Bond were the only things keeping him conscious. He reached into the pocket on his chest and withdrew the grey nondescript item. He squeezed the device. Yes! But nothing happened. No! Furiously, Bond used the device to soar or hammer away at the parts of his chutes still clinging to him. As Bond chipped away at the clasps of his parachute, he accidentally severed his oxygen line. The bubbles of air rushed away from him and caused Bond to sink even faster now. He let go of the nondescript item and it sank into the darkness. Ah. With his last remaining bit of energy... Bond pulled hard on the clasp around his chest. A gloved hand firmly grabbed his and pulled it away from the clasp. A small knife pressed on his left pectoral muscle. Whoa. Bond couldn't see anything past his own hand and he was fading fast. The knife sliced through his protective wetsuit and dragged across to his left shoulder. Bond felt the pressure of his pack immediately release. Soon he felt the the paracord tangled around his body give way and a hand around the back of his neck pulling him upwards. Mm. Bond was hauled above the water surface and into the roaring surf. Can you swim? came the voice of his saviour. I can manage, croaked Bond. Bond realised in an instant who had pulled him from almost certain death. His little cook friend hits his little cook friend. No. It was 003. (laughs) Did any of your equipment survive that? Not much, if any, panted Bond. She grabbed him firmly by the face. I need you to check for me. Fact check for me. Oh! <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, is fact Oh my oh, wow. giddy art. Well. You wanted him to leave the submarine. You boys attacked me in the messenger this week good. saying I would never leave the submarine and that I'd just focus on his lunch. Well, there you go. I gave you action man bond. What more do you want from me, people? That was perfect. That's all I needed. Oh, to we see, get, was we that get hard, no, we get no It was movie. very hard. We get no movie today. I'm going to say, ladies and gentlemen, I'm satisfied with oh, that. Now, why are you being kind again? You did yeah, this after my story last see, time. We shouldn't it's be good. too nice on Give him. the people what they want. I wanted that, didn't know. It's your turn now. Now, we haven't heard any word of f- whether or not the spear gun is there or not. Yeah, I've got to figure out a way to get that nondescript item back. <laughs> yes, yes. Because it's not destroyed. That was my thing. It's not destroyed. Oh, well, maybe it turns lucky into I don't have my hands on it because I made it, sure it's destroyed. <laughs> maybe it turns into some kind of... Submarine car. Oh, oh, oh Lotus yeah. Esprit. That's yeah. <laughs> a great Lotus Esprit. Ooh. <laughs> Just add water. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bring it back in one piece. Just add water. There we go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I hope that was good for you, ladies and gentlemen. Congratulations, loved mate. It. I think that's a great one. We'll Where wait for the poll. We'll wait for the poll. We'll people have to say. Hey, what, it was nice to see 003 pop up there again. Yes, well, you wrote me into a bloody corner there. <laughs> <laughs> now, also, my fantasy casting, I think, for her is probably Daisy Ridley, because that's the only voice I can <laughs> have in my head. Daisy Ridley, yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I, reckon, yeah maybe. I reckon, maybe. I need you to check for me. <laughs> Fact check. Fact check for me. 
<laughs> I'm a Jedi. I'm getting Daisy Ridley or James Corden. <laughs> Oh my god, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Easily yeah. confused. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Well, as you rightly said, Brandon, it is fact check. It is. And I'd love to take us back to Spectre. We're pretty light on for facts. Oh, I think oh, you I have think not been doing, doing your job. <laughs> you left it to the last minute. Well, you did it while you were waiting for the mechanics this afternoon. No, 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 no. Now, look, pardon the pardon the French. Is there a fuck spoken Whoa. in this film? Oh, yeah. Is yeah, there, M. Is, is there an F-bomb? Yeah, does yeah. M say and the F-bomb? is it said by M? Yeah. From what I could find... And this is just coming from a guy that rewatched the film. The whole thing? The whole thing. Did it change in your opinion? Uh, no, I stand by it. As what? As a nine. Oh. And everything that Darby little, said. We got a little sneak peek in the history. Sneaky peeky ranky. <laughs> yeah. But Jan- janky ranky. A janky ranky. <laughs> <laughs> That's our new segment, Janky Rankies. There is no F bomb. Really? No F-bomb and certainly not by M. Brandon, you said that this was the first time Bond has gone to Rome. That's false. Now, Brandon, (laughs) you, after 24 episodes, Hmm. have positioned yourself Hmm. as as our MI6 expert in the field. I think the label's been been given to me by, you know, the guy that does the announcement at the start of the episodes. (laughs) That's Jake. It's not my voice. Our endearing Yeah, I just say I'm recording for duty. G'day. Get right, right. As the MI6 expert in the field. Well, look, you I hear my name, I respond. As our expert. I'm not responding to titles, I'm responding to Do you to want a, a you... chance now to rectify this statement? Or do you want to stand by it? I... No, I stand by it. Oh, <laughs> even worse. Even worse. All right. All right. Because the only other film that he could have gone to Rome in mm-hmm. would be The Spy mm-hmm. Who Loved Me mm-hmm. from Russia With Love. Or... From Rome with love. And he certainly doesn't yeah. go. <laughs> That's right. We haven't seen that film yet. Uh, and maybe No Time to Die. But of the films that have come out, I don't think he's gone to Rome. Right. Right. Well, mm, yeah. here's the thing. Yeah. Here's one for me. Spectre, the 24th Bond film. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is the first time Bond goes yeah! to Rome. Oh. You're a smart fella. Yeah. He's MI6 agent. You, know, MI6 you boys oh. tried to trick me into being the not MI6 yeah, smart, smarty boy. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know either way. Oh, right. You, you were, were too just smart for us. Playing crowd. both. Playing to the playing crowd. Both. <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah. a flip flopper. Yeah, a flip-flopper. It, is. Yeah. it is. It is. It's the there only time. I could not believe that. Man. Brandon, you said that Hinks is driving a Jaguar. Yes, in no. the car chase through Rome. It's not a Jaguar. Darby and I said, could be a McLaren. Could be a McLaren. Then Darby flip flopped and said, oh, it could be a Lambo. Oh, I did. A Lamborghini. Uh, I stand by it. We're in Italy. Stand by it. Brandon, you also asked, what colour is that car? Orange. Darby and I said, it's oh. definitely orange. And I think I said it was like. You said. Burnt green or something. Oh. There was a there was a, a weird memory of yours that you were like, I thought it was green. Oh, uh, you know what I've done? What is that? Dino the day. Zhao drives a green Jaguar. That is definitely a green Jaguar. Mm. That's true. Not That's the movie true. we were watching last weekend. Not the one we were watching. No, no. <clears throat> Brandon. Uh-oh. Mm. The car that Hinks drives. Uh-oh. Is a jaguar. Oh! Oh! What colour is it? It is. No, no, I just have to say something. Yeah. MI6 expert, man in the field, uh, r- reporting for duty. <laughs> <laughs> right, you are. 
Uh, its colour is listed as dark orange. Ah. Hey, well, there we go. There, there you go. go. We'll split the points. The car is the Jaguar CX-75. Oh, yeah. I want to dedicate a little bit of Rain Man to this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Please. Because... Apparently, this is a light factor. So, I had, to, I had to pack it. I had to pack it full of, you know... Pad it. Data. Gri- <laughs> gripping, gripping factoids. <sighs> now, the CX-75... Yeah. I want to talk more about this because it's quite extraordinary. And was considered Jaguar's most advanced car at the time. But sadly, never went to production. Couldn't buy it. In the... with the DB11 as well. So So neither of those cars. You cannot buy those cars. What's the point? That's what I think. It's It's like, sell the damn thing. Well, let me tell you something. Oh, yeah. Unveiled in 2010... It took only two years for the CX-75 to go from design concept to fully working prototype. That's fast. Is it? For those playing at home. Right. Mm. In that time... I've seen faster. Have you? Have you? (laughs) Jaguar and their development partner, Williams Advanced Engineering... Oh, the Formula One! Yes! They created an all-wheel drive plug-in parallel hybrid electric vehicle... With the world's highest specific power engine and Jaguar's first carbon composite monocoque chassis. Yeah, right. Take your word for it. What that means is... It was very light. Yes. That this high-performance vehicle creates the most power than any other car in the world using electricity. Now, this this car originally ran on essentially six engines. Is that right? Yeah, right. <laughs> it had four Yasa electric motors, one for each wheel. It had a little motor on every single wheel. And two micro gas turbines, essentially mini jet engines. Now, these gas Good turbines, boy. they can run on a range of fuels, anything from diesel to uh, petroleum liquids, compressed it? natural gases, <laughs> yeah. even biofuels, wow. making this one of the most sustainable hypercars the ever most. made. And it still goes... Oh, mate, yeah. mate, this thing flies. Wow. These electric motors, <laughs> combined with the gas turbines, uh-huh. could generate enough yeah. electricity to extend the range of the car By... to 900 kilometres. Wow. You can drive wow. 900 k's... Using just the electric motors and the gas turbines. And if you could do that in an hour, how fast would you be going? Oh my god, 9,000 k's an hour. <laughs> Correct. Wow. <laughs> this is a very fast That's car. That's impossible, right? Very, <laughs> very fast car. But if you were just running on those four little electric motors, you mm. could drive for about 110 k's. Ooh, That's good boy. Much. That's not much, but if you're out cruising What if you're like... Working back. Giving it yeah, some, like Pink's is, what is he really like, revving it? Like 20 minutes? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, right. Right. So it's kind of all or nothing for him. Yeah. Pretty much, pretty yeah, much. Yeah. If I'm gonna, if I can just do that car chase. Yeah, yeah, nothing more. And then I'm out. So mm. all in all, kind of an impractical vehicle for Hinks to have. Shouldn't have, like, because getting to Rome from wherever he's picked it up. Yeah. Well, that's used twenty percent of his battery at least. At least. Even and if I got didn't it see in any Rome. charging ports outside the Spectre place. Mm. There wasn't. Mm. Well, just just hold on a tick. Oh. Because the gas turbines were eventually scrapped. Mm. Oh. And thanks to Jaguar's partnership with Williams, Williams. they replaced it with, with. a 1.6 litre twin charged four cylinder F1 inspired engine. V6 hybrid. V8. Uh, no, sorry. Vate. No, I think we've picked you up on this no. before. It's a Vate. No. Oh, yeah. No, we've picked you up on this myself. before. I want to correct yeah. myself. Vate. Williams replaced it with a four cylinder engine. Vate. Four cylinder? Yes. Means V4. But, but, v4. but yes. not a Vate engine. Not a Vate engine. So, no. the four. Two of them. This allowed it to go from 0 to 100 
kilometers. Kilometers. Oof. Wow. In 2.9 seconds. Wow, that's pretty quick. That's like now. Now, from nothing to 100. <clears throat> Let's go again. Ready, set, go. Now. Now. No, that was too quick. Hang on, hang on. Ready, set, go. go. Now. No, 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 2.9. Yeah, so ready, ready set, set, go. Go. Now. Now. You're at 100. You're at 100. Wow. So it's pretty good for Hinks to catch up to Bond. And this is good radio. <laughs> <laughs> now, the cars that you see in this film, only two of them are actual CX-75s. Oh, well, they pulled a Swifty And on the us. other five... Are McLarens. They were <laughs> McLarens. <laughs> No, they were made specifically for the film to look like the Jaguars, but they were actually run on a 5-litre supercharged V8 engine. What's the point? Uh, well, they've done that in No Time to Die with the uh, the DB5. Now, due to, <laughs> due to the global economic downturn at the time and Jaguar's financial position, those God. 250 units that were scheduled to be produced were never made. They would have cost 700000 US dollars. A piece. Never went to production. It was the hypercar that never was. Ah, there you go. That's fact check. That's, That's not fact not check. Not quite uh, fact sure. check. If We've that was fact check, I'd slap you from here. We've got more, gentlemen. Brandon, you asked, what is the motivation behind Hoyt Van Hoytema blanketing the film in a piss yellow colour? Yes, what is? Were they my exact words? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yep, all right. <laughs> I stand by it. Now... Look, I'm going to be a dirty devil here and say all I can add to this is nothing. Is at that all. the senior colorist Greg Fisher, who graded Spectre, well, he'd know. He said in a conversation with PostPerspective.com. Okay, this sounds valid. Overall, we were looking for a kind of creaminess, Ew. but within that, a clear distinction among the locations. Sure. Why? I think Darby said it best in the episode, we will only really be guessing at that answer. Mm. But I thought Greg Although, added some interesting insight as the senior colourist. I don't know why they were going for a creaminess, but I, did they achieve it? I must say, thinking back on it in the week and a bit since we did the Spectre review, mm-hmm. um, James Bond 007, the official social medias, posted a kind of gif or video that had a still from each of the 24 Bond films kind of on top of each other right. in, a, in a marketing thing of being like, which Bond film are you going to watch today? Uh-huh. And I saw the original 20 and I was like, ah, oh, they all have the same colour palette. Mm. And then all four of the Craig films, I was like, they're very yellow. Hmm. They mm. all had this like yellow feel to them. Maybe it was just the scenes that they chose from each one. Because I know that the um, the fun in the sun scenes in Casino Royale have got a bit, a bit yellow. of yellow in yeah. it. Mm. They're um, more gold. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But it was funny. The, the Craigs definitely had their own kind of look. Mm. And it was pretty yellow. Yeah, right. <laughs> Whereas the others had more of that, what we were talking about with Roger Deakins, which I think is more true balance. for Skyfall, which is Correct that white balance. is white. Yeah, yeah, yeah Which yeah. the other Bond films definitely have. The, granted, the scene they used, I think, was I think Skyfall does lean most or, towards being neutral. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I think so too. Yeah. We were very... Uh, yeah. And I think we're I would right say Quantum of Solace has a bit of that as well, but then they go a little too heavy in some areas where they yeah, go yeah, towards yeah, orange. Sure. Yeah. Particularly in that uh, the desert stuff and yeah. The hand-to-hand combat stuff. Mm. And the nighttime stuff. Oh, God, maybe it's very yellow. Yeah. Street lights are all of a sudden, you know, no, orange. And, oh, Darby, shush. <laughs> I'm coming for you now. Oh. You mentioned 
that you noticed some rear projection in various moments throughout Spectre. At least it appeared that way. Oh, in the helicopter fight scene? Oh, yeah. It won't be rear projection. Probably green screen. Now, there is a great deal of really interesting interviews and articles uh, with the visual and special effects team from Spectre, as well as with Sam and Hoyt discussing the subject of effects. So I'll be brief. All right. As brief as Rain Man can be mm-hmm. on this subject. But I would highly recommend people having a read of the article on fxguide.com. Not an ad. Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Titled <laughs> Spectre Acular Effects. Acular? Ooh. Spectre Acular Effects. Spectre? Oh. I hardly know her. <laughs> <laughs> That's better. There we go. There we go. By... Uh, Spectre Acular. Yeah, yeah Spectre yeah. Bond. Spectre Acula. But yes, that's right. Written by Ian Fales. That's a good. Uh, oh, it's a good article. That he did. Um, they dive into a lot of amazing detail with some of the um, Spectre team. As if it were a pool. Yes, the Rome car chase. Darby. Uh huh. That sequence yeah. featured some visual effects additions, mostly completed by CineSight. Did I ask for this? A London-based VFX company. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes, you did. Sure. These visual effects included rig removal, camera and light removals, a few matte paintings, Uh a few matte paintings in the car chase, and rear projections. Ah. Really? (laughs) He's got live for it. Oh, he sure does. Now, I quote... One of the CineSight's earliest challenges was to prepare all of the Rome Streets footage that was to be used on set during the shoot for the car interiors. And they used TVs. Says CineSight's Zave Jackson. DOP Hoyt van Hoytema was keen to use... Dop. We just say Dop. Okay, Dop. Uh, Dop Hoyt van Hoytema was keen to use a rear projection technique. Go back to DOP. DOP Hoyt van Hoytema was... Uh, Yeah, I hear it. (laughs) (laughs) ...was keen to use a rear projection technique as it gives convincing interactive lighting on the actors and vehicles. Correct. CineSight stabilised and graded almost 70 minutes of 3.5K Alexa footage. Jeez. This was shot on nine separate cameras mounted on a custom so camera vehicle. Everything, even everything. though they were only going to use parts. Everything. Just deal with the shaky footage. It was put on a custom Until camera you know. vehicle that travelled the specific streets in Rome that made the carefully oh, choreographed car chase. Yeah, 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 yeah. Empty Rome. That's right. In yeah, no cars around at two a.m. Where's Whoa, the gridlock? What's judge. going oh, on? Don't, Come on. don't pull so that term because god damn it, you know I'm right. <laughs> it's hard to shoot in Rome. It's a goddamn international uh, city. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. even the strongest critics of my reviews have ceded that point online. <laughs> jury's still out. Jury's still out. I think the jury's in and the decision's been handed down. <laughs> in many ways the method proved successful, but as the Rome sequence was at night. It was, it was also often necessary for the final shots to have background adjustments made. This meant rotoscoping the foreground and recompositing the relevant stabilised section of the footage. Yes. This allowed them to adjust the look of the defocus, tweak perspective, and correctly represent the intensity of the background city lights. Gotcha. Darby, you asked for this. <laughs> And you were right. Not this specifically. But there you go. You just, there you go. Just, we just, right. so you we did ask for more Rain Man. And, and I must we say, it. we got it. You got, got it. it. You got it. I can also say that in an interview for American Cinematographer magazine, D.O.P. Hoyt Van Hoytemer talks about... Do his accent. No, I'm not do going it. to do his accent. All right. Jesus. <laughs> he talks about the use of trans lights. I think he would talk like this. Do you I think? I think he sounds very much... Like Werner Herzog, 
I can also say that in an interview for American Cinematographer magazine, oh. DOP Hoyt Van Hoytemer talks about the use of trans lights throughout Spectre. Now, for those that don't know, I certainly didn't know this, a trans you light... You don't know anything. <laughs> Today. Yeah. It's yeah. Werner. It's Werner Herzog. We will learn about the humanity. Oh, God. That's <laughs> good. No, that's pretty good. Great going. Going. Yeah, Herner, I think Werner we was in the room. room. I think we need to write a German character. He could be a great Bond villain. Yeah. He would be a good Bond villain. He would be. Yeah, come on. There's a precedent. Werner Herzog. When you look inside the volcano... You become the volcano. It gets, it's a, he's a super philosophical villain. Yeah, and he's, his henchman is like a grizzly bear. <laughs> <laughs> and a single moth. <laughs> and just like a really scared camera guy. Just like, Bond oh. has to haul a massive ship up Mr. Hill. Herzog, do we have to go in there again? Yes, we must do it now. Yes. Your challenge, Mr. Bond, is to act opposite Klaus Kinski. <laughs> Today we will be exploring what it means to be born. Dive inside the psychology of a killer. <laughs> Alright, now for those that don't know... we got a lot of episode to go there's here. There's a lot going on here. A trans light is a giant translucent photograph used as backgrounds on sets. Sure. Now, in particular, the set of the Austrian Spa in the Alps, where we meet Dr. Solden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we meet uh, Madeline, the set that's just lit with a trans. The Hoffler Clinic. The Hoffler Clinic is a three-storied high set, mostly made up of glass, wrapped in lights, and encompassing that set was an enormous 360-degree trans-like background <sighs> of snow-capped Alps. Fucking oh, waste of money. Really? Yep. So that's it's crazy. But that set is still there because that's where the 007 Elements Museum is, isn't it? <clears throat> I don't know about that. Maybe the interior Maybe is different wrong. to the exterior. Yeah, may- you might be right, actually. Because behind that essentially massive 360-degree photograph light. Big light. is stacks of hundreds, if not thousands, LED? of fluorescent lights. You're mm-hmm. kidding. They're fluoros. Right. And Just shining through a kind of thinnish sheet. What? Well, yeah. With a printed backdrop. Yeah. That's amazing. That's awesome. That would have been so costly. I don't know where don't they found that print. Don't, don't you wish, though, that we just had moments to kind of take that in a little I think, more? I think... I do remember having the light be an interesting thing in that scene. Yeah, maybe yeah. Yeah, maybe it was. We you should, you should, see, very, the plan, you should s- see the lighting plan for it. In this conversation, in, in the American Cinematographer magazine, the article, mm. they show... His, they show Hoyt's lighting plan yeah. for that scene. Right. And Mr. Van Hoytema to you. Uh, you don't know Mr. Van Hoytema. Yep. He, his plan for this, and it's, it is, it's a massive soundstage with what looks like a tiny set, which mm. is this three-story clinic. Surrounded by Surrounded lights. by an There's oval of lights. There's got to be a cheaper way to do it, though. That's insane. <laughs> no. This is it. <laughs> this is it. Now, one final point. I walk. <laughs> We do it like this or not at all. <laughs> One final point I would like to make about Mr. Hoytema. And that's fact check. Shush your <laughs> filthy little mouth. Something that I think speaks to his uh, generous consideration as a collaborative filmmaker. Yeah. Oh, uh, and one thing I hadn't really considered myself or appreciated before it was expressed in this quote from him. I'd love, I love to shoot with low levels of light. 
as it's much more interesting for the actors to enter and work in a space where there's an atmosphere. And there are a few there are fewer lamps light. on the floor. That's feeding into my thing. No, it's though. my thing. Because you said light is atmosphere. Correct. And the absence of light was no atmosphere. No atmosphere. So he takes the so lights going, away to create yeah. atmosphere. No, he has low levels of light to create yeah, atmosphere. But he's yeah. getting more to the no lights. And, he, and his, <laughs> his final point here is that I don't think high or harsh light. I would say, as an guard. actor, who cares no, what I have to excuse say? Excuse me, you want conversation? You opened yeah, up a debate it? earlier and you didn't even bloody join in. What is it? I would say, mm. as an actor, going into a space like that, the yeah. less present light, the better. Yeah, I would appreciate that. Mm. Yeah, so do I. Because there is sometimes not? you go on set and the lights are so fucking bright, <clears throat> and the camera's right in your goddamn face. We're shooting like this, though, <laughs> man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I. He probably does. I mean, because the films he's shot, there's some damn good performances in them. Mm. I mean, you think walking onto the set of Her or something like that. Yeah. Would be like, yeah, there's a feeling to this that I just I can get lost in this world. And mm. I thought it was amazing to have a DP with that level of consideration, not just for the look of a film and and his and his partnership with the director, but to have that consideration for his actors as well to get the best performance out of them to create a mood on set. Did he light 1917 for Sam Mendes as well? Did he shoot that? No, that's Deacon. That's oh, that's Deacon. That was Deacon's. Yeah, 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 yeah. The no, lighting that's, in that's amazing. Oh, it's, yeah, it's yeah. exceptional. The lighting rigs stuff. in that. Oof. But Darby... That's fact check! That's fact check! Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're Hang welcome. On. Didn't I bloody interrupt you on a point there? Well, look, alright, his last what little thing... Doing? Well, he, he... I feel look, sorry for him. This is... His last little thing was, I don't think high or harsh light levels are conducive for the actor's performances. Right, so essentially that. what Brandon I said. Brandon said that. Pretty yeah. much exactly what Brandon said. Right, right. so Hoyt Van Hoyter and I, we One share a brain. Share a brain. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. Well, that's fact check. All right, there it is. Well, usually we jump into our favourite... Well, you're in my favourite segment, segment, Mm. uh, which is preconceived notions. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Let's bloody do it again. Let's do it again. What are your preconceived notions going in to this ranking episode? Now, Jake, I'm going to start with you, and I'm going to give you a two-prong, two-point, two-avenue, two-street, two... What's another word for street? Um, I, what about something like a, about about the road less travelled? Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, two roads, two roads, two roads diverged in the yellow wood, and <laughs> I, I took the one less travelled, and I'm all the better for it. Right. So, something along those something lines. Like Robert that. Frost. Yeah. yeah, okay. What are your preconceived notions going into this uh, with your own rankings? Uh-huh. With his own rankings? Yeah, with your own. And then, Is that more like, secondly, what, what do we need to know, or what do you want to tell us about your own? Because... Uh, no, no, no. What do you think the differences or similarities are going to be between your rankings list that you've come with today yes. and what you gave the films when we did the reviews of the podcast? Because after this, we'll go into... Maybe I should talk about it now. Great. I'll talk about it now. Let's let everyone What we're doing today. You're going to get very lost. There's yes. going to be a lot of numbers, a lot of facts. Get a pen, get a pad. If yeah. you want to follow along, now's the time. Darby's yes. already not making any sense. Because you might be able to fact check us on this. So, as you know... Through, throughout you? this entire review series, we have given our reviews at the end of each podcast. And we've given them shaken one, a I mean, score. One, uh, they're either two. shaken or stirred. Stirred. Shaken is good. Stirred is bad. Sturken. Obviously. We haven't Sturken, come across. we haven't come across. No. And a, we'll um, never. assured... We you can, can be very assured. close to, yes. You can but be But rest assured, rest assured that we know what we're doing here today. So there's shaken and stirred and blah, blah, blah. And we've given our scores accordingly throughout the series. Uh Now, 
for me, I've seen these films multiple, multiple times. Two or three times. And I've had years to ruminate on where they sit for me as Bond films. The other two gentlemen, Jake Mm. and Darby, have not had that same luxury. Mm. So, some of the films early on in the podcast, as we were reviewing them, they were kind of coming in green, which gave a really interesting perspective. And I think opened up actually quite a lot for me with those films. Well, for example, I gave On Her Majesty's a 10, and she ain't that. Ah, well, spoilers. 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 Now what we're going to do is today we're going to play a game where all three of us come together and we give our uh, rankings of where we feel... The Bond films sit now that we've seen all twenty-four. Yes. So regardless of what we gave them during the uh, the, the discussions that we had, each podcast still still remain. Mm. But early on in the podcast, an eight probably meant something di- something different to an eight towards the end. Mm-hmm. So what we want to do is give our rankings and see how they stack up against what we actually gave the films initially. But we're also going to add another level of convoluted mess to this. In that, like a game of golf, which is something that James Bond plays, we're going to average out the three scores that we doled out today. So, we're going to read from 24 to 1. And so, uh, as we go on... Once all three of us, we're kind of borrowing a little bit from James Bonding in this regard. Mm -hmm. Once all three of us have mentioned a film on the list, we get to talk about it. But say at 24, we all name three different films. We don't get to talk about any of those films until all three of us have mentioned it on the list. We've also got a ranking system. That we're going to incorporate. And this is where the golf game comes in. Of course, it's already going. Number 24 on the list will get 24 points from each of us. But like a golf game, you want to have the lowest score. So depending on... Say Jake gives film A 24, I give it 10, and Darby gives it 10. That in gives number it, 10. Yes, on That's the list. That gives it a score... Of 44. Divided by 3. No, no, that gives it a score of 44. Oh. So that give, that's, its, <laughs> that's its score. Okay. And what we will do afterwards is kind of tally up all the points that each film gets. Yep. And according to where all of us have put, to, uh, put the films that's on the list. That's our overall ranking. That's the overall ranking. Uh-huh. So essentially it averages itself out. It's very complicated, very convoluted, but don't worry, listeners. You'll catch up. You'll catch up, and if you don't... I'm catching up. It's just an excuse to hang out and talk shit about the Bond films. Jake. Yes. What are your preconceived notions going into this? How different do you think your rankings are going to be today from what you gave in the episodes? Yes. And what do you think is either the, the biggest takeaway that you're expecting to come away from Darby's rankings and my rankings? Uh, my preconceived notions about my own rankings... Is that they're going to be vastly different to what I said in the episode. But that's not a preconceived notion. That's knowledge. Yeah, that's a preconceived notion. Yeah. I don't remember all of the scores I gave. Oh, I right, could right, not right. tell you. Could not yeah. tell you mm. the exact scores. I know I gave a lot of tens. Yeah, yeah. And sure. I think a lot of those tens were probably a bit too generous. generous. Um, my preconceived notions about you two gentlemen, though. Yep. Darby, because it goes counter to how I've. Um, scaled my films I think Say what you want to say I think Darby is He is going to preference films <laughs> That are better 
films rather than a good time. Sure, sure, sure. Oh, okay. I think for him... Better made rather than... Better made film. I think for him, it's more important to be a better made film than to have a to good be a time. good Bond film. Yeah, yeah, yeah don't yeah. say, don't yeah. say if that's yeah. true or not. Oh, so. I will say nothing. <laughs> and Brandon. Oh, yeah, you're in my house, so you be <laughs> damn careful. No, 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 hit me, hit me hard, hit me hard. It's a Gosh. roast. It's a roast. It's a roast, and that means that we can say whatever we want. That's right. Uh, <laughs> we don't have to worry about long-term yeah, no repercussions. How offensive it or can wounding be. it is. How personal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You, I don't know. I think you're wearing Crocs. <laughs> don't tell the listeners that Crocs and socks. I'm everybody, in the comfort of my own ah, house. See, see, it's a true roasting. Hashtag Crocs and socks. Oh God. Crocs and socks army. Where you at? <laughs> my preconceived notion about Brandon McClellan, MI6 expert in the field. Get to it. Reporting for duty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know, it's a bit bland, but I think that there's... He's bland? That there's probably... No, my preconceived notion is a Mm. bit bland. Oh, we know that. Um, Shut up. Is that I think some of the more uh, traditional, traditionally renowned Bond films Mm -hmm. will feature quite low on your list. Some of the more conventional, traditionally accepted um, gold, gold standard Bond films... I predict that your number one film will be Casino Royale. <laughs> Why would you think that? <laughs> Those are my preconceived notions, Darby Deck. Uh, <laughs> all right. My preconceived notions about my list yes. are that I had a damn good time doing it. Yeah, so did I. And um, I spent most of today when I should have been working uh, doing my list. <laughs> and I was trying to figure out the best way to do it. And I think I settled on, a, on an approach that I'm happy with, which right. was to think about the films and what I remembered from them immediately. Mm-hmm. I was reading the plot summary for each movie and then watching the original theatrical trailer. Wow. And then, and then I was listing my, the things I loved and the things I hated. Then I looked at all that data and information in kind of, if I'd put a certain film number 24, I weighed it up against the pro and cons in my immediate memory and I went, yes, that is my 24th favourite Bond film. Yada, yada, yada. I think my preconceived notions about my preconceived notions is that um, I liked more than I thought I would. Oh, yeah? The the swing was, even in the films lower on my list, I still have a soft spot for most of them. And even my number 23 film, there are still elements of it I love. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's that's a preconceived notion for you. In regards to Jake, to say your journey has been complicated (laughs) is to put it lightly. I have no idea what to expect from you. But I think the reverse of your preconceived notion for me is that you will favour films that you loved watching. I expect it. I expect good, a... Good time boy. Good time boy. I expect Bros to feature heavily in your top ten. I expect mm. Spectre to be in your top ten. I expect your number one film to be Thunderball. And Brandon? Mm-hmm. I think you've also had a complicated journey this time round. I think doing this has uh, shown you things you hadn't maybe glimpsed before in the Bond franchise, or at least given you slightly new perspectives. Hmm. And to that suggestion, I would say that there are three films in your top ten, three or four, that you didn't expect to be in your top ten. Perhaps. Uh, <laughs> and like Jake, I believe Casino Royale is undoubtedly your number one. Why would you say that? <laughs> Before we get on to Brendan, what's my number one? Yeah. Your number one film, Darby, I predict... Um, let me just 
get out the um, tarot cards here and um, it's not living like that. What would it be? Well, it's certainly not on Her Majesty's. Spoiler alert. Mm. Um, not with Grandma Savalas in there. Excuse uh. me. <laughs> The people have spoken resoundingly on that. <laughs> I don't know. Look, Darby, is Dalton enough to sway his film? Could it be The Living Daylights? Possibly. I'm not convinced. I think it's from Russia with Love, but that's just me. Mr. Clemelland. Mr. Clemelland. Uh, my preconceived notion going into this is that there were some films that I really did think were going to be higher. I struggled when I made this list because there was a couple where I was like, I remember giving this a really high score and I really like it. But there was a couple of moments where I was like, even though I gave such and such a film a lower score... Would I put it on before that higher rated one? There's that soft soft spot spot nature. Oh, he's got a little soft spot. Yeah, there's a soft spot (laughs) nature, which has kind of amplified some of them. That's my preconceived notion for my own list. Now, going into you two, look, I'm going to sound like a a bit of a parrot here, but Uh I, I agree with... Pretty much what you both have said about each other. Right. I think, Jake, you're a little good time boy. <laughs> You've said as much about yourself that you're a, you're a, you know, a whiz-fizz, sugar-rush kind of <laughs> 90s, you know, 90s action pop, you know. That's so fresh, hits of 2001. Um, and, and Darby, I think you're more of the prestige... The film has to be made... Artsy-fartsy. Not artsy-fartsy, no, no. I Excuse think me. A film has to be uh, technically proficient. Boring. Otherwise, it's not meant as compass. Mm. And I think I sit somewhere between the two of you on, on that kind of stuff. And our, and our number ones. Now, your number ones, I'm going to say, I think you both said it about each other. I think your Thunderball... I did toy with the idea of Goldeneye for you, Jake, Ooh, but I it think could be. it could be Goldeneye. I, I think I think it's Thunderball, and for you, Darby, I toyed with the idea of it maybe being Casino Royale, but I think it's from Russia with Love. Mm. Ooh! Uh, and my number one. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you say no, that? Why would I say that? <laughs> the well, die has been cast. The die has been cast. Bloody start. Well. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to pick up your pens and pads <laughs> and take note of our official rankings for the James Bond filmography. Well, gentlemen... We have just seen all 24 of the official Eon Productions Not James Bond films. Not just today. In yeah, we just did it just then. then. We've watched them all over the course of six Don't months. Don't break or the so. illusion. All right, okay. It's a bit of magic. A bit of Bond magic. magic. All right, all right. So, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone listening, starting at number 24, Mr. Jake Spear. Die Another Day. Die oh, Another Day. At number 24. Didn't see that coming. Mr. Darby Deck, who have you got at 24? My number 24 is Casino Royale. Oh! No. <laughs> I'd kill you. It is also Die Another Day. Die Another Day. Oh. Well, gentlemen, we're not going to get to talk about it. <gasps> You've got one lower? Yes, because at number 24, I'm just kidding, it's Die Another Day. <laughs> I was going to say, of all the people. Well, gentlemen, because all three of us have mentioned this film, <laughs> yeah. we get to talk about it. Gloves oh, yeah. are off! Die Another Day, Jake, 
Why is it at the bottom for you? Die Another Day for me is a sneaky bastard of a film. Oh. Um, it's the true Dirty Devil. Because, oh. you know, with time, it has this amazing ability to uh, basically seduce you into thinking that it's not as bad as you think it was. And, you know, which is a testament. uh, I'm sure some of you have experienced this uh, with a bit of distance from Die Another Day, but it's a testament to um, Tamahori in making such a deceptive film. (laughs) Um, Because... God damn it, Tamahori! (laughs) It's been so long since we've been able to talk about this film. Because I, I was sitting there making this list, and, I, and I'm going, look, would I actually watch Octopussy or Moon, Moonraker or even Diamonds yeah. before this? Would I? And then I took a breath, and I realised <laughs> where I was, and I realised that it was Die Another Day. Where were you? And I was, I was in my study at my house, mm-hmm. and I thought, no... Uh, of course, this is the worst possible film in the Bond franchise. Uh, it's abhorrent, um, and I think it should be burnt at the stake. So, it's 24 for me. Mm, yeah. 24th place. Now, it was the same for you, Mr. Oh, Jack. I agree with everything you said. I listed as my pros for this film, and I had to search hard. You I had did some, find some. I had some pros. Yeah. Good on you. Yeah, look, I try and base everything on its merits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there are only three good things in this film. There's a com- pretty compelling pre-title sequence, it can be argued. The hovercraft chase. The hovercraft chase and the torture scene. Could be argued, yeah. Could be argued. That's yep. a pretty good James Bond pre-title sequence. Yeah. I think the, the, the cue, Desmond Llewellyn farewell and handover, is pretty good. Wait. Wait, was that in the world that's not, not enough? enough. Ah. So take that off. Though. So take that off. Oh, no, there yeah, are only thought, two. Literally I thought that John as I Cleese. saw your face. Yeah. This is just not John Cleese. Okay, strike that off. The other thing that I thought was okay was Rosamund Pike. Yeah, she's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Miranda yeah. Frost. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the cons I've listed as everything else. <laughs> <laughs> so literally everything else that's in this movie, yeah. I hate. Yeah. Brozzy's stupid performance, his egotistical nature, his open shirtedness <laughs> in a hotel lobby. Everything about this film is stinky poo. Yeah. Madonna's song, the crappy title scene. They even brought Kleinman down. They yeah. brought Kleinman down. Yeah. This oh, man. monstrous film can be no higher than 24. I'm so happy that all of us have placed it there. It gives it a grand score of 72. Yes, it does. Mm. Well, gentlemen, I'm in complete agreement with you tell us what you really think uh, look I spent three hours ranting and raving about this thing when we first did it <laughs> three hours and, and three martinis I was pretty intoxicated <laughs> that was the day before my birthday yeah. um, happy birthday good weekend yeah. though good no, weekend. great weekend great weekend with friends <laughs> look Die Another Day is the only Bond film that I don't uh, I don't get any enjoyment out of I can get enjoyment out of the others are there fleeting moments in Die Another Day that I go, oh yeah, that's the Bond stuff and I like it and I quote it? Sure. But is it a Bond film? No. And I think we said as much in the podcast. Die Another Day doesn't feel like a Bond film. It feels like a Vin a Diesel mess. film. Yeah. It feels yeah, like a triple X film. Diesel. It feels like what the Fast and Furious movies Became. have become. It reminds me of Alan Partridge when he <laughs> constantly says, Stop getting Bond wrong! <laughs> <laughs> and may I say, just for one last time, God damn it, Tamahori! <laughs> well, gentlemen, we move up. 
What Tell about the invisible car? Oh god! <laughs> go on, sorry, sorry. Let's go. <laughs> Another so three we hours. move on. Yes, number twenty-three. Yes, Mr. Jake Spear. So I think from here on in, it's going to be a little everything different. is a bit more surprising. It's yeah, a mystery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a mystery. We could lock in die another day. Yeah, it was a lock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although you had me worried, Mr. Spear, yeah, in did the I? preconceived notions. Oh. Mr. Spear, yes. what is your number? 23. Number three. Number no. 23. 23. Come on, mate. Number 23. For me, let it be Moonraker. Oh. Moonraker. Yes. Mr. Deck. 23 for me, let it be 1983's Octopussy. Oh, Octopussy. More rhymes than you had. Well, yeah, okay. Uh, for my 23, let it be seven, that it's... No, what? no. Let let it be nine. Let uh, let it be. Uh, let it. Let, uh, what are you take, doing? Take out the pickle brine. It's 1979's Moonraker. Ooh, oh, two okay. Moonrakers. So Moonraker has two votes. Oh. Octopussy has one. We don't get to talk about either. <laughs> Number twenty-two. Janky Ranky uh, puts. Octopussy. Octopussy. Ooh, that's two votes for Two Octopussy. votes for Octopussy, two votes for Moonraker. Mm. Number 22. Mr. Darby the, Deck. The Darby Barbie vote. Yes. It's Tomorrow Never Dies. Tomorrow Never Dies. Wow, all right. Well, let it, let it be... Let it be... <laughs> I have a feeling we won't be hearing about that one in a while. For a while. <laughs> Number 22. For yes. Mr. Brandon McClellan. Yes. Is... Tomorrow Never Dies. Oh, oh yeah, boy. <laughs> oh, so I've agreed God. with both of you. Jake on your 23 and Darby on your 22. <laughs> so we have two votes for Tomorrow Never Dies, two votes for Moonraker, What's and it two be? votes for Octopussy. Oh. So, uh, but... Ja- I don't think we're going to hear about Tomorrow Never Dies for quite a while. <laughs> no, I think that's what's banked so, up there. We jump up to number... <laughs> He's constipated with Tomorrow Never Dies. <laughs> that's right. So number 21. Yes. What is your ranking? My ranking for your number janky 21. Ranky. My janky ranky is For Your Eyes Only. Mm. Oh. Very interesting because mine was also For Your Eyes Only. Oh. Two votes for your eyes only. Well, guess what, gentlemen? What's We're that? about to talk about a film. Which one? Octopussy. Oh, let's so, talk about it. Mr. Darby Deck, you put it the lowest of us. So my pros. Why? Well, your pros and your Let's poetry. start with the good. Yeah? Pros and poetry. Pros. There's an excellent opening scene in this film. Mm-hmm. It's mm. tense. It features great design. Gripping tension. However... It yes. is a rip-off of the same scene in Moonraker. The run right. through the trees. With the dogs. With the dogs. The same sort of tension, same sort of oh, device. Yeah. And this one came yeah. later. So it's pro, but it's not a, an all-redeeming pro. Mm-hmm. Another pro, mm-hmm. we get Bond in an auction room. Oh, great which scene. I thought was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Pretty yeah. great yeah. scene. We also have a pretty great performance by Maud Adams as Octopussy. Though yeah. her character frustrates me a little bit, she's pretty good. Yeah, she's great. She's pretty good. Mm. Um, and also... There's a bomb in there. Great Roger. Great Roger. Great Mo. One of Roger's finest, finest moments does not lift this up a past a 23. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. My cons are the John Glenn tennis match. The entire sequence in India. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the hoodlum, the Indian hoodlum weaponry. Oh, yeah. Such as the uh, spinning oh, mace. The buzzsaw. Buzzsaw Yo-yo. Wepis- weapons. Yeah, yep. Clown bond. Clown bond. Ape bond. Ape bond. Oh, oh God. And... Worst offender. Yep. Tarzan bombed. Yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> and you didn't mention 
Crocodile Bond. <laughs> Crocodile Bond isn't necessarily a pro Probably. nor a con. Oh, right. That's all that's right. A neutral. I can just let that go. That's a chaotic <laughs> neutral. <laughs> and that's how I feel about Octopus. Right. Yeah. There you go. So just... it's good. It's got a, it does have some redeeming qualities. The messy uh, battalion scene at the end with the hot air balloon. Oh. Didn't even... F- Octopussy's oh, bloody warriors. Octopussy's warriors. Kamal this Khan's. film is a stinky mess. Yeah, it's uh, I don't understand people that stand by it. I know it does have good qualities, but my goodness, make some better choices. But <laughs> Mr. Jake Spear, you ranked it lower than even I did yes. at number 22. Why is that? Look, I, I do feel a little bit bad because I know there's some loyal fans of ours out there that do cherish this film. Octopuses. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel, yes. There, yes. <laughs> and I just... I. I don't know. I feel that perhaps they're connected to a, a kind of nostalgia that perhaps one day I will understand with another bond. I Maybe think you day. will. I think I know which uh, one it is. <laughs> <laughs> that I will we should have been talking about it already. <laughs> <laughs> Why is Tomorrow Never Dies no, still silent? No, we'll get there eventually. Octopussy, for me, the wheels fall off. Yeah. The wheels completely fall off it pretty early on. Yeah. Um... Yeah, unfortunately, I from the very beginning... It's I a was, mess, right? It, it is. It's an absolute mess. I was terrified from the very beginning of this whole experience that Roger Moore was going to be some old clown, some silly old clown. Crystallizes. And this was the film that gave me a silly old clown. Literally. Literally. Um, and a man in a monkey suit. And a man in a monkey suit. There's... Yeah, look, I'm <laughs> not sure... just any man. James, James, James Bond. Bond, Mr. Bond, James Bond. It in, jumps the shark. In, this film, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it gives up hope in James Bond. It, it says James Bond is a joke. I, I I agree with you, Darby. I think Bond at the auction and the whole thing around the Fabergé eggs and stuff. At the very beginning, I was excited by that. I was interested, mm. and I was interested in the mystery around this woman, but. Very quickly, yes, the wheels fell off. We get terrible acting from Mr. Burkov. Um, Burkov, who's Burkov? Stephen Burkov. He played um, the Russian the general. The general, or... yeah, general. Oh, the overactor. Yeah, the overactor. General. Yeah, yeah. 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 Act your pants on and off. Act your pants on and off. Is decadent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's really decadent. Yes. In, yeah. In his These hypocrites. Style. In his performance style. You know, not much to say. I'm sure there's a couple of good bits in there, but. It's it's a little too wacky for me. Yeah. And that's saying something. Yeah. yeah. Look, because you're really wacky. You like this kind of sugary, fun time. This is sugary for the yeah. 70s. Yeah. 70s? 80s. For the 80s. 80s. See, this is another thing about this film. It's way past its use it's, by date. It it's feels so, so much older than it actually is. It feels cheaper than it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's funny because this film beat Never Say Never Again, which was the the yes. return of Sean Connery, the which, Connery in my opinion, look, would I watch Octopussy before Never Say Never Again? Yes. Mm-hmm. But my big problem with Octopussy, never and it was, never it was again, this though. weird thing, because when we went in, I remember... Kind of being like, this will be a good one. Yeah, we're yeah. We were talking this. about its defenders and yeah, saying there was yeah. this a lot one of you, you, Yeah, I was like, this is how you do old man Bond. Mm. Not at all. That's a different film, which we'll talk about later. Octopussy for me, and I think this is a. It, it kind of sums up for me when Bond films go wrong, particularly in the original 20, is that it's two very different films happening at once. Yeah. And so you've got this really awesome. Cold War like spy thriller that's going on, mm. and then you've got this kind of 
whimsical, fantastical travel to India. Uh, coterie of girls that are also an oh, army. Run away with the circus. Oh, he runs away God. with the circus. Like, that doesn't match the Cold War thriller that no. is going on underneath. No. Yeah. The pre-title sequence, fantastic. Roger is always charming. Look, I saw the um, the, the the hunt scene between Kamal Khan yes. when, they're, when Kamal Khan is hunting Bond. And I saw it without the sound playing because no. it popped up on 007. That moment still sucks. Mm. You get rid of the, even without the. Sound. You get rid of the sit to the tiger, to the tiger, the Tarzan yell, and the hiss off to the snake. That's a brilliant scene. What was John Glenn thinking? Well, I don't know why they didn't cut and the those tennis match. Three moments, the tennis match. the tennis match there. The casting of VJ is just really poor. Maud Adams is fine. I prefer her in The Man with the Golden Gun. Yep. Mm. Oh, I agree. It's just a silly... It's a silly film, and it's too far silly for me. We move on to number 20. Ooh. So, gentlemen, what have you got written down as your number 20 film? What's your janky ranky, Jay? The janky ranky for number 20, The Man with the Golden Gun. Oh! Wow. The Man with the Golden Gun. That's the first vote for that. What's your Darby Barbie? Moonraker. Moonraker, which means Ooh, we get to talk about it. We do, but you tell us your number so, 20 So, yeah, first, well, we'll talk about my 20. My 20 is a film that has been mentioned, but we won't get to... No, we will get we to talk, talk about it. Too. Mine is For Your Eyes Only. So we get to talk about two films. Now, we'll talk about, because it was mentioned first, Moonraker, Jake... And I ranked both it. ranked this at 23, so we're even. Jake, I'll cede the floor. You get to talk about it first. Thank you very much. This is one above die another day, but make no mistake, um, I would very quickly put Moonraker on long before I would dare touch die another day. Seconded. Look, it's Bond in space. It's a bridge too far. Mm-hmm. He's out of his jurisdiction. <laughs> <laughs> He's off planet. <laughs> You're no good here. <laughs> you don't need to be here. Jaws doesn't need to be there. Oof. I will I will stand by the fact that Drax is still a pretty damn good bond. And that map painting. And that map painting, I'll tell you what, oh, is chateau. a beautiful chateau. Ooh. It's horrible. It's, horrible. it's a fan, lot better than the, the, fans, the one of his the industries. The fans yeah. have spoken, gentlemen. You cannot do this. <laughs> no, look, I mean... Dr. Molly Goodhead. What about her? Just... <laughs> Yay or nay? <laughs> nay, she didn't turn up. Which is why I refuse to say anything didn't else didn't turn up about... for any of the days. I mean, just, hello, burnt toast. Oh. Um, no, it's bad. Flavorless? It's really bad. Or... Yeah, what do you mean burnt toast? Bur- burnt toast. Just... She's having a stroke. Because <laughs> she smells it. No, no. No one else can. No, it was probably the wrong analogy. Well, see, I think it's the other way around because everyone can smell you, I how think bad you meant to she say, is. But... I think you meant to say milk toast. M-I-L-K-Q-U-E. No, toast. definitely not. I've never heard that mil- before milk, in my life. <laughs> milk toast that is certainly means... Nothing I if someone is milk toast, it means they're very bland and average. Well, that's like what I mean. Bread. Yes, but burnt toast means, I mean, kind of exceptional, but in a bad way. Yeah. yeah. No, so it looks just... like Vegemite. <laughs> Yeah, no, but not to be confused for our UK listeners and for the Americans. You have nothing that's like either of those things. (laughs) Now, the fact of the matter is, she didn't turn up. uh, Got more out of staring at a blank wall. Moonraker for me feels like they didn't have everything set 
before they went in. Mm. They didn't have making it on the run. They didn't have a story to tell. They had an idea. They had yeah, basic ideas of let's get him into space. Because this yeah. this was basically a, a, an interrupted Bond film, wasn't it? Well, because wasn't supposed to be the one that yeah, came it was meant out. to be for your eyes only. That's right. And, and then Star Wars came along. Star Wars came along, so they went, "Let's put Bond in space." Sure, not somewhere where Bond fits comfortably. I don't think. No, I think Jaws is. They ruined the Jaws character for me. Yeah. in this film, even though he's a bit goofy and spy, it's playful in Spy. Whereas in this, I'm just like. Okay, this is made for three-year-olds. Yeah, mm. Not, the stakes just really kind of don't exist outside of um, that great scene in the forest. Yeah, uh, where uh, what's her name, Celeste or yeah. Cecile, mm. gets kind of um, chased through down the, down the hunt, hunted through the forest. Uh, look, Hugo Drax. I really like him. I really like Michael Lonsdale in this film, but I think. It's the most boring I find Roger Moore's character. I think Lois Charles is boring. And it's just silly. The theme doesn't stick in your head. There's nothing about this film that's memorable enough. Yeah. Would I put it on before Die Another, uh, Die Another Day? Absolutely. But that doesn't make it a good Bond film. Mm. Mr. Darby Deck, what's your Darby? Barbie. Well, look, I put this at number 20. Yeah, uh, yeah much higher than I put. This, I put this ahead of For Your Eyes Only. Defend yourself. Ahead of Tomorrow Never Dies and ahead of Octopussy. I think that despite its flaws, uh, Lewis Gilbert is really great, uh, especially in this film. I think his his control of the visuals is really kind of engaging, and I remember watching this film and enjoying it, even though I wasn't enjoying it. It becomes, for me, a film that I would put on ahead of those other ones. I really like Hugo Drax, and I really like uh, Melina Havel. He's improved for you at the time? Over time? He's, he's not a top-tier villain, right. but I think he's a pretty good villain. Right. I think he's a pretty good villain, and, he, and I believe him as a person more so than I do some of the others. Mm-hmm. I think Melina Havelock's initial story... That's for your eyes only. Oh, that's for your eyes only. Sorry, hang on. You've mixed that up. I've read the wrong thing. (laughs) (laughs) I think that, sorry, The Death by Dogs. Oh, yeah. Is excellent. It's a great scene. It it bumps this up from number 21 to number 20. Might I say, too, one of my favourite scenes in the franchise is in this film. Which is the um, the the Matt Payne? The, That's the what G-force. I put here. The centrifuge tension. The centrifuge. Yeah. The centrifuge tension. The way that Gilbert controls and manipulates tension in that scene. This is what ele- elevates Moonraker. I think it's a more enjoyable and better made film, even though it's aping what's popular and this and that and so yeah, forth. Yeah, yeah. I think I would put it on first. My cons would be a good head, bad actor. Yes, Lois Charles. Lois Charles, Man. the Bondola. Oh, the Bondola. Yeah. That's in this as that's well. This There's so much in this. That yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah, the enti- yeah, that's why it's 23 for me. Yeah, right? the entire inclusion of the return of Jaws, I think, is yeah. mishandled. Mm. And the space battle's messy, and it doesn't function the way other really impressive Bond finales function. Yeah. Uh, but it's trying to do the same thing. Mm. Having said that, I did enjoy this movie a lot more than I thought I would. This was mm. is, has been labelled as one of the worst James Bond films. I think it's pretty good. Like, it's actually an enjoyable kind of romp. And it's... If I'm going to do Silly Rog, I do this one. Yeah, right. Okay. Because I think it marries well. His silliness and the fantastical nature of space. I don't know. See, if if Goodhead had been a better least, actor... I find it's his least silly. Like, him... He, I feel he's like pretty he, bored. He he's feels bored. like he's having the least amount of fun in any. So of maybe his that's films. why it works. 
Yeah, maybe, <laughs> actually. Maybe. He's not buying into the silliness. Yeah. He's trying to ground it somehow. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Yep. Fair enough. Well, we have a second film to talk about. Oh, yeah, we do. do. For your eyes only. So who lists this first? So this was a tie. 21. Between the two of you, Jank and Dabos. Yes. At 21, I put it at 20. At 20. I put it higher than you both. So right. you get to talk about it before I do. Right. Scissors, paper, rock. Uh, Scissors, Scissors, I win. Hank, wow. um, oh, oh my god, so, dirty That was cold. <laughs> That's a bond move. Double sixes, fancy that. For your eyes only, not much to say about this because I can't really remember it. Oh dear. And mm. hence why it's so low on my list. When starting this list, this for me is based on entertainment value. It's about watchability, it's about enjoyability. I can't enjoy a film even if, if I can't remember it. Aside from Roger climbing up a big old rock... And, and the fact that, I will admit, for about two weeks after watching this, I had, for your eyes only, <laughs> just that bit of the song stuck in my head. It made it... It's it an did, Oscar it nominee, did baby. Me too. It did that to me, yeah. too. It's a great Look, song. It is. It is. It's a song. I think we might have been a bit harsh on it in our yeah, review. Yeah, it's oh, very good. I can't talk, but yeah. Uh, yeah, continue. There's not much more to say, to be honest. I want entertainment, and it's just... Uh, just felt didn't short. entertain. It didn't boring. entertain. It didn't entertain. Yeah, boring. look, I really appreciated the more grounded approach they took to this one, but it weren't grounded enough for yeah. me. I think it was still suffering a crippling silliness. I, I, as I said before, mm-hmm. I like Havelock's initial story arc. Yep, she becomes irrelevant after she yes kills that man. Yes, uh, I like... she achieves her objective. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> I like Chris, I like Christados. I like Bond killing Ferreira by pushing the car off the... Uh, oh, it's, a, it's one of the best scenes. It's very yeah. good. Yeah. It's very, very good. The White Dove. The white, not the White Dove. I like... Easy. <laughs> I like Gogol's final little scene where he plays, the, yeah, he plays the game of politics yeah. and, and mm. espionage. And I like the underwater camera tricks. Oh, yeah. Um, there is a lot to like in this film. Looking at it now, I wonder if it should be my number 20 ahead of Moonraker. I think what puts it at 21 is a few things. Mm-hmm. A silly pre-title sequence. Oh, yeah, Blofeld. Blofeld. Well, Blofeld in the chimney. It, yeah, in yeah. quotation marks, Blofeld. Don't tell, yeah. don't tell yeah. the really, lawyers. Really yeah. poorly done and more like a revenge thing for the producers. Yeah. Yeah. I hate with a passion B.B. Dahl and her whole inclusion in this film. This is what pushes it below Moonraker. I go, can I watch James Bond in space, or can I watch James Bond deal with B.B. Dahl? I'll choose space every time. (laughs) Uh, I think the lack of a compelling plot and the overall snooziness of the film kind of frustrates me. Yeah. There's a bit of Roger fatigue in this one, for me. I don't know if it's the, the, the space in which we watched it, or him... In general, what he's yeah. giving. Mm. There's also a talking parrot and Margaret Thatcher uh, in this film. And Dennis Thatcher. Yes. And Dennis, <laughs> Dennis Thatcher. Who I'm pretty sure barrels the camera. This is 100%. why, although they tried to deliver a grounded James Bond film, they failed. Yeah. Really objectively. Uh, uh, for me, it sits at number 20 uh, because I think the films below it make way more egregious mistakes but this one is not better by much yeah mm. this one feels like they went for the darker harder edged more serious fleming take and then got cold feet at different points during the writing of it mm. so there are moments where 
there's brilliant Fleming-esque Bond when he kicks Locke off that bloody cliff. It's great. And flicks the white dove pin in. He goes, you left this with Ferrara. And then kicks him off. That is Bond. Yeah. That's the stuff I remember. The tension that is building when he's climbing up the, the that bloody Bond mountain. Mm. Yeah. Cliff. It's like, that's brilliant. I want to feel that tension mm. in every Bond film. The, the, the fact that he's not able to trust whether who the good guys and who the bad guys are. That the villain is kind of cloudy throughout mm. and up until the end. And a missed opportunity that could have really been explored further, I yes. think. Yes. And I must say, Cassandra Harris is fantastic. I wish that she had been our main kind yeah. of Bond Bond woman. That sequence mm-hmm. on the sand and the beach. When there. she dies, that oh, genuinely, the yeah. yes. oh, that that's great. I forgot genuinely about that. affecting. Yeah, yeah. There's so much in it that's great. Even even the the smaller moments where Roger, you know, grabs the is eating the fig mm. with with Melina in the Greek kind of street market. Mm. That stuff feels like Bond to me. But then it's underdone by the the kind of silliness that mm. that, that pops up. The ice hockey fight. Yes. Cut, it. Cut it. Get rid of it. It doesn't add anything to the plot or narrative. It does it cuts tension. Um, the the Blofeld stuff at the start is really cringeworthy. Even though it's quite impressive that they were able to do that kind of stuff for real. You know, the helicopter and stuff. Good. Yeah, it's the good. stunt work is great. But the great, story's shitty. But in terms of a scene, it's, yeah. it doesn't work. Doesn't and, need to be and that's yeah. meant to get us in. Look, the Sheena Easton song, I think we were maybe a bit hard on it at the time. Uh, it is a song that I find myself singing around the house. The title sequence, though, is really bad. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's just Sheena Easton's face and, and Maurice oh, right. Bender blowing Sheena bubbles. Sheena obsession. His yes, Sheena obsession. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, uh, look... It was a film that I had remembered more fondly. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember this. And this was one of the biggest corrections for you. Yeah, yeah on it, your list. This film is not as 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 realistic and serious as it thinks it as is. A, as it thinks it is, mm-hmm. and that I think a lot of people build it up to be. Yeah. Maybe if I'd gone in with a slightly different expectation, it would be higher. Mm-hmm. But my memory of this film, and it feels pretty clear right now, is that it's. It's not one of the good ones. Yeah. It's a missed opportunity. It's I don't like when Bond gets too silly and gets too cold feet, and I don't like when it goes too serious and then gets cold feet. Mm. Stick to your guns, like Bond would. Mm. That's my advice. Oh, what a soundbite. Yes. Well, gentlemen, we move on to number 90 now. 19 now. <laughs> 90, 90 films. There's been 90 films. We're 70 years old. <laughs> Uh, number 19, Mr. Janky Ranky. Janky Ranky at number 19 is Goldfinger. Oh, wow. Goldfinger. Yes, it is. Goldfinger for Mr. Jake Spear Look, at 19. Might be controversial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a popular film, but my number 19 is also Goldfinger. Goldfinger. <laughs> oh, gentlemen. What well, upset. We're not going to be talking about a film okay, this round. Okay, all right. Because my number 19 is Diamonds Are Forever. Okay. So right. we move on to Jeff. number 18. Ooh, I think there's going to be some Jake divergence Spears. here, This folks. is where we divide, Jets. Diverge. Buckle up, folks. It's, <laughs> the gloves are coming off. It's Divergent Series Divergent. Yes. <laughs> number 18 we're up to. Number 18. And I have put... On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Oh, my goodness. Look, 
This might be one of my more controversial number slots. Yes. Right. I've put a Craigie <gasps> at number 18. Oh my god. I've put Quantum of Solace. Quantum of Solace. <laughs> <laughs> well, gentlemen, we're, we're still not going to be talking about anything because at number 18... <laughs> I have Jake's put still reeling at Quantum of Solace at 18. Yeah. All right. I have put Jesus. Timothy Dalton's <gasps> License to Kill. Oh, at 18? At 18. Wow. <laughs> oh, this is anyone could win now. Oh. Number 17, gentlemen. Bloody hell. Oh, heavens to Betsy. <laughs> How are you guys doing at home dealing with this? Number 17, the janky ranky puts it. Uh, as Dr. No. Oh. Number 17 is Dr. No. Yes. Right. Mr. Darby Deck. I think I've got one previously mentioned, but I don't think it lets us talk about it. Right. My number 17 is the man with the golden gun. Well, Mr. Darby Deck, we will be talking about oh. it. Because my number 17 is also... Oh, look at The you. man with the golden, golden gun. gun. Yeah. Look at us. Just a couple of pair of... Just a couple of pair of boys. <laughs> duos. <laughs> Well, Jake, you put this at number 20, so you get to talk about this first. Yeah. Ms. Eccleston. No good. Is a problem? Yeah. Who's she? Um, Britt Brit Brit Eccl- Brit Eccleston. Good night, Eccleston. Eccleston. Good night. Sorry, Christopher Eccleston as the, <laughs> as the ninth doctor. <laughs> Does she play good night? Yeah, She's Mary Good Night. Mary Good Night. Yeah. Uh, good night, yes, sweetheart. Yes, you bloody well would. Mm, yeah, yeah, we don't need, we don't need that. Um, yeah, I think generally across the board... Uh, a bit of a wacky bond and again as much as I love them a little too wacky for me Mm. Um, Scaramanga's flying station wagon I I know it was a very when you say flying station wagon you make a point (laughs) (laughs) yeah you make a very good point not flying convertible (laughs) not a wet nelly a flying station wagon (laughs) yeah 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 in Pooh Brown um, as as much as I did appreciate Scaramanga's kind of shadow side bond, um, yeah, and it his was his third nipple. His <laughs> yes, and his bond third, has two. He has three. He has three. It's superfluous. Yes, it's all subtext. Um, I I don't know. The more I the more I think about it, as much as I do think it's an impressive stunt, the slide whistle is in this one, and that's enough. Uh, it's bringing it down. Yeah. It's bringing it down. Look, this is the Bond film. I've actually been to this Bond location. I've been to James Bond Island. I've been to Fangna Bay. It's a beautiful part of the world. And there were some beautiful shots in here. There's some beautiful moments. I think Roggie's doing pretty good. But it's, I don't know, the Wacky Fun House. I don't know how I feel about the Wacky Fun House now with a bit of time up my sleeve. That's too silly for you. Yeah, I, th- I, I don't know. I don't know. I think it is. I, I, in just... where he's placed this, listeners... This is too silly for the silly boy. Where did he put it? He put it at um, 20. We've put it at 17. Yeah, see, 17's a reasonable number. Yeah, see, that's what I think. Anyway, continue, I'm putting it on... (laughs) See, this is the thing for me. It's... I've got a lazy Sunday afternoon with the house to myself and a cupboard full of snacks. Uh Uh-huh. I'm going to put on a Bond film. Yeah. What's it going to be? Well, could the be man with a golden gun. Twenty-four. Well, I've got to pick from twenty-four Bond yeah. films. And the only one it's not list, going to be is Die Another Day. That's right. That's yeah. right. But this isn't an academic exercise. Uh-huh. You know, this is about instilling. It's about base urges, and my base urge is entertainment. Populism. It's <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so I want a Bond film that's going to give me that, and I just don't think 
the man with the golden gun. So it's number twenty. He's getting getting across the line. Mm. Hey, look, it's certainly better than the ones that I've put it above. Uh-huh. Um, but it's not as good as the ones I've put above it. Ah, uh, uh, fair enough. Fair There's enough. Fair enough. That's what we do. Well, Mr. Deck, would you mind if I went? You before? do it. You do it. Look, the Rock man with the gun. It's me. The, well, hang on, hang on. <laughs> the, the, the man with the golden gun for me is uh, probably the definition of guilty pleasure bond. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. I find that it straddles the line of mm. B movie and Bond movie just right. I know what you mean. And accidentally. That's not their intention. They were trying to make a good bond. <laughs> yeah, film. yeah, yeah. But the scaramangery yes, B moviness. No B movie was made to be a boom. The B movie. But the good B movies oh, are B-movies. fucking enjoyable. Watch yeah. your pen there, mate. Sorry. <laughs> How many times did I click it? Oh, uh, no. Golden eye reference. Hoo <laughs> <laughs> um, Look. Laser watch. The, the, there are some things in this that I, I really <laughs> bloody despise. Sheriff J.W. Pepper. <gasps> one. Get him out. He is despicable. And particularly watching it now, now in 2020. Yeah. But even back in like 2010, that was too much. Even in 2000, that's too much. And I dare say that back in 1974... That's too much. Yeah. You're kind of not parodying him anymore. They, As much as he's he's a bit grating in Live and Let Die, there's still commentary mm. on him and what exactly. he stands for. He still comes exactly. out Whereas in, a, in a Golden bit. Gun... Mm. He's more they, of a beloved character. Yeah, it's like, remember him? We're oh, back. gee, he's mm. back. Yay! Mm. That's a big letdown for me. The karate school stuff. Yeah. Or I, I know I got fact check on that. I, I can't remember. And I don't bother to listen <laughs> to the old fact check. Whatever that martial art is that, that he's doing, that school, uh, that that's a bit of a silly point. The slide whistle's not great, but the stunt is. Mm. Look, the flying car's not great. Christopher Lee's fantastic. I think that Roger Moore is sensationally good in this. It's probably the closest he gets to the Fleming Connery Bond. Mm. Like when he turns the gun the on neck. the bullet maker. Yeah. And he's like, speak now or forever hold your peace. Yeah. It's like, yes, yes, yeah, yes, yes. You. I love that. The way he treats the two female characters, not so much. And that is why it is much lower. Mm. But it's B-movie straddling Bond movie. Yeah. And for that, it will always hold a place in my heart. And I fucking love the Lulu thing. I love it. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Old Liza Minnelli's in the house. Ah, yep, the show tune. <laughs> Defend yourself, yeah, Mr. What, Deck. What have you to say? Well, I what I've listed as my pros mm. is I think there's a wonderful, wonderful sense of intrigue in this movie mm-hmm. and a good uh, in, uh, employment of the detective bond idea. I think there's a, a good amount of detecting... I think Roger's really strong in this film. I think yeah. he gives a really confident performance and we get to know his Bond a little bit more. I really love Scaramanga and I really, and I'm surprised you didn't talk about him. Nick Knack. I really love Nick I Knack. I was just thinking yeah, about him. I think Nick Knack's I was amazing. too conscious of the fact that I'd been talking for a while. And then, <laughs> and then there are these amazing all-timer moments like all of Scaramanga's Island I adore. James yeah. Bond Island. Mm. He's still my beating heart. And the pistol duel on the beach. Awesome. Yeah. It's yeah. awesome. It's, it's iconic. so good. There's yeah. so much good in this film. Yeah. But then we have Good Night Bad yeah, Actor. Yeah, she's, she's bad. Another she's Good bad. Night Bad Actor. 
We've got the return of J.W. Pepper. Yeah. We've got the low-budget funhouse, you know, aspect. Yeah. I don't think they nailed it, even in the day. I don't think they no, nailed it. I think see, the money was running out. There's a schlocky nature I, no, to it I appreciate that I, that the B-moviness. I, I yeah. do appreciate the yeah. B-moviness. I think that's a strength to it. Yeah. And it makes the story itself It's not a good unique. Bond moment. Though. It's not a great no, Bond moment. No. The wax sculptures I don't really like. No. Um, and I don't like the flying car. But I think <laughs> this one is where I start to get into uh, bad leaning towards good. I think yeah. this film yep. is really quite good. Mm, and yep. it unfortunately suffers a little bit of bad. And that's why it's number... More 17. good more, than bad. More, it's kind of just leaning into the good camp. And just that's leaning. another thing. I think Maud Adams, fantastic yeah, Maud Adams film. is very good in And that, that scene where Bond and Scaramanga first meet and Maud Adams is dead. She's been assassinated. In the boxing ring. Sitting completely still. Yes. Iconic fucking look. That scene is wonderful. Mm. I'm with you. That's the kind of scene that only Bond movies can pull off mm. because it straddles reality and mm. kind of soap operatic fiction. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? There's yeah. this kind of Bond formula going on there. They're the only film series that can do a scene like that. Yeah. 17. 17. <laughs> so we yeah. move on. Number 16. Ooh. Mr. Jake Spear, what have you got at number, number 16? 16 for me is From Russia With Love. From Russia with love at 16. Yes, sir. Controversial. What are you thinking? I know exactly. Am I going to have to bloody beat you up in the car park? A film that he gave a shake and ten. Justify yourself. We won't talk about it yet. Not yet. You bastard. And not for a while. Well, just name it. Put it now. Say it now. Number 16, Mr. Darby Deck. Number 16. Are we talking about this one? I thought Jake mentioned it, but I don't see it there. It is, for me, Diamonds Are Forever. Diamonds Are Forever? No, that's only had two mentions so Hasn't been mentioned. Mm. So, we will be talking about a film. Okay. This round. Number 16 for me is 1964's Goldfinger. Yes. Now, the first person to mention Goldfinger... Oh, mm. it's the both of you. You both placed us at 19. That's right, we did. I think Goldfinger... If I was to speak its prose, it has an amazing title track. Yes. yes. Gorgeous Iconic. title sequence. The birth of the James Bond theme song. Yeah, for it sure. It has a great style and aesthetic. Guy Hamilton's bombast works wonders in this film. Mm-hmm. It's littered with... I've written this, it feels it sounds written. It's littered with undeniably iconic moments. And yep. it features... Uh, intricate and compelling plotting and a really understandable villain. True. I think there are a lot of strengths in this film. Why it dips a little low for me is in Bond's character. Mm-hmm. I think I think I don't like lecherous Bond. I don't like unflappable Bond. And yeah. here, he is present on both accounts. Yes. I don't like Pussy Galore's silly nerve gas moment. Uh, where she drops a nerve gas over all the, the army generals and everyone in the town falls asleep for a moment. Yes. I think that is dumb as dog shit. Oh, yes, the fake out where... <laughs> oh, that loot Instead that... of it being the real oh, nerve man, gas. Oh, man, it doesn't work. Yeah, it just yeah. doesn't work. And it really derails the film for me in a lot of ways. Mm. And I think this Bond, uh, Mr. Lewis Gilbert, sets the, tempo- the template for a silly finale. 
mm. uh, which is becomes a bit of a mainstay for Bond and derails a lot of other efforts or weakens a lot of other efforts. And I think it starts here. Mm. And my last kind of point of contention about this film is that I don't like its unnecessary second climax aboard the plane. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think that's lazy and silly and again becomes a mainstay. Would you prefer that, that he got away? That Goldfinger got away? I'd prefer anything else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, yeah. I think I when you just said that, I was like, yeah, I think I would prefer if Goldfinger it got sucks. away. And they're doing it again now. They're doing this double climax yeah. thing in blockbusters. Yeah. It's not necessary. They did it in Spectre. They mm. did it in Spectre. Yeah. Just wrap it up. Just wrap it. Give it a nice, satisfying ending. Yeah. But I must say, the highest any of us have ranked it is 16. And this is meant to be the gold standard of Bond films. That's what we're talking about. Older generation. Number 19 for Janky. But Mr. Janky Ranky, you've also given it a 19. Yeah, and I don't think it was going to get much higher than that. Look, it surprised me. It surprised me now, and it surprised me when we were watching it. I went into this film thinking it was going to be... It's got the laser table. It was going to be a banger. It was. It was going to be a banger. And it does. It's got the laser... It's got the laser... Goldfinger. It's got the the game of cards. I expect it to die. Oh, it's got it all. You know, it's it's got odd job. Yeah. Which I know... I'll defend him with you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) he, He is an icon of the franchise, and for someone... Who had very little understanding of of the world of Bond? Odd Job was one of those. Yeah, because uh, you played him in Goldeneye. Don't give him more esteem than he no, deserves. No, but he did. He penetrated yeah, through. The, there and is something the about him. Yeah, it was like that that scene of him throwing his hat and knocking the yeah. statue off. That there is something like, iconic. Ooh, that's there. James Bond. So going into this, it's I was job. expecting. Well, yeah, but that's the world of James Bond. Right. And this film was a letdown for me. I think Bond was a letdown in, mm. in this film. Lecherous. With his, with his lecherous nature, I thought Ulrich Goldfinger, or should I say, please help me out, Brandon. Gert Frobe. Gert Frobe was one of the strongest points of this film. I thought he 100%. was a brilliant actor. He and Honor Blackman. Yes. He really stood out to me. And I, there's, there's some classic... I agree. Some classic iconography, the song being one of them. I think Fort Knox and a whole heist as an idea could be exciting mm. and really lives in the world of the Bond. The Fort Knox conclusion's kind of Meh. floppy, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It's flaccid. You're flaccid. It is. I was thinking of a penis. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I think they could have done better. I think they definitely could have done better. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of left me cold. Maybe it's a victim of my expectations a Maybe little bit. Maybe it left you cold finger. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps to borrow a lyric, hand in a freezer. <laughs> Perhaps it did, and and that's why it sits at nineteen. Okay, yeah. oh, it sits at sixteen for me. Yeah, I, you I, gave it a little bit of fanboy. Uh, no, no, not, not so much fanboy. Your uh, honour, sir. Because 16 is quite low for a film is. that is held in this of high, high esteem. You'll you disappoint many people. Y- y- yeah, I think you I think will, You think it yes. should be in the top 10. But mm. I will say this, and you boys have touched on it. There's a lot of iconic imagery and, and scenes in this film. I think the Masterson girl, the, you know, the golden girl on the bed. Yes, yes. yes. Odd job. Goldfinger. Bond. Pussy galore. Those characters in and of themselves, iconic for the series. Sure. B- 
because of the impact they made at the time and the influence that they had on subsequent Bond films. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think subsequent Bond films did that slightly better. Uh, I think Gert Frobe's fantastic. I think Sean Connery is fantastic in this film up until he gets captured by Goldfinger. And then it kind of ceases to be a Bond film Mm -hmm. because Bond has absolutely no impact on the story. We're meant to believe that Bond's impact in that final, you know, hour of the film, or however long it is, is that he was able to sleep with a lesbian. Yeah. And the sex was so good. Oh, yeah. That she converted from the baddies to the goodies. Yes. And that was... <laughs> so ja- hard to believe. That's all that James Bond did in that last hour. It's that's what happened. Up to that point, there's no reason for Goldfinger to keep him alive, really. Really. Really? No. Because his plan is unfolding in 24 hours. That's not enough time for MI6 or the CIA to mobilize an agent to replace him. It's it's the final hour of that of that film where I just kind of go But the seeds are sown in the first half. But That's but the problem, but, but my my thing is is that you could probably go a different way. That first yeah, hour true, is true, where true. all the bold iconic moments are. Yep. Where all the excitement and adventure are. And then it's as soon as we kind of get into Bond is captured and is At held in Kentucky. Yeah. 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 You know, Bond does some interesting stuff, but I will agree, it's the most lecherous that Connery's Bond gets. Yes, Mm. and I don't like to see him sit there. Yeah, and some people find that really charming. I don't. Mm. I find it a little aggressive. Too aggressive and smug. Yeah. So that's where I I place it. Mm. I think it's got a lot going for it, but I also think that nostalgia and marketing from the time Mm -hmm. has coloured our view of that film. Yep. Happy to be proven wrong. Mm. At me. <laughs> now, gentlemen, we move on to number 15, Mr. Janky. Uh, Mr. Janky Ranky puts uh, The Spy Who Loved Me at 15. The Spy Who Loved Me, a film you ranked you 10 again. Yes. You loved that movie. Yeah, I did. I gave it a 10. And it's at 15. Oh, well, it is. we won't be talking about it. All right. Mr. Davidek. Uh 15. Look, I've got another low-ranking Craig. Uh-huh. It's uh, 2015 Spectre. There you go. Well, what? We're very close to talking about Spectre because I also, at 15, there you go. put Spectre. Well, you're a man after my own heart. What? That's right. Number 15 We're is not talking about Spectre, Spectre for a really long fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can have a word with the fans, Mr. Shakespeare. Look, number 14, we move on, Mr. Shakespeare. Yes, number 14, uh, Janky, he put... You only live twice. Oh, Yolt. Yolt. Mr. Darby Deck. Uh, I have put one previously mentioned by thou, Mr. McClelland. It's 1989's License to Kill. Oh, License to Kill at 14. Well, Mr. Jake Spear, I also put at 14. You only live twice. So we move on. Number 13, gentlemen. One lucky. Number 13, with regret. 
I put Tomorrow Never Dies. Oh, well, we'll be talking about Tomorrow Never Dies. No, 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 that's the Katie uh, Lang. That's, that's, no, no. That's uh, Surrender. Yeah, that's Surrender. You Tomorrow, got to Tomorrow Never Dies. No, that's no. Madonna. Hang on. No, how does the, on, it's how does Cheryl, the Shy it? Cheryl go? Darling, I'm killed. Tomorrow Never Dies. No, that's Surrender. <laughs> Again. It's, it's so deadly, my dear. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Until the day. Until the world falls away. Cracker. Cracker. He's nailed it. Oh no, she says it like this. Tomorrow never dies. Yeah, I thought she. Lana Del Rey. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've got to talk about it. Number thirteen. We've got two to talk about. No, what? Number thirteen. For me. You only live twice. Yo! Oh, oh my goodness. Now, have we got a three for three on this one? I'm trying to figure it out if we do. I don't think we do. No, we're one away. Oh, because four. my number 13 yeah. is Dr. No. Ooh. But hang on. So oh, we'll yeah, be talking right. about Tomorrow Never Dies Ooh. and Yo. Tomorrow Never Dies was the first one established. We and both that was given it 22, 22 each. You go, you go Outrageous. First, and you gave it 13. That's a huge discrepancy. Whoa. That is the, That's biggest the biggest discrepancy we've had so far. Yes. Some would say thus far. Do you want to go first or should I? You go first. All right. Tomorrow Never Dies. Um, I know I've said this word earlier, but this is the smuggest that James Bond is. Mm. This is the most unlikable Bond himself is. Apart from TND. Apart from DAD. Uh, no, I actually... You even, put this ahead. I, I think the Tomorrow Never Dies Bond is is, worse. is is kind of worse. Yeah. Wow. Because Die Another Day, he at least fits in with the film. Yeah. And Tomorrow Never Dies... He's the one letting us down. Well, to be honest, no one's on the same page. Mm. None of the performances sit in the same world. Yeah, interesting. And, and that, for me, is, is too unstable. This is Machine Gun Bond. I think Waylon is great, but doesn't really have an influence on the plot. So... Kind of useless. Yeah. It feels like they tick off all the formulas, kind of the boxes that you need for a really good Bond film. But then the plot doesn't factor any of those things in effectively. Mm. I think there's some really interesting stunt work. There's some fucking brilliant scenes. I think the scene where Dr. Kaufman comes in and is opposite Bond, that's brilliant. When Bond grabs that pistol and forces... Kaufman's hand back to point that pistol back in his hand and Kaufman's like no please I'm just a professional doing a job so am I that's that's a Smith and Wesson and you've had your six Mm. that's a classic Bond moment Mm. I quite like the pre-title sequence I don't mind the briefing in the car I like the idea of toying with a past Bond flame coming back and that being part of the plot. But they abandon it too quickly. Mm. And it's not tied to anything in the canon. So it kind of... It doesn't have an emotional impact for us, even though it's meant to have one for Bond. Mm. It, look, my biggest problem with this is that it feels too... Too 90s machine gun action film. It could be... It could very well be a Schwarzenegger film at points. Mm. Um, and, and I just find Bond a bit too smug. Oh. I, I, I cede the floor. 
You're uh, you're uh, speaking my language here, oh. Brando. Yeah, oh, that I, language I, is English. Yeah, <laughs> I think Tomorrow Never Dies, which I put at number twenty-two. Same as me. Outrageous. It has a good idea for a villain slash threat. These are my pros. It has some intelligent politicking. Yeah, I'll agree with that. It's uh, it's pretty well styled and realised in terms of the look of the film. Yeah, the direction of the film is actually it's really nice. solid. It's good. Yeah. Uh, I like the ticking clock element. Yeah. Um, I think that feeds a Bond narrative well. Yeah. I would say it's done better in Spy Who Loved Me. Yeah. yeah. I think my cons are that we get our first instance of Brosnan as the unflappable Bond superhero. Yeah. I think he's stupid Bond. I think he's reckless Bond. And I think he's the worst screen Bond. I think James Bond doesn't get any more disappointing than he is in this film. I despise the motorcycle stunt underneath the helicopter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I despise the remote-controlled car stunt. And I think that is the biggest clue as to how clueless Mr. Bond is in this film. That he will drive a remote-controlled car off a parking garage and return it to an Avis rental place. Yes, see, that's my problem. I love that scene until that point. Yeah. Where it's like, you've needlessly endangered the lives of civilians. I think he doesn't make sense. I think he's... That's part and parcel with the problem with Bros, is that he doesn't have an understanding of what James Bond he's supposed to be. Mm. Which I think, uh, to be fair to him, I think is the, the writer's... Yeah. Not investing in any way trying to formulate what Brosnan's bond was. Yeah, they were just going with the motions. Yeah, they just kind of went, ah, oh, it's Brosnan, he'll do whatever, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. Brosnan valiantly would do that. Yeah. Because he matches They weren't what working each to his is. strengths. Yeah, and. It is machine gun bond. It's yeah. silly. I don't like it. Yeah. But. Who poo? At number 13, so much, much, much more highly. And appropriately unlucky. We number. have. The Defender of Tomorrow Never Dies. Go on. Yes. And I think that there's a big crowd out there that'll be on your side. What makes it so highly ranked for you? First of all... to we'll cede the floor to I Mr. Jakespeare. Thank you. First of all, to all of you out there listening, um, I stand with you. <laughs> this is... Upon reflection, I, I... Look, I understand where you're coming from. For all of those people out there that believe in this film, all I stand them. with them. There's about six, now there's seven. There's a lot more of them. They have the mental age of a six-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? You're a dirty <laughs> devil and they're coming for you because I'm giving them your address. At me. I'm telling you, at me. <laughs> <laughs> this, look, you've got valid points. Very valid points. But upon reflection, this whole process for me, I've got a Sunday night house to myself. Oh, here we go. I got snacks in the fridge. Here we go. I want a good time bond. What are the snacks in the fridge? You've got M and M's. You've got some um, not a sponsor. Salt chips. Not a salted, sponsor. Salted chips. Original it's chips. Original. As, as normal people call them. Well, salted other original bag chips. Original chips. <laughs> Come on, Mister Populism. This is my house. This is Come my on, Mr. Sunday. Populism. This is my snacks. I've got Magnum ice cream in. I not got, a sponsor. In in the fridge, ready to go, and I'm gonna sit down. I've got to pick a film. I want a good time. You pick tomorrow night. Ladies and gentlemen, based on those snacks, I rest my case. <laughs> <laughs> it's a machine gun bond, and I bloody love it. Oh. Look, look. Why? Tomorrow Never Dies, and in honour of his passing, and I mean this with all due respect and much love, Tomorrow Never Dies is a lot like Batman Forever. Ah, uh, like a Schumacher like, film. Like Joel Schumacher Who film. passed away today, actually, on the day of our recording. Yeah, the director of that film. And actually, you know, it's more like Batman and Robin. 
Which is also one of his films Mm. where it's like, it's pretty bad. Yeah. But there is something in its wackiness that I just love. Sure. And And it's number 13 for that And it's number 13, which for me is pretty much middle of the road in terms of my rankings. So this is a so bad it's good one for you. This is a guilty pleasure bond. You like this more. Like how the man with the golden gun sits. But he likes this more than from Russia. Don't let him get away with this. No, I do. I do. Because if I'm going to put this on, I'm going to put this on... Because I'm after a good time. Oh, come on. I'm after a good time. You're making me sick. And I'm thinking of Brozzy, and I'm thinking him. I'm thinking of him. You're you always know, thinking of Brozzy. Thinking of Terry Hatcher, Trey Bond. I'm thinking... You did a chef's kiss there. chef's kiss. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of... Look, there's some wacky stunts in here. Waylin kicks ass. She's fucking awesome. The no, martial arts doesn't. is great. Yeah. She does kick ass. She's got a great That's the scene. only thing she does. But, yeah, my Wonderful problem actress. is that she's not in the cap. But we see the floor, sorry. See I don't floor, see it anything. I I'm wanting, despite its flaws as a film, it's going to give me a good time. It's thrilling. I'm going to have a bit of a chuckle, and I'm going to enjoy my snacks while I watch it. Oh, that's another point, actually. And I wish I'd said this in the podcast because I've thought about this, this is all the, the time. All right. No, no, no. When we did the review of Tomorrow Never Dies, oh. Tomorrow Never Dies signifies the start of banker bond What's for me. That? Oh. James Bond looks like a banker. Yeah, right. He looks like he could be Wall fucking Street anyone. Boy. Whereas Brosnan in Goldeneye looks like Bond to me. Mm. He looks like someone who's had military training. But there's something with the styling of Bond in, in Tomorrow Never Dies Wall where Street I go, boy. you just look like a Barclays banker. But Rich he's undercover as a banker, isn't he? Yeah, but... And in the next one. But that... He's he's not as a undercover as a banker in Tomorrow Never Dies, I don't think. When he first introduces himself to Elliot, he's Boy not a banker boys. or an he investor? He might be a banker. He's like, uh, oh, I'd be adrift at sea. I don't know. There's something... Look, he can be undercover. He can be undercover. I'm picking it up. But there's a thing of like... Because style is so important to the Bond films. He yes. really looks like a banker. Like he, a Wall Street yeah, boy. Roger Moore... Darby, you're just saying what Brandon's saying. But Roger Moore... <laughs> look, Roger Moore... Even though, you know, of Correct. the time, he's a bit dated. Mm. There's still a thing where you he's watch him walk through scenes and you mm. go, oh, that's James Bond. At least he's not a banker. And when I watch Brosnan in Goldeneye, he's I'm like, Jesus, he's, he looks sexy and capable. Mm. I watch him in Tomorrow Never Dies and I go... He deals uh, with money. <laughs> no. <laughs> that feels to me like the, the real basic bitch version of Whoa. what Bond would look like. The Do you know what I mean? Opinions. I'm not saying that as a disparaging comment to you, Jake. I'm saying more that his look for me in mm. that film, I'm just like... Oily. That's not Bond. That's just... A guy that... Yuppie. Looks like... Get, excuse me. <laughs> I don't know. There's something about it where I go, basic bitch, and then the film doesn't feel particularly Bond to me. You kind of feel like it's not... Um, like that. there's more to Bond than what you're... It's, yeah, it's more it's than like, just like... a neat haircut. There has to be personality to the haircut. Mm. And I find that... And it, that haircut carries through from Tomorrow Never Dies to uh, Die Another Day. And for me, I'm just a bit like... Uh, it doesn't move. You're not a real person. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's just it makes him a bit mm. bland. Mm. Interesting. James Bland. Interesting. Licensed to not Which thrill. is funny because Brosnan is arguably... One of the sexiest men that's ever lived. <laughs> I'm not arguing. All right. All right. Well, no I think we, we now move on to a film that was rated lowest by... Hang on. 
will do. Yeah. Yeah, by Jake. Jake. And myself. At? We re- we were very close, all three of us. You only live twice. You only live twice. Uh, Jake and I gave it 14 and 14. Mm-hmm. Darby, you gave it 13. Mm. I'm going to cede the floor to you, Jake, first he on this one. Spoke. I just yeah. spoke. And, and I, I think the listeners again. want to hear him speak again. <sighs> do they? You only live twice. Con... Racial issues. I'm doing the pros and cons. You're not doing the pros. Well, I just took them from you. uh, You can't turn a blind eye to what's going on there. We're talking about him doing yellow face. Yeah, basically. It's not good. And the prosthetic, you know, eyes and all that kind of stuff. No, it's not good. On on the flip side of that, I I really enjoyed seeing Bond in Asia, and I thought some of the Japan um, in particular. Yeah, that's right. Some of the some of the. the landscapes were just stunning, and the score really elevated that too. I really, I really dug the. Um, this is the one with the magnet. Yes, yeah. Uh, that, that picks, picks up the, the car. car yeah, yeah, yeah. Tosses it. I, I love that. I thought that's oh, that's kind of damn jump level stunt work yeah. done by the team. This is the film um, where we have maybe not the best Blofeld, but the most iconic Blofeld. Oh, hang on. You're seeding a little ground there, huh? Well, well, well he's not the best, mm. but he's pretty iconic. He's iconic. He's the guy but with not the not as good as Christoph Waltz. Not quite. Not quite. We get the volcano lair. We get the fighting armies. We get ninjas. It's bloody awesome. That being said, that being said, there's just something about it that I think is still middle of the road. Middle of the yep, road. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what quite what it is, but if I'm ah, it, I don't know. It's reaching for something, I suppose, that doesn't quite nail it for me. I don't know whether it's the period. So you I don't think, think tomorrow it's never dies is also middle of the road then? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The two of them are kind of fighting the middle of the road for me. Okay. okay. Um, See, my ranking is. From about eighteen, you're in for for a good Bond film. Yeah, I'm kind of there as well. That's that's yeah. where where I am. But from eighteen till about ten, you're not in top tiers, Phil. Top tier, you're in mid tier. Yeah, bond. you're in you're yeah. in a good time Bond. Good time and, Bond, and that's why I place you only live twice at the same point at fourteen. Interesting. Uh, very similar points. John Barry's score, sensational. Yeah. Probably one of his best. It's the vinyl that I listen to the most mm-hmm. of my Bond Great soundtracks. Theme song. Nancy Sinatra's theme. Fantastic. Maurice Binder, sensational title sequence. Really, really love it. Mm. And we're not Binder boys. No, we're no, not. We're, we're not. not big Binder boys. But this is at the point where Binder hadn't lost it yet. Yeah, he's still uh, got it. And he was still innovating. Uh, Connery, I think he's fantastic in this. I know he gets accused of being tired and sleepy. I think he's fantastic. Uh, pre-title sequence, really strong. Look, he's not my favourite Blofeld, but I think that Donald Pleasance does a really fucking good job. Yeah. As Blofeld. Yeah. That volcano lair. Yeah. That launched a mythos around Mm. Bond. Yes. That single moment Mm. is more referenced outside of Bond films and within Bond films Mm -hmm. than any other fucking location Mm. in these films. Ken Adam at his best. Yeah, Ken Adam at his best. Um, Saltzman and Broccoli at their best in terms of the grand scale. Um, Japan's a fantastic location. I wish Bond would go back to it. Yes. Um, I think that uh, Helga Brandt 
is a, is a really good uh, Bond girl. I think that she sits in the shadow of Fiona Volpe from Thunderball a bit too much. Um, the the I mean, all of it really gives me a good time. Mm. The only thing that doesn't make it a top tier film. Yeah, the racism of the yellow face mm. really handicaps this film. Mm. Um, you can argue that it's a product of its time, which it is, um, but we're products of our time, and ugh, look, no thanks. Mm. No thanks. I cringe all through that, 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 that chapter yeah. of the film. I struggle to find anything to really slam outside it's a pretty of good that. Movie. I had a yeah. fucking great time watching yeah. it. It's beautifully uh, kind of photographed, wonderfully acted, great locations. Mm-hmm. It's a good Bond film. Yeah. Mm. It's a good time. It is good. Yeah. I agree with you. I think it's a really good time. I think I copy-pasted this sentence. Lewis Gilbert is great. Uh, mm. I see it again here. He's great. You know, the volcano lair. Down, down. The volcano lair is top-notch, as you said, so influential on the Bond lore. The Kurosawa finale with the red and the yellow guys and and the samurai. Come on, give it to me. You know, I watch Kurosawa at work in films like Ran and in, you know, films like The Seven Samurai. It's there. It's there. It's there. And it's doing it tastefully. Um, I think it's cool. I mean, gorgeous cinematography in this film. Absolutely. Really gorgeous cinematography. And I think this is Travelogue and Travelogue Bond at its best. Best. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Travelogue Bond. You know, you've got James Bond's burial, which was a yep. brave and, and exciting mm. idea to, to, mm. to chase. Twice is the only way to live. What a tagline. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, you've got a roll Dahl script, fellas. Yep. Yep. You've yep. got a roll Dahl script, and it's good. It's, it's so a good, good script. Mm. I think my cons, obviously, are the plastic surgery. Yeah. Uh, you've got the sexist overtones, the way that the, the, our Bond girl spends the last third of the film in her bikini. Oh, also the line of, like, in Japan, women always come second. Oh, exactly. yeah, yeah, with the spa and I washing mean, him down yeah. and serving him. I love Don Planet Pleasance, and I think he did a great job as Blofeld, but he is Slowfeld slash Sillyfeld in this film. <laughs> Hang on a minute. We've been arguing. You've been saying he's the best bloody Blofeld we've ever had. <laughs> Where's this come from? Have I convinced you? Look, there's no shame in admitting I'm you're simply wrong. being honest. There's no shame in admitting you've lost the stuff. He's honest with my. <laughs> I'm just being honest with myself. Yeah. There are Blofelds that I have ranked higher than him. Yeah. I think my thing with with Donald Pleasant's Blofeld is when I think of Blofeld, I think of Donald Pleasant. Yes. Yes. The and the image, the iconography of him is yeah. is is paramount. Very good. That's kind of it for me. I think it's a really good movie. I really enjoyed it. I remember having a bloody whale of a time watching mm. this one. I also love I Charles Gray in this film. Yes. Yeah. I I don't put this as uh, mid tier Bond. This is this is it's a good le- Bond. It's leaning towards top. Yeah. Uh, it's got a little bit of work to do, but it's leaning. Yeah. Yeah. I think all of the films outside of maybe like the top. Maybe five or six mm. are really like. Yeah, I think that's my a good top, Bond. Film. I think my top ten are top tier Bond. Films. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Say again. You think my it... top ten, I believe, are top tier Bond. Films. Well, gentlemen, we're getting closer right. because mm. we're up to our number twelve Bond film. So, Mister Shakespeare. Yes. What have you placed at number twelve? Janky Ranky has placed at number twelve, The Living Daylights. Oh, oh you monster! Wow. Mr. Darby Deck. Number 12 for me 
on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Ah, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Well, number 12 for me is the second Craig that I've placed down, and it's Quantum of Solace. Mm. Goodness me. What was the first Craig? Spectre. 15. Oh, yeah, we tied it. Spectre. So, we move on to number 11. Yes. Gentlemen, Mr. Jake Spear. Yes. Number 11. I have placed... Diamonds are forever. Mm. Well, my number 11, and I think we get to talk about him, it's 1962's Dr. No. So, at number 11, I have placed, perhaps controversially, that I've placed this lower than the two of you, The World is Not Enough. Ooh. Get out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, gentlemen, we get to talk about two films again. We do? Look out. So, Diamonds Are Forever, the reason I've put it so low is this is a really good campy bond uh, until it falls apart in that third act. And unlike a film, other films we've talked about, I won't get into Pacifics, Pacific (laughs) Oceans or Atlantics, unlike other films in the series, this one doesn't have enough goodwill built up to push it over the line. And the disappointment that I feel in that final act, I just find pretty crushing, actually. Mm. Up until that point, Tiffany Case, played by Jill St. John, Mm -hmm. sensational. Yes. Sensational. Connery is very fun, very flirty, very playful. That fight in the elevator going up to Jill St. John's bloody apartment, that's one of the most outstanding fight scenes in the the franchise. I love it. I'm getting nods of approval all around. You know what I'm... Excuse me. (laughs) He's getting excited through his pen. (laughs) You know what I'm vibing on. Yes. Um... Charles Gray is a wonderfully camp Blofeld. All of the stuff getting up when Bond gets on that elevator, going up to Bond's uh, to Blofeld's <laughs> lair, the double Blofelds. How like, can it be nineteen? Yeah, the stuff that I that I don't like about it. The pre-title sequence feels really low budget. Yes, it does. Uh, the mashed potatoes substituting as you know mud. They look crap. Um, the fights in it are a bit silly. The mouse trap in the in the jacket pocket is a really ridiculous gadget. And then what does he say? What's his line? Uh, uh, oh, making mud pies, 007. Oh, yeah. That one. Yeah. yeah. You know, whatever. No, what does Connery say? He's got a really hampered line here about rats. No. Oh, no, no, no. no. no I love else. that line. Oh. That's later when he that's gets later. out of the thing and he goes, I was just taking my rat for a walk oh, yeah. and uh, <laughs> seemed to have lost my way. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Only Connery could do that. That stuff I love. Yeah. The buggy chase is stupid. Yep. And it looks like they didn't have any budget, so they just went, let's make a couple of cars crash into a couple of sand dunes and that'll be it. The car chase in Las Vegas is a little uninspired. Um, it's not the worst in the series, like but the it's not the best. Yeah, you know, blow up your pants, Charlie. Tiffany gets a couple of dodgy lines, and one of the most egregious things is that they just abandon her character. But one of the things that I must sing the praises of is Mister Wint 
and Mr. Kid. Yeah, absolutely. They there are they are. Fantastic. Mm. I'm having a blast with this film until I'm not. And when I'm not, I'm really suffering through the film. And that's why I've placed it so low. Fair enough. I agree with everything you've said. And in fact, I think I've got it all written here. Ooh. Um, my pros are that Mr. Solid Connery doesn't disappoint in this film. Mm-hmm. I think he returns to the role and lives in it once more. And he's not lazy. Yeah. I think Wint and Kid are delightful. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get to see Mr. Connery in a casino. Uh, for the first time in a while, and I think that is undeniably Bond. Yep. Um, I even like, though it's a Las Vegas one, even it though still it's, feels it Bond. still feels Bond. I like the Vegas car chase. I think it's well handled. I know it's yeah. not groundbreaking. It's not the best, but it's not the worst. Yeah, I saw shots of it in the trailer, and I went, that's actually really nice. I like that. Um, the elevator fight is top-notch. Yes. I, watched, I saw two shots of that in the trailer when I was doing my research and was immediately taken back to how powerful that scene is. Oh, yeah. I think it's got a great energy and pace overall, this film. I think it's got a wonderful view, uh, perspective, and it lives in it, and it knows what it is. And I think Charles Gray as Blofeld is really cool. I think mm. he's a good Blofeld. He's maybe my favourite Blofeld, even though he is a little bit campy. Really? I yeah. think he's really cool. Looking at him again and thinking about him again, I was kind of going, you know what? You're a good Blofeld. There's something about There's him. There's something about yeah. him. Um, Are you serious right now? Shut up. Are you I think serious right now? There's a bit of a limp final act. Yes, the oil rig doesn't work. No. The, the wheels fall off the moon buggy, and there is a pretty cheesy cloning Aspect. element yes. to the film. Yes. But Diamonds Are Forever, it's a good Bond film. And again, it, it had that benefit of surprise. I thought I was in for a stinker, and I was pleasantly surprised. Yep. And it still gets up to it. Mm. Yeah. Well, for me, Diamonds Are Forever is probably the front runner for my guilty pleasure. Okay. It's the one that I really want to watch Sugar Kid. the most mm. after yeah, all of this. Fair enough. I want to go back and revisit it. So why isn't it number one? Because I know what my number one yeah, is. Yeah, I know what it and is too. And it's never moving. Um, oh, great. So <laughs> Diamonds Are Forever. How do I say this? Diamonds are forever. Diamonds are forever. That's how you, you say said it. it. Yeah, Thank you just you. said it. Thank you. Are you all right? Thank you. <laughs> I think it starts off super, super, super strong. Yeah. Um, yes. All of you guys have mentioned, all of you, all the, the hundreds of you that are crammed into this room. Oh, he's not well. <laughs> uh, Mr. Wint, Mr. Kid, fabulous. The elevator fight, extraordinary. Um, Jill St. John, she starts off this... She matches Bond. That first scene when she's getting him to drink and she's changing the clothes and she's playing the game. It's fabulous. Yes, the back end, the wheels do fall off, literally. The moon buggy. Quite literally. Quite literally. And I remember really going to town on that moment. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Bambi and Thumper. Oh, God. I can't believe Brandon didn't bring that up. The Kipper Tie. The Kipper Tie. (laughs) That's the thing. There's so much in it. When you start to unpick, you go, oh, God. There's a few threads here to pull yeah, at. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I'm happy to pull at them. And if it falls apart, it falls apart. I know it's <laughs> given me a good time. I think it's one of the best Bond cars. I really love that Mustang. 
Um, now that I know that it's a Mustang, even the ba- that that's another thing. The way that they fuck up the 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 stunt where it goes through the thin. Oh alley. yeah, 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 yeah. And then they have to flip the camera because they didn't get the in and the yeah, out. Yeah, right. I don't know. There's a part of me that went back and watched that, and I don't. I think it's been fixed. No, no, it hasn't. It hasn't. Are you sure? You're a dirty it phys- devil. It physically doesn't make sense. You're I'll have to rewatch devil. it. Yeah, I'll yeah. Have rewatch to re-watch it because it doesn't convinced. make sense. I'm not convinced. It doesn't make sense. Look. Connery, I thought going into Diamonds of Forever, it was rumoured that Connery had phoned it in and this was the one where he just clocked off mm. and it was simply not the case. I thought he was charming. Clocked it in, phoned it off. Cloned, cloned it in, fobbed it off. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, f- uh, let me go. Um, he fucked it in and to- toned it down. <laughs> Wash your mouth out, you dirty devil. <laughs> Sorry, fuck me. <laughs> and I'll turn it uh, down. <laughs> And for me, it's the campiest and most fun Blofeld ever. Yes, yes. It's fantastic. Um, Even drag Blofeld, I'll go along with it. Drag Blofeld. Yeah. You know what? I'm down for that. Who cares? That stuff I'm fine Who with. Who cares? It's yeah. good time I've changed my bond. Tune. Yeah. It's good time bond, yeah. and that's what I'm after. Um, right. Okay, so our next one to talk about is Doctor No, mm. which was most highly rated by Darby, lowest rated by... Oh, Mr. Jake Spear, you get to talk again. Oh, goodness me. Number 17. Look, I wish I could say I'm getting sick of hearing my own voice, but it's simply not true. No, it's never true. Uh, you are a, um, what is it, narcissist. Narcissist. Yes, I believe that's, Crippling I believe that's narcissist. what yes. my therapist calls me. Doctor but I'm no, the best one around. But I'm the best narcissist around. And the most attractive. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor no. drown in my own reflection. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's classic Bond. It's the very first one. It just... And yet, and yet, they've got training wheels on. There's, oh, yeah. there's, look, I mean, Honey Rider, iconic. Ken Adams sets fantastic. I think Doctor No as a villain, he he immediately paves the way for what's to come. Everything from you know the particular type of shirt they wear, those collars, those Bond villain collarless shirts things oh, that they yes, wear, yes. you know, um, all the way through to you know grand world-conquering plot around, you know, nuclear missiles and all kinds of stuff. Nuclear, Spontaneous combustion. Nuclear. We've been over this. Nuclear. I'm taking elocution lessons. <laughs> nuclear. New. Nuclear. Nuclear. Yes, not go. nuclear. Or nuclear. Oh, nuclear. American 90s kid. <laughs> Growing up on cartoons. And George Bush. And George W. W. Um... It's not a film that I can really tear the shreds off of. I certainly don't hate yeah. it. I, well, I you really, put it at 17. I put it at 17, but it just that simply means that, that it's not a film that I hate, but it's probably not one that I'm going to jump up and down to re-watch anytime soon. Um, just, it's not really giving me what I want from a Bond film because I don't think it's quite fully formed as a Bond film oh. but it's getting there okay 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 you're wrong well but, I'm okay. I'm next on the list I rated it next lowest at 13 um, only two lower than you Darbs at 11 okay. alright um, okay Look, that's that's pretty middle of the road out of twenty four films in terms of the ranking of it. It it gets a lot right. I think Connery's really great in it. Um, Ursula Andress is is quite charming in it, even though her character f- kind of falls apart 
there. She becomes a bit uh, a prop more than a character towards the end. Mm. I think Joseph Wiseman is fantastic. Look, again, we run into this problem of yellow face, uh, mm. where he's playing a half German, half Asian, and they kind of um, do him up to make him look a bit more Asian. Mm. Uh, not acceptable nowadays. Uh, really dates the film. But that's not the only thing that dates the film for me. I, I really love this as a solid kind of detective Bond film. Yeah, It feels like it has a, a, a simple enough plot and Bond is always chasing a lead. He never feels too far ahead of the situation or too far behind mm, it. Mm. He's always keeping the tension on the rope that he's kind of pulling himself along. Mm. Um, but it's also the one that I think because it's also the oldest Bond film that feels the oldest it feels like a film from the 50s almost rather than a 1962 film particularly when you compare it to the film that follows it which I think is a really taut 60s thriller Dr. No feels a bit flabby Mm. feels a bit less well constructed Mm. Um, is it a great Bond film you betcha you betcha Um, am I fucking glad that it exists you bet yeah Mm. Um, I don't have much bad to say about it Mm. you know again I don't I'm just like give it a go sure if you want to see where it all began why don't you watch where it all began start it's all started With a dragon tractor. <laughs> yes. That stuff feels a bit silly. And again, there's another element too with Quarrel. Mm. Where you mm, kind yeah. of go... Goes borderline. In my, 10 more years, it will be wrong. Yeah, mm. I think it's wrong. It's wrong. Almost now, yeah. really. Um, but it's still... I think it's just towing the line. Yeah, but yeah. There's something There's still it. an element of like, uh, you could servitude. kind of argue status. Yeah, there's servitude. Man, yeah. there's, there's, some, there's <clears throat> some treatment of quarrel in that where you're just a bit like... Come on. Catch up. Yeah. yeah. Catch yeah. up. But, Darby, you have given it 11, 11. highest out of all I, I of us. I think you really articulated it very well. Um, this one gets some bonus points for me just from a contextual level. It is doing so much that it's never been done before. Yeah. Um, it really is the start of it all, and I think it starts in a really good way. I think I've got here, it's a great detective novel, uh, detective story, but the way you've put it is that you're right. They really get the bound. This is the most detective bond. And detective bond is an aspect of James Bond, which I adore. Mm, and this yeah. film is almost solely that. So it gets a lot of favour from me in that regard. And you're right. He's always just behind where he needs to be. Yeah. It's really well There's paced. There's a tension in the rope. Yeah, yeah, there really is. I think yeah, it's a really exciting adventure. And it's a really tropical travelogue, which is yeah. what I say is, is doing so much that hasn't been done before. It is taking audiences, a post-World War II audience with not much economic wealth. They've got their time out at the movies as one of their uh, 100%. brightest things to look forward to. And this film takes some places they have never been. Yeah. And it sets the template for a franchise that has lasted over 50 years yep. and I think it does so much it's not a perfect film it is flabby it's got the narrative is a little bit too straightforward when you look at subsequent Bond films yeah um, 
Honey Rider Shoal Collector. She's not a great character. No. Um, the dragon tank and the lack of an immersive quality, I think, holds this film back from being true top tier. Yep. But then you've got Felix Leiter. You've got this idea of the of the villain as a host, giving Bond and the and, and, and Honey <laughs> yeah. Rider these clothes. It's doing so. It's trading new ground and it's blazing yeah. a trail. Yeah. I think it's a wonderful film, and I would hate to think of a world where this isn't a film or it doesn't exist very true we move on to number 10 top top 10 top 10 top top 10 10 for each of us these are the creme de la creme well these are undeniably unarguably inarguably inarguably indeniably undeniably top tier bonds (laughs) absolutely for each of us so number 10 Mr. Jake Spear what have you got yes I have got number 10 License to Kill. License to Ooh, I thought Kill. You put that a while ago. No, that was Living Daylight. That was you me. You like the License to Kill more than the Living Daylight. Yeah. What? Don't talk is about it. Wrong with you. Well, you just wait. Darby Barbie, what have you got? My Darby Darby Barbie number Darby 10. Darby Barbie Puddin' and Pie <laughs> is 1999's The World Is Not Enough. The World Is Not Enough. Interesting. And Mr. Brandon McClellan. That's you. That's that's me. The spy who loved me. To Swollum. So I voted License to Kill at 18. Oh, shit. That's getting on low territory. That's low. That's that's low territory. That's very low. Bottom tier bond. Look, License to Kill, I've put at 18. Because I think it's a really good film. Uh, If I didn't know all of the Bond canon... I'd be like, this is a fantastic film, great evolution. Film. Yeah, it's a great action film and a good evolution of a certain character. Mm. But as a Bond film, I feel like it gets a little lost in 80s land. Feels a bit Miami Vice at points. Mm-hmm. Gets a little lost in the drug world. Yeah. But I think Robert Darby's one of the best villains we've had in the series, Robert mm. Darby's sensational. Mm. I think Timothy Dalton is fantastic, apart from his Dracula hair at points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what else? Oh, look, I don't think the two Bond women are very good. Mm. Uh, I know down a little bit, doesn't there's, it? There's a lot of defenders of those characters. I don't get it. I know what they're trying to go for. I don't think they execute it successfully. I don't know. That feels to me like enough said for License to Kill. I think Dalton was shortchanged. I wish it wasn't his last. But it was. Mm. And so be it. Yeah. Mm. Great action, great stunts, great character development for the most part. The ninjas suck. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm number 14 for License to Kill. I think I'm a little more favourable than you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we've got a top-tier villain. Mm. Uh, in Robert Darby. I think That's what I think as yeah, well. Yeah, I think I think he's excellent. I think we've got an effectively gritty tone yeah. in this film. I think the tone yeah. they achieve is nice. I think it suits the film, it suits Dalton's energy. It is in, in one way a nice graduation from the Living Daylights. Mm. I think we see a little bit of growth for Dalton's Bond as well as in this. The promise of more is is uh too much for me to resist. I do want more. I don't think it's a satisfying conclusion for him. Mm-hmm. So it could be a shortcoming or a you know a, a good thing that we do see a bit more growth for him. But I don't know. We've got an intriguing Benicio del Toro. Mm. I think he's an interesting character. We've got our shark scare. 
which yeah. has become a good thing that we talk about in relation to Dalton, his kind of realism. Yeah. We've got Milton Crest and his marine lab and his boat. Yeah. He's a cool villain. Yeah. He's a great number two. Does great drunk acting. And there's a lot going oh, for this film. Oh, fantastic drunk There's acting. a lot going for this film. And I his think, head explodes. Yeah, its balance is funny because its negatives hurt me, but its positives are terrific. And the base destruction at the end and the whole religious cult. What I don't like about it is the silly tucks and the silly staging in the pre-title sequence. Felix, Felix Slider is crap. In it, Ugh, I don't yeah. like the stupid three-piece tux and bow tie that Bond's wearing. Mm. I don't like the the friggin' parachute into the wedding wedding reception. Does everyone kiss the bride? <laughs> you know, oh this film God. annoys me. Yeah, Talisa Sato falls asleep in it. Like she falls asleep. Yes. playing Lupe yes. and Pam Bouvier in the bar brawl. Two points off. You know, you're right. It does get bogged down in its in its '80s drug action aesthetic. It's still a James Bond film for me, which is why it's number 14. Mm. Tough critics. What about you? You've rated it number 10. It's it's in my top 10. Obviously. Um, and the reason being mm. is that I really want to watch this again. Right. I really want to go back to this world. Mm. And I know I was... There's definitely moments that I'm critical of. Uh, that have been mentioned but there's just something about the feel of this film that is calling me back yes the bar brawl is pretty damn rubbish but again Milton Crest the boat the 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 shark this whole underwater element the locales uh, I know this this is the film where we get the explosive toothpaste yes and the camera down. Dentonite. And then the cameras and the ninjas. But, yeah. look. I didn't mention the ninjas. Yeah. Points yeah, off yeah, for yeah. that. Yep. But we also get that amazing truck chase and ex- oh, the fiery explosion it's at the so end. so good. Oh, it's gritty and brutal and dark. And I love Bond playing on the insecurities of the villain. Yeah. Mm. He, he really knows his mm. enemy here. Yeah. And he digs it in. It's yeah. good. It's a deep running film. It's got deep currents. Look, yeah. Dalton really surprised me because he was probably the one, well, I don't know, maybe Roger too, but Dalton was a big question mark for me and I thought he was going to be way too serious and I thought he was just going to be, all right, well, I'll watch them, I'll tolerate them and then forget them. But... License to Kill, I really want to go back. And in my lazy Sunday afternoon with my snacks. Oh, God, you've yeah. got three films you're watching on I'm the going Sunday. back. I'm going back there. You've got a busy lazy you got a Sunday. Busy, lazy, lazy Sunday. 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 But I tell you what, it's going to be a good fun day Sunday. Oh. Okay. All right. What is your number nine, Mr. Jake Spear? Number nine is Live and Let Down. Oh. Well, number nine for me is... Banana... It's live and let die. It's live and let die as well. Oh my god! Look at you boys. Because guess what? What? My number nine is meeting you with a view to a kill. So we don't get to talk again. Shut your mouth. So we move on to number. But zipped number eight. Oh, we're climbing now. Mr. Jake Spear, number eight. What is number number eight. eight for you? Now, we're really getting into we're tough getting, territory pointy. here. This is going to be some discrepancy. Very this tough territory. It's very difficult. I feel like from here on in... It's tough. We'll, we'll be talking about one or two films apiece. Yeah. Number eight. 
mm-hmm. for me is the world is not enough. Mm. The world is not I enough. I thought that would be a bit higher. I well, thought that would be top five. We get to talk about that this round. So, Darby, do we get to talk about your number eight? I don't believe we do. I think I'm the first to mention it. <gasps> oh. My number eight is... Don't you dare. Thunderball. Oh, okay. TB, tuberculosis. <laughs> <laughs> well, my number eight is another film we get to talk about. Mm-hmm. Fabulous. It's the only film to star an Australian. Ah. It's Honor Majesty's Secret, Secret Service. <laughs> Oms, as they say in Goldman. <laughs> Queen Bian, Queen Bian, where So we'll talk about the world is not enough first. The lowest ranking for the world is not was me. It was number at number eleven. 11. So it was still 11, very 10, high. 9. A very high eleven ten, and eleven eight. ten and eight. Eleven yeah. ten eight. Um, Pretty look, high ranking. The film. world is not enough for me is a really bloody good Brosnan film. Yep. It's a really bloody good Bond film. Electric King sensational. It's Brosnan's best performance. I wish that Brosnan's Bond was more like this in in Tomorrow Never Dies and Die Another Day. Then we'd be happy. Because then he'd be top tier. He'd for be me. one character. Yes, he'd be a he'd be a character. He'd be a character. Um, Electra King's fantastic. I'll tell you what, I didn't mind Denise Richards. I think she's fine. Yep. Cigar Girl, great. Cigar Girl. The only thing that bumps this out of the top ten for me is that even though Elektra's a fantastic villain and Zukovsky's a good kind of grayscale villain-ally hybrid... Yep. It's Carlisle. Renard. Mm. They don't deliver on the promise of Renard. They don't. A villain who knows he will die soon and cannot feel pain. Mm. And they don't really... It feels like they forget that by the time... But it by feels the like everyone forgets it, including yeah. Carlisle, well, weirdly. Well, I think Carlisle's doing his best to play it. Mm. And and there's still that great scene with Electra and, and Renard where he's talking about, like, was Bond a better lover than I? And, mm. you know, and he smashes his hand through the chest. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's great. He's but dramatic. Then, but then that, that fight between Bond... And Renard at the end. Short-lived. I just kind of go, this is a guy that doesn't feel pain and knows that the only thing that he was staying alive for is dead. That guy's going to go apeshit. Berserk. Like, this should be the moment where I'm like, maybe this Bond villain is just, like, going to fucking kill Bond because he doesn't give a shit about anything. Renard kind of falls a little flat in the end. Other flat points in this film? Are there any? I don't know. Look, I kind of like the silliness of the x-ray glasses. Uh, look, I, I think particularly where we were in 90s action cinema, the fact that we got The World Is Not Enough that year speaks volumes. About how much to they To the trying. restraint yeah. that they put into this film. For sure. Mm. They, delivered, they delivered the blueprint for Skyfall. Mm. Almost. I see what you mean. Yeah. I'm picking it up. Um... And so, for me, it's 11. But we move on to Darby, who put it at 10. Mm. Look, I don't have too much different to say. Uh, I think it, <clears throat> it's a thrilling, uh, though maybe a little bit stagey pre-title sequence. 
Um, I think oh, that's that's yes, a pro. I didn't even talk about that. I adore that pre-time. It's sequence. a good. I it's do understand stagey. the stagey, a little bit stagey, which I think is maybe some of the 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 uh, poison that's running through the film mm-hmm. is that element. It's a comfortable performance from Brosnan. I Absolutely. think it's very good. I don't think it touches his Goldeneye performance, but I think it comes close. And I agree with you. It would be nice to see a Bond universe about this man. He feels closely related to the man we see in Goldeneye. Absolutely. Feels like an older, more mature version of the Goldeneye. Which is supported yeah. by the reappearance of Mr. Robbie Coltrane. Yes, right? mm, I yeah. think so. I think I he's think a so. top-tier ally. Yep, um, me too. I think Electra is a top-tier villain. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what I love about this film is they infuse a, a touch of that kind of classic romance in his relationship with Electra. Absolutely. Similar to The Living Daylight, similar to On Her Majesty's. Similar There's, to Casino Royale. Similar to Casino Royale. There's that sort of timeless love yep. that's in this film. She's an all-timer for me. And there's the, there's some thrills and spills. There's some <laughs> and thrill, some chills. And some chills Absolutely. in this film. I think it's a pretty thrilling film. I yep. think it is really, it's top-tier Bond. I really believe that. I will say Renard is a silly villain. Mm-hmm. Um, even even though he doesn't live up to his standard, I think he's still naturally quite silly. The bullet in his head working his way towards yeah. his brain is a little hard to swallow. And maybe... Molly Warmflash is pretty dumb too. Yeah, maybe kind of uh, a template for the stupidest shit villain we see in, in Die Another Day. With mm. the, you know, the, I don't mm. think we quite have him without Carlisle's villain. Yeah, there's the a stepping stone There's there, a stepping stone. Yeah, yeah. I don't like M being imprisoned in the Maiden's Tower. I think that's a weird choice. <laughs> Does not work in this film. <laughs> yeah. And I think, although Christmas Jones didn't bother me as much as I thought she would, yeah. she's still in that classic Bond girl way that plagues a few characters. She overstays her welcome, and yes. she doesn't need to be in the third act. And and that bloody um, oil ba- oil pipeline scene yeah. is not good. But, it's not good. But it's a great... James Bond film and it partners very nicely with Goldeneye. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Jake, you've given it eight. This is very quite firmly in your top ten. Yes, very much so. I stand by it. <laughs> um, for those that don't know, I really love Pierce Brosnan as James Bond. <laughs> I've never picked up it, haven't you? <laughs> Some people it goes over their head. I've been a little bit subtle about it. Um, <laughs> For me, this is this is Casino Royale before Casino Royale. This is Skyfall before Skyfall. Shut up. It's it's a Craig film before Craig came along. No, it's not. It think, is. You think? It is. Absolutely it is. Purvis and Wade were I think they're already, dipping their toe into the They're water, dipping but, their toe in. Yeah. It's it's you know, it was too soon to do what they really could do or wanted to do. Mm. But they didn't have the actor. There's like fingerprints that. all over. They didn't have the actor. That's the Alright, alright, yeah. alright. He's up, he's up. I think there's an incredible romance and class to this film seconded yep I get swept away in it thirded fabulous um fourth (laughs) who the hell was that (laughs) (laughs) guys I can't really say too much more I think you've covered so many wonderful points Mm -hmm. um I think you should go easy on Renard no. Why? Why? But he's got the flaming branches and oh, no, no, no. the oh, skull on, cave. I want to know why. Because I feel like we let you off the hook too much on these. You yeah. go, go easy on Renard and you're kind of populist. Oh, it's a bomb film. You populist. Crap. Yeah. But why? This is not an academic exercise. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> don't, don't, don't play Stick that. Me. Don't play that. Make, make the actual case for Renard. For Renard? As a, as a character. 
Not as a not as a stereotype Bond villain, as a character. No, I think one thing that you that you mentioned before was the the ending of him and thinking that maybe one option for him would be to go ape shit. But I think you yourself sort of mentioned it in the episode. It's like there's a kind of nice um, or I, I found it to be a good resolve for him of a kind of um, Romeo and Juliet. Where he welcomes death. Yeah, when, the yes. welcoming of death sort of Th- thing. That like moment Bond I... unlocked this for me and mm. a weird sort of thank you moment. Yeah. Which, you like the that, Shakespeare. That, that I love. It's mm. just that before he gets to that point, we don't really feel What's the bullet in the head all been about? Anything. Yeah. It's like, where does that finally result, resolve yeah. itself? It doesn't I really... Think, I think the idea of Renard is actually one of the best ideas they've had for a Bond villain. I think their execution is, is slightly undercut because they realise they had a slightly better villain with Electra. Yeah. For sure. And she, ultimately, for me, is, is the yes. villain of the, of the piece. Yeah. Which, I yeah, I understand that Renard becomes a little bit... Well, what is he? Is he a henchman? Is he the main villain? Are we supposed to be feared and by him? And they do tie him nicely yeah. to Electra. They do answer that question in the screenplay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It they haven't there. forgotten about him. But then they expect us to be like, oh, the finale of it's the film. It's just a little it too much work. on him. It's mm. a bit too much. Yeah. Not quite. Yeah. Not quite so. But yeah. still top tier Bond. Absolutely. It's top tier for Undeniably. me. Absolutely. Mm. Brosnan's and two for two. Two from four for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. it's those two, isn't it? And yeah. I think you're right in saying that this film really speaks to Goldeneye. And I do wish that he stayed that way. Yeah. yeah. Because I, I think we would have gotten more out of his tenure than we did. Yeah. yeah. It's um, weird that Tomorrow Never Dies is between them. I know. It's so bizarre. Yeah, it feels very separate. It, doesn't it really sense. does, doesn't it? Sh- it? it should have gone Goldeneye, The World Is Not Enough, Tomorrow Never Dies, Die Another Day. I would believe that more. Yeah. Mm. It's weird. It's unsettling. Oh, but if I got a lonely Saturday, I'm putting this baby on because oh, it's yeah. a good not time. Not the Sunday, the Saturday. But if you, you have a lonely Saturday. Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lonely weekend, this, this, then. Double feature. Tomorrow never dies. Yeah, well, we'll see. But <laughs> Honor Majesty's Secret Service doesn't figure into that lonely Saturday because you've ranked Honor Majesty's lower than the two of us. You have ranked Honor Majesty's at 18. Yeah. Oh, shit, that's low. And. This for me, very, very, low, very, very low. early on. Very that's bottom tier Bond territory. That's bottom tier, yeah. Maybe I'm a bit harsh. I don't know. No, no, no. This is good. This is good because, because we've been harsh on your favourites. Go hard, baby. Yep. Yeah. Fuck it. You know what? <laughs> Jake, don't break anything. Um, Oms for me, pretty soon actually. In after seeing it and and going further into this journey, I felt. I overestimated. I think I I overinflated it considerably. G- going off your ranking, you gave it a ten. Because I remember you giving it. Yeah, was it a ten? I Maybe don't know. It Maybe, was. I think it might. I'm sure you gave it a ten. I think we both gave it ten. I think we might have. It might have been my first. It was 10. the second one we watched. Yes, and I think that's yes telling. Mm-hmm. I got a bit excited mm-hmm. for good reason. Yeah, yeah. I think there's. I think it's, it is. Well, a beautiful you gave film. it eighteen, Jake. Yeah, yeah. Which is very low. It is. <laughs> you low. put diamonds. That's not even top fifteen. Quite a bit above it. <laughs> For me, sitting back now, I don't have much interest going back to revisit it. You don't want to watch it again at all. I don't think so. There's Why? really nothing calling me back to that film. Mm. And I'm going to say it. I don't really buy the Tracy thing. <gasps> 
Okay, okay. You don't buy that romance? I don't really. And as much as I want to, and as much as I really want to Brandon invest... angered. In that... No, no, I don't. I'm trying to be neutral, actually. <laughs> and as much as I really... Because wa- you, you were quite emotionally affected at the end of watching Honor Majesties. Maybe I was, but I really... It's not staying with me. Yeah. And it's not really something I find myself, at least lately, wanting to fight for yeah. as much. It, it, I mean, look, when you watch films like Casino and when... I don't know. I mean, I even... Ugh, I even think I really prefer the relationship that's explored in The Living Daylights more, more than Tracy. ranked really low again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I don't know whether it's the period. I don't know whether it's the the brainwashing the women. Um, But there's just something that feels a little bit naff. And maybe it's a bit to do with George. I apologise. The only Aussie to play Bond. I feel like I'm going against my fellow countrymen. The first thing I've got written here is Aussie Bond. Yeah, no, I'm Bond. Bond. (laughs) I'm James fucking Bond. Yeah, I'm James fucking Bond, mate. (laughs) That's I'm my... fucking James Bond. Yeah. I'm fucking James Bond, mate. Bonza. Look, I think the first time we go into that casino with James, you know, it's a super stylish film and it's a great car. It's, you know, he does a good job. It's stylish. Yeah. But I don't know. There's not too much that I remember about it. I tell you what I do remember. What do you remember? I remember Grandma Savalas. Oh, oh, get <laughs> off this, Grandma Savalas. I remember the bobsled race. Um, grandma. And the yellow goggles. Yep. And that's about it. Although, oh, I must pull say... Pull the other one. <laughs> I really... I, as much as I say I don't buy the Tracy thing, I think the barn scene is, is quite special. I think that's... Mm. And I think that was... So you do or you don't? I don't. Where do you I don't. Flippy floppy. I don't, really. But for the period, I go, hmm, all right. They're trying That's something. The They're trying but you something. buy the romance in Tomorrow Never Dies? You don't even know what the romance is in Tomorrow Never Dies. No, I'm not really paying too much attention to the romance in Tomorrow Never Dies. Mm. Figures. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Darby, you rated this lower than me. You, you were higher than Jake. You went from 18... To twelve, you placed on a Majesty Secret Service at twelve. Explain yourself. I had a difficult time putting this one on my chart. Sure. I I think this was the most complicated um, reflection. Yeah. I had. I settled at number twelve. Why? <sighs> I think Aussie Bond yeah. is excellent. I actually do believe George, George Lazenby... George Lazenby. George Lazenby <laughs> did a pretty unique version of the character. I think he has a larrikinism, uh, which is very Australian, which I adore, that I think would have blossomed into something very unique. I think there's a bit of a what-if around George for me. Yep. Diana Riggs' character is wonderfully complex mm-hmm. for 1969. I think there's some pretty excellent cinematography and some exemplary editing techniques in this film. Yeah, well, yeah. I think there's some moments of really impressive action. Yeah. Um, such er- as? Early in the series, such as real moments. Some of the way they, the way they shot some of the skiing stuff, the masters. Absolutely. Sliding along the uh, shuffling board with a machine gun. 
Yes. You know, there's, oh. there's some really iconic work in this film that I think sings when yeah. it is working. And it's why it ended up so high on my list. I think it's really got some magic to it that's a little bit lost mm. to time. Yeah. And I think it actually opposite to you, I think it requires a little bit more rewatching. I want to see it again. Grandma Savalas? Don't call him that. He's in my pros list. Oh. I think he's diabolical. Hang, 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 hang. <laughs> this is a major revelation for the podcast. Here it comes. He's in your pros list. He's in my pros list. I think Continue. without <laughs> I think without Grandma Savalas. To tell it Savalas. <laughs> you've got a lesser film. I think the reason he is Grandma Savalas is his technique is poor. I don't like that he's brainwashing his women. I don't like that he escapes via bobsleigh. I do I do like his presence I do like his power and I like the way he relates to James Bond to Lazenby's Bond I think he is a good Blofeld yeah I really like Sir Hilary Bray oh yeah yeah I think Sir Hilary Bray is really cool I think seeing even when Lazenby plays when Lazenby Hil- plays Hilary Sir Bray? Hil- not solely when Lazenby plays him no, I think him, it's excellent it's character, yeah. yeah I think it's excellent I think he's a great little character a great example of Bond under, undercover Bond doing the funny thing you know to do what needs to be done yeah. I think it's cool I think it's it becomes a mainstay for the franchise yeah um, I really like the romantic patience in this film I think that it builds its self well and respects Tracy's character and respects James in relation to Tracy's character. She's not there to serve him. She exists as her own thing. Yeah. You know? Um I've got a few pros for this and I like the emotional finale. I think I don't like the Grandma Savalis is in the car. Um but I like the way the film ends. I think it's and it just wants it leaves me yearning for more Lazenby. I don't like my cons are few, which is why this is number twelve. Mm. Um, I don't like the silly brainwashing aspect. Okay, it doesn't work. Yeah, I don't like the swinging sixties hangovers. Mm. I think there's a few of these in mm-hmm. this film. I can't name them specifically. The design of the of the girls in the uh, the, yeah. the clinic are very product of its 60s. time. And the other two things I've got is that lingering what if regarding Mr. Lazenby, which I've already addressed, mm-hmm. and the bobsleigh escape, which is dumb. But apart <laughs> from that, this is this is I think it's it's top tier Bond. My top tier Bond list extends to number twelve. Half of the films, in my opinion. Mm. A top tier bond. Fair enough. Mm. Look, I put this at number eight. I think George Lazenby. I think there's been a great reevaluation of this film, uh, where it went from being one of the bottom tier bonds to being one of the top tier bonds. I think in the process of that, there's been a slight overcorrection, where some people have kind of uh, maybe fluffed this film to be. A bit, you know, better than it is. Mm. It's a fucking good version of the Fleming novel. Mm. I would say that this and Casino Royale are the closest that the Bond novels have gotten to the Fleming material. Maybe from Russia with Love, but that's still only scratching at what Casino and Honor Majesties did. I think Lazenby did a really fantastic job. I think one of the great tragedies of the series, second to Dalton not doing a third film, was Lazenby not doing a second. Just even just a second. Because I would mm. sacrifice diamonds 
for a second Lazenby film. Would I sacrifice any more films for Lazenby? No. But I'd probably sacrifice Diamonds for a second Lazenby because I'd love to see that evolution. Mm. I'd love to see Lazenby's Diamonds Are Forever. I'd love to see his revenge film, his license to kill, his Quantum of Solace. Mm. That would have been fantastic. I think Honor Majesties is speaking to the narrative that the original five Connery films are are building towards. Yes, there's continuity issues around Bond, uh, Blofeld with Yolt and Honor Majesties. There's so much in Honor Majesties that I love. I feel like it's a really spectacularly crafted film. I think all of the actors are fantastic in it. Savalas is, I know we've joked about it in the in the podcast, but Savalas is when I read the novels, Savalas is the only actor that comes through as to what Fleming was writing, a a brute with an intellect. Mm. There's something about him that really cuts through. I think Lazenby does fantastically. I think Diana Rigg performs admirably. I'm with you a little bit, Jake, in that I don't completely buy the romance. But, but it's I think it is 1969, mm. and there's a part of me that's going, I'm comparing every romance to Vesper and Bond. Mm. And, you know, that, that, that is kind of colours a little bit of my expectation. Mm. Honor Majesties has some fantastic editing, some fantastic cinematography. I mean, it's, it's Christopher Nolan's favourite Bond film as well. And for good reason, I think. It's sumptuous. Mm. Ooh. But it's not, it's, not, it's not the best. But Honor Majesties, I'll, I'll carry the flag for that film. But I'll also defend it from the people who over-emphasize its say, It's not that good. Yeah, it's mm. not perfect. It's not perfect. The brainwashing stuff is silly. <laughs> all right? We can all admit that. Yeah, We're yeah, all yeah, yeah. amongst friends here. It's silly. Come on. <laughs> you know it is. <laughs> We've admitted that. <laughs> All right, we can be friends. <laughs> it's a good film. It is. <laughs> well, we move on to our number seven, Ooh. gentlemen. There's a couple of films here who are begging. To be talked about. To be talked about. Number seven, Mr. Jake oh. Spear. All right, we're really in the we're trenches in now. We're in it. Here's where the battle begins between the three of us. I tell you what, yes. I am adoring the fact that we are not completely on the we're same page. We're not completely page. aligned, but we're all ready to agree with each other. Yeah, it seems. At points. At points. At points. <laughs> I'll kill you. <laughs> we'll agree with this. All right. My number seven, Spectre. Oh, we're talking about it. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're talking about another one. Oh, all right. Here they come, thick and fast. Let's thick go. Thick and fast. My number seven. Light it up, Darby. The Spy Who Loved Me. Oh, to oh. swallow. All right. Mm. All right. Are we talking about that? My goodness, we are. Well, I wonder if we're talking about my number seven. No, we're not. Lay it on us, Mr. McClellan. My number seven is Thunderball. Oh, how dare you. It ranks highly. We talk about Spectre first because Jake named it first. Mm. Darby, you and I ranked that at number 15. So I'm going to cede the the, the ground. I'm going to see ground. 
to you. Oh, look, it's hard. I mean, I've got a pros and cons list here. Yep. It's Spe- our most recent Spectre film. Spectre is a film I could talk about for days. Mm-hmm. All right. But I'm going to respect the dot points. Pros. It has a pretty effective and playful tone. It's a decent graduation from Skyfall in that the creative team graduates and gets to explore the character more. Yeah. It has some pretty patient and explorative moments, uh, such as this, the scene with Madeline in the hotel room. and Well, American, yeah. And even, the, as we were talking about earlier, the scene at her health clinic where they first meet. It takes its time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like it. I love Hinks. I love Hinks and I love the train fight. And I think overall, despite its flaws, Spectre is a really entertaining romp. Yeah. Um, the cons. Yes. Keep them short. I hate the team-up aspect. Scooby gang. I hate the silly plotting mm-hmm. and shoehorning. I hate the desire for style over substance. I don't like Mr. Craig. He seems a little tired. Oh, okay. I think the final act is weak. I think the opening is problematic. I think there's a lack of thematic focus. I think there's a muddying of the waters in the Craig era. And I think it's my number 15. Mm-hmm. I think there are 14 films much better than it. Yep. I agree, I agree with you. There are 14 films much better with, than it. With it. With it. Now, <laughs> <laughs> look. <laughs> um, but there's also nine or ten films worse than it. Mm. Spectre is a fantastic Bond film until that torture scene. I said it last week. I won't go on and on about it, but maybe I will. Um <laughs> I think Christoph Waltz is a fantastic Blofeld until he's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Daniel Craig is fantastic as Bond until the script kind of forgets about who Bond is. Yes. And it all comes down to the torch scene and the escape thereafter. It's mm. the final third of that film. If the final third of that film was tighter, if the final third of that film delivered on the promise and the premise of the first two acts, then we wouldn't be talking about this film right now. We'd be talking about it in the top three. Yes. But we're not. No, we're talking we about it here. Number 15. And I think Joint we're, number 15. we're talking about it at seven at its highest for Mr. Jake Spear. And I'll let him a combined take the floor score of 37. Look, is it. The worst of the Craigs? Yes. That was a question that was posed to me last week and I couldn't answer it straight, but it is. It is the worst of the Craigs. But I don't think Craig's done a genuinely bad film. Yeah. But I think some of the other Bonds have done way better Bond films. Mm. And so I put Spectre at 15, which is kind of a testament to the franchise. But I cede the floor to Mr. Jake Spear. The Defender. Defender. <laughs> Top <of> the... 7. <laughs> 007. That's right. Defender of the realm. Yes. Mm. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here today to talk to you all about Spectre. Um, I said it last week. I'll say it again. It's an absolute banger. Oh, I will man. defend this film to the day I die. <laughs> You just want something to defend. You're picking anything to defend. No, I had such a good time with this film. Granted, it it gets a little wobbly towards the end. 
You know, I, I understand. And come on, the effects could have been better, but why'd you have to go and blow up the old MI6 building? Um, that, yes. No, it was already blown up. No, no, no they was, just demolish it. They, they absolutely it. raise and, it to and, the ground. And it, it feels like it feels like a statement. Yeah. 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 It's it's not a good one yeah. either. Look, re I don't like that. When I was listening to the Spectre episode, doing the fact check, Brandon on multiple occasions went off rambling as he does. Yeah. Oh, excuse and, me. And paint and painted us a very vivid picture of his fantasy version of Spectre. Oh, it's a great film. And it's a great It's a film. great film. I was listening to that too, going, Oh, Mr. McClellan, he's on to something. I really Thank love you very the- much. Thank you very much. <laughs> I really love the So idea. your number one Bond film is, is, is my version of Spectre. Spectre. <laughs> Alright, that's our official ranking. Thanks, folks. See you next week. I love the idea of them staying at that crater lair and and Madeline getting tied up and you know mm. that being the labyrinth and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but alas and alack, that's not the film we got. Yeah. That being said, the film that we got, I really enjoy. I agree with you, Brandon. I think it's the worst of the Craigs, but I also agree with you, Brandon. Craig doesn't really do a bad film. You did put Quantum of Solace lower, much lower than this, much though, lower. Didn't you? Didn't nope. You? No, you, you haven't, haven't put Quantum of Solace lower? Nope. Oh, I put oh, Quantum of Solace oh, very low. Jake. I'll raise my martini to that. Buckle up, boys. All right. There's so much to love about Spectre. I don't know. I feel a bit kind of gratuitous talking at length about it because we spoke no, about it last no, week. No, no, no. Some people, uh, they haven't heard that episode. They haven't. Yeah. Go back and listen Some to it. Some people love are it. listening to us right now being like, give me the cliff notes. <laughs> <laughs> Can you guys just sum this up? Just wrap it up. Yeah. I haven't got seven days. We're approaching our longest episode. Yeah, yeah. we're getting there. And Fuck deservedly it. so. <laughs> We're talking about 24 films. Uh, look, I thought Craig was amazing. Dare I say that this is Craig's version and the modern era's version of a Roger Moore. Okay. Yep. Um, and I mean that. And I mean that in the best possible way. Yeah, I'll give you that. Until the third act, I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Shut up, darling. I'll give you that, but I think it's a bad... Route for them to go down. Ah, oh, see, think. I think. I think. And I said this last week. I think they're nailing it mm. until that fucking but dodgy. Why are they doing it? Dodgy why are they torture. doing it? Why not? No, look but it forward? works. Look forward, though. No, look but forward. but it's it's honouring the Bond tradition, but modernising. It's it's slowly yeah. bringing. It's it's kind of stretching dough. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's I know needing mean. the. I dough. think that's what I felt in the cinema. That it felt. Like it was speaking to its it own in the history. Cinema, I did, didn't you? It was speaking to its own history, and it felt very much like a James Bond film. But after deep analysis, I feel it's a weak film. Yeah, but I think that's mm. the third act. I yeah. think if they'd landed properly, but even the decision to go there, good. I don't know. I yeah, don't know. it's One a controversial film. It's it a is a controversial film. Is. And at the end of the day, for me, I don't want to think too much about it. I want to have a good bloody time. You bloody populist. And this is Go a eat good your popcorn. bloody time. Uh, Craig right. was funny. It was it was action packed. Oh, they I just have to it. make you laugh, don't they, mate? <laughs> yeah, give you a bit of a tickle. Well, that's all and, I need. I don't ask got, for yeah, much. Slip him a fifty, and he's there. <laughs> <laughs> well, gentlemen. Yes. After that, yep. we now have to talk about 1977's The Spy Who Loved Me. And the yes. person who ranked The Spy Who Loved Me lowest mm-hmm. is 
<gasps> Jake Spear at 15. Spear. I thought so. And you gave this a 10 I when did. we watched this. I what did. happened? I This was time, the one... Time, 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 <laughs> Too much time. Time creates wounds, apparently. It does, it does. This one I struggled with the most. I think you regret this one. To, I'm, I'm on the fence about where I put this. Mm. Because... You'd fucking better be. You've put it at 15. Defend yourself. Mm. Well, it, well, we've done the reverse. Jake's put this one at 15 and Spectre at 7. I've put Spectre at 15 and this one at 7. Oh, wow. Yeah, you boys sir. We've got to tough it out here. Yeah. There's an answer. Well, Jake, make your case first and then we'll let Darby make his. No, you could have gone next. This is an iconic film, but when I was making this list, all I could really remember from this film is that cliff jump. The and, cliff jump. And the yeah, the Union With the parachute. The, the, the Union parachute. Jack. So yeah. you haven't remembered it, is what Stromberg, you. you were the strongest defender of I know, Stromberg. I know. And when I was thinking Jake, about the... Stromberg... You've disappointed so many... I think no. Bruce Edgar's going, <laughs> Jake, you bastard. <laughs> he believed in you. I he defended your... In you. I defended your shoddy writing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Don't lose faith. Don't lose faith. Lose faith. I, Do it come to the dark side. <laughs> Look, I know I was a fierce defender of Strongberg, and I mean Strongberg. I, yeah, Strong. that's what he Strong. said. No, Strongberg. Oh, no, I said Strongberg. This is the problem. I don't think you did. He is a menacing villain, but and the the giant ship fight at the end on the Loparis on the Loparis is a great battle, but. It's Yolt. It, 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 it is Yolt. Yes. You know? And but do you think Yolt is higher than this? No, he doesn't. Th- yes, you do. Oh, he put, does. I put Yolt higher than this. Only this is, one This higher. is Louis Only as just. well. This is Louis, Louis Gilbert. Gilbert. Yeah. Louis Gilbert. Louis Gilbert makes the same film over and over, but he does it so well each time. Yeah. He improves and then he doesn't. It's just... (laughs) There wasn't... I don't know. Because I know at the time... I know. I gave it a 10. No, no. no, Okay. It's an old time. Look, I'm going to say this now, Jake. Forget about it. Don't... Don't play safe. Forget about it. Go hard. You gave this the lowest of us? Yes. Fucking back yourself. Don't tell me what to do. (laughs) No, I want to... I want to hear you. I want to hear... 15. I want to hear your honest thing. Yes. Fifteen. Why? I, I don't know hear that honest thing. <laughs> and I'm, I think the listeners want. Is to it boring for you? I just can't remember that much about it. And fair, for me, fair, fair. if I if I'm I'm looking for films that are burnt in my brain. <laughs> You're shaking your heads. <laughs> Shut up. But it's fair. But no. Oh, well. <laughs> but I may come to regret it. And will I rewatch it? Will yes. you come to regret it? Yes. No. Will you rewatch it? Probably not. Probably. I will rewatch it eventually. <laughs> yes, you will. A hundred times, yes. But it's it's halfway down the list for me. There are what, so what many are other films that I want to rewatch. What are the parts of it that are shit? I can't really remember them. Oh, it's this like is this a, is this is an honest. So this is this is one of the Bond films where you're like, yeah, it's good. It's fine, my and it hasn't is, stayed with my me. My problem is Jake's memory is derailing our overall score. For what is undeniably agreed as one of the Finder Bond. Events. It is one of the fi- Sure. It was a 10 and a 10 and a 9. It and was. And now he's making it. I feel like that's one of the only rankings I remember outside of the solid 10s. Yeah. This one, for me, has has lost its mojo, has lost its touch yeah. over time. Fair enough. For me, will I put it on again? Maybe. But it's not 
as present for me. Now, second on this was... Oh, me! Ah, oh, defend yourself! Well, I put it at ten, so it's in the top ten. It's a top tier bond. Look, is this film... Is it a good film? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a because, damn Bond film. Because it's a damn fine Bond film. And I'll go into why I think that is. I think Jaws is a fantastic villain. Mm-hmm. I think Roger's in top form. I think Roger is finding his groove. I think Roger is finding this element where it's like dark, playful Bond. He's got this kind of foot in both camps Bond. Unfortunately, the bond of this film leads to the bond of Moonraker and Octopussy. Mm. But that's not this film's no, fault, it's not. baby. It's not. <laughs> this film's got Stromberg. Check. This film's got Jaws. Check. This film's got Roger Moore in top form. Check. <laughs> does this film also have Barbara Bach? Yes. Yeah, it does. But she's all right. She's fine. She's wooden. Is she the best? Nah. <laughs> he threw martinis in Are some of the other players in this film very good? No <laughs> But We got a bit of Cold War Detente stuff You know East meets West Working together Trying to take on the bad guys We've got a backgammon No That's no. Uh, Octopussy That's Octopussy <laughs> Uh, no, uh, one of the positives. And he's positives. worried about my memory, right? <laughs> um, Liparis, fantastic set. Or Liparis. Fantastic. Or Liparis, however you pronounce mm. it. Mm. Uh, but that's Stanley Kubrick, though. Fantastic it's... battle. I don't care who did it. Who did the lighting? I love care it. Care that it was done. Yeah. Uh, I think. So much about this is wonderful. Is it one of the best Bond films ever made? No. But it's, it's, it's really knocking on the door. It's kind of... It's laying new ground for future perfection. Mm. And that's why... It's a shake and whatever from me. <laughs> <laughs> Look, further to that... What what ranking this film taught me about yes. my taste now, in Bond? Now, you've placed this at 7. The 007. Very high. Yeah. Oh, what this film generous. taught me about what I look for in a Bond film. Mm-hmm. What I love about this film. Although Barbara Bach lives up to her name of being a little bit wooden. Yeah, easy. This is a thrilling and complex romance. First and foremost. It is the spy who loved me. Mm. Oh, yeah. It is about... Romance. It is about two people coming together and learning from each other, and mm-hmm. I think that is amazing. In two, a people James Bond film. two people who are polar opposites. Two people who are polar opposites, and they come together and they learn from each other and they redefine who they and are. And there's an element of the forgiveness as well. Yes, that he's responsible for her lover's death. Exactly. Yeah. Isn't it wonderful? Yep, I, I think love the dramatic that states are so tense. It is. It is the foreshadow to. The Living Daylights, the yep. romance we've seen yep. that, and The World Is Not Enough, and, and Casino, Casino Royale. Royale. Yes, 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 yes. I think this is undeniably a top ten, top tier Bond film. Yep, the Egyptian, with, yep. the Egyptian scenes and the other locales in this film are all time greats. Mm-hmm. The way we traverse the world in this film mm. is stunning. Mm. And if Jaws had only appeared in this, yes. he's fucking 
top tier iconic. I would own the merchandise. I think Jaws is one of the, one element of Jaws is one of my cons. Yep, his fair. slow moving Nosferatu nature. <laughs> I don't like. Yep, but that's I fair. think his scene with the panel van where he tears it apart as yep. they're trying to drive away. It solidifies him as a classic. Yeah. Also, that scene where they're stalking him through the through bloody the colours, pillars. The pillars. Unbelievable. Oh, my this God. This film is ticking all my boxes, yes. God damn it! When he kills that guy and the fucking light show at the Sphinx. Yes, oh, absolutely. Oh, the car chases in this are amazing. Yeah. The submarine car. Wet my Nelly. God. Yes. We get Wet Nelly. It's the Lotus Esprit. Ladies and gentlemen, case closed. I'll see you in court. No, wait a minute. The case has been closed. That's right. <laughs> my only other con is Roger's snowsuit. You know? Oh, yeah. But it's Big a necessary evil. But I love it. Me- That's right. <laughs> and then we've got Stromberg and his lair. Yeah. What mm. a lair. The fucking sharks. The shotgun under the table. Everything in this film is singing. Awesome. And then finally, we've got the bonkers Lipperous finale, which is unbelievable. It takes that idea of a bonkers Bond finale that doesn't want to end, and it runs with it. It goes and goes and goes, and it never runs out of steam. And then finally, we have, for my money, the best Roger Moore performance. I think this film, as you're right, he straddles both camps. He's a little bit dark. He's a little bit romantic. He's all Roger Moore. This is the perfect, second most perfect James Bond adventure for Roger Moore. It's the second most perfect for me as well. Mm. I know what you mean. We move on to number six. Gosh. Ladies and gentlemen, Jake Spear, what do you put at number six? Stepping up to the plate, number six is Quantum of Solace. Quantum. We're talking about it. Of Solace. So Quantum of Solace gets a discussion. I think I'm going to surprise you boys here. Number six. Number six for me. It's one we're going to talk about. Yep, just out of the top five. It's The Living Daylights. (gasps) Oh. I'm shocked by that. Wow. Okay, The Living Daylights. I've put it down. It's noted. Number six for me, gentlemen, is... Live and let die. We're talking about three. Wow. Well, at sixth place, uh, well, technically, no, it's not Not yet. We don't know anything yet. So, Quantum of Solace. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who rated that lowest of us? We've got Jake at six. I've got it at 12. And Darby, you have it at 18. What? That's bad territory, oh, Darby. It is. It is. Well, it's low territory. No, it is bottom tier bond for me. Oh. I'm sorry, fellas. You found yourself. Quantum of Solace. You is... put Spectre above this? I did. You stand by it? I do. All right. Yeah. Good. As long as we're on that page, we're good. Look, pros. Mr. Daniel Craig, he increases the complexity. I didn't think it was possible after the, the layered performance he gave us in Casino Royale. Yeah. He takes it further. And I believe where he's going with the character. I think I it's by that. I think it's wonderful. I think it's really good. I think there's an excellent plot and an excellent villain. I think the story is phenomenal. This is top tier Bond story. Olga Korolenko is great. Mm-hmm. The opera scene and the meeting of Quantum. What a template. What a way to move forward with that idea. The opening chase scene. David Arnold's score. There is a lot I love about this film, but there's one thing you touched on the preconceived notions, Brandon. A well-made film is my most important ingredient. Oh, I nailed you. 
This film is very poorly put together. Yep. It is very poorly edited. It kills me. It kills me to watch this film. It derails my enjoyment. It's lucky it's not lower than this. I've got to say, the story and Daniel Craig and the intricacies and modernization of James Bond saves this from being lower than Die Another Day. Right. Because the editing in Die Another Day is objectively better than the editing in this film. Sit down, Charlie. Well, hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on, hang on, hang on. We're talking about slow motion on the ice, sped up, forward, backward You can't motion. defend this. You can't Die defend this. Die Another Day, though. Remember... Just remember the slow motion forward, backwards. Think matrix. about it. Actually, remember the, the zoom on the ice that was like. Going on. At least I can see yeah, what's going on. Yeah, but they did this. They went. I don't care. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. Oh. The over editing, the title song screech, Mark Forster's stupid artistic choices, no Daniel Kleinerman. You dropped the ball for this James Bond fan. I wanted to love you. I wanted to go you go see you at age 17 and love you more than I loved Quantum of Solace. You let me down in 2008. You are letting me down in 2020. Mark Forster, I will never forgive you. Brandon is dead. You have killed Brandon McClellan. <laughs> oh my God. Continue without me. <laughs> Well, them's big words look, from a big man. Look, I'm only lo- slight. <laughs> I have to follow you. I have to follow you, you because you, you don't I, have to. I ranked it at 12. 12. Oh. I do have Approaching to. You know top... what we're doing here, Jake. Approaching well, go top after territory. him. Don't follow him in his beliefs. He's abhorrent. Look, 12 places Quantum of Solace at... All right, look. This is halfway. Is it a perfect Bond film? No. Is it a good film? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> but but really, it's fine. Editing-wise, yeah, take a Xanax. <laughs> but story-wise, it's I, great. I love where they're going. I think mm. uh, Kurilenko's fantastic. I think Almarek is fantastic. I think Jeffrey Wright's fantastic. I think that Jesper Christensen's fantastic. Do I think that the guy that plays Mathis is fantastic? (laughs) Yes, I I do. Giancarlo Giannini. Giancarlo Giannini. Thank you very much. He's fantastic. Do I think that Mr. Jibbon, James Bond, Mr. Daniel Craig's fantastic? (laughs) Do I think that Dame Judi Dench is fantastic? Yes, I do. Do I think that Gemma Arterton is fantastic? Not really. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) She's fine. She's good. Look, I think the performances are fantastic. I think this film is a victim of the writer's strike. Mm. And Mark Forster. The strike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think that this film is edited uh, beyond an inch of its life. I think the editing actually kills it. But the stuff that I enjoy with Conor Solace puts it above a lot of other Bond films. So, there... <laughs> Jake. Jake. <laughs> no, right. Jake, you've put it at number right. six. I put six. it at six. What the fuck? This is six. Now, listen to me. Six. I'm fascinated listen by to this. Me now. I'm not. It's going to be drivel. No, no, because I'm a Daniel Craig boy. Yes. And you've put this higher than two, two Brosnans. Yes. 
The reason I'm putting the Craigs where they are is because I cannot deny the that they are far superior films mm-hmm. than most of the films that came before them. And although I may be more likely to put on The World Is Not Enough or Licence to Kill or even Diamonds before I'm in the mood for a Craig, more often than not, I find them far more aesthetically palatable and accessible films than the earlier ones. Although they may not be entirely the thrilling playful, you know, joy ride that I want. They are all incredible films and deserve to be amongst the top because I do love each and every one of them. That being said, I have put Quantum where it is because it's a film that's just burnt in my brain. When I think of Daniel Craig and I think of those films, I think of the char- uh, the, the car chase at the opening of this film. I think of the opera. I think of the desert, the flaming lair. I think of the casino. I think of Olga. Like, these are all... Casino. Casino. You might be thinking of another one there. I am. I (laughs) apologise. All the Daniel Craig films are the same. (laughs) That's my point. No, keep going, though. It was great. You're on a good run. You're on a good run. (laughs) These... They're all just burning my brain. As the same film. As the same film. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> We're no. back here. We're back here. <laughs> but Casino, Quantum, I mean. Yeah, I mean Skyfall, I mean, what's the difference? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Look, I think I'm getting more bang for my buck um, in this film. You're not spending I... a dime. No, I'm spending time. Yes, you are. Time. You buy your movie ticket. Yeah. No, not when we come see it here. I'm getting I more... buy the bloody Blu-ray. <laughs> I get more bang You're for my buck. You're getting more bang for my buck. Out of this film than I do Spectre. And I want to go back to this film because it's a good time bond. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. And I'll I think you're being too harsh on the editing. No, I'm not. 18? Almost below Die Another Day? You're insane. All right, well... We move on. We move on to a Rogi here. And we move on to Live and Let Die. Yes. Now, the person to vote Live and Let Die, the lowest, is... Oh, we were tied. Oh, it was a tie. Mm. It's not a very low score. For nine, it's not a low scorer, but nine, Jake and Darby, who wants to go first? You just spoke. Yeah. All right, Darby, go on then. Well... <laughs> Pleasure to be here. I think it's a great intro for Mr. Charismatic friend of the podcast, Roger Moore. Friend of the podcast, Roger Moore. Moore. What I love about this film and what I think about this film when I think about it yep. is its unique setting. I think it's a wonderful setting. What I think about is its original and really exquisitely executed pre title sequence. It's beautiful, beautiful title sequence and title track. Mm-hmm. The expertly controlled action. In this yeah. film, John. Nope. 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 Lewis. Nope. Nope. Guy. Guy Hamilton. <laughs> at his best. Kananga. Top tier. Yes. Top tier. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Solitaire. Solitaire. Yep. Absolutely. Top tier. Yes. The voodoo influence. Beautiful. Mm. Belongs yep. in a Bond film. Mm. Wonderful. Whisper. Oh. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The friggin' extended. Tee. The extended. Yeah. Silent, unaccompanied by music, boat chase. Mm. The grounded sense of humour that is within most of the film. Mm -hmm. What a movie! What a bloody movie! What I don't like about it, J.W. Pepper. Here he is. (laughs) Hate J.W. Pepper. I hate the silly and the ill-fitting Barrett Samity. 
I don't think he works within the film, and I think he derails some of the logic. Mm. And last, but certainly not least, I do not like... I think it's in a different film, actually. Oh. No, 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 no hang on. The Slide Whistle. That's Man with a Golden Gun. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What does this film do? No, I don't think this does. This doesn't do one of those. I don't think so. Forget that, then. Scratch that. No, you're thinking of a different film, Darby. No. All the Rodgies, they run in together. (laughs) 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 All right. Fair. I think it's a brilliant movie. I would... Watch this again in a heartbeat. I think the friggin' the stuff in New Orleans with the the funeral, you know, there's so much about this film that I love. I, love I think it. it's beautiful. Yeah. The double decker bloody car chase, you I know. Love it. There's so much. Yep. The poppy fields. Yeah. All of it. All of it. Yep. Bond putting on the 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 voodoo cape, you know, oh, sitting man. in the chair. Yes. Yeah. It's it's elegant. It's a I great love film. Us. Yeah. Yes. It's Roger. The, the New best. York rubble. Well, yeah. Jake. Yes. You've placed it also. Yes. At number nine. Oh yes. yeah, you go first. So you, you get to talk about this. It's 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 tough because I remember this being. Uh, this is another one of my number tens. The first Roger that I saw. It was yeah. And it really blew me away. It took me by surprise. It completely shattered my preconceived notions about. Um, you know, old man clowny Bond. It was everything that I want, which is the reason why it's in my top ten. But unfortunately, only just. Mm. Um, I agree with you. I think we're getting one of the best villains. I think we're getting one of the best Bond girls. I think we get some of the best henchmen. Um, we get some incredible locations. For memory, we get one of our better Felixes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah who Felix. returns in, in License, License to, to Kill. Kill. That's mm. right. Yeah, good. He's not so good in that one. Oh, he's all right. He's yeah. all right. He's all right. He's all right. For me, for my yeah, money. He loses a leg. He's my second favourite Felix. Yeah. yeah. Do you know your first favourite? No. No. Jeffrey Wright. Come Come on. And the boat chase really just blew me away. But yes, we do get J.W. Pepper, unfortunately. I don't really know what's holding this back. For me, it's like, maybe it's age. I don't know. I want to go Overall back and watch tone, it. Overall silliness, maybe. May- maybe. Maybe. Or maybe the eight above it are just fucking Excellent. phenomenal. This is the thing. We're, we're just at that we're point the where it's like, it's yeah. so tough. And we're, I, we're in pressure zone here. Yeah. And I must yeah. say that... The, the, the top 10 really is... A, and that number may actually extend a bit further down, but especially that top 10, they're really fighting it out. Oh, yeah. Yep. You know, it's 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 a bee's dick of a difference. Excuse me. It's, it's a, it's a hair's you. breadth of a there distance. There we go. That's more palatable. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so they're all fighting it out. And look, I, I, I may say this again, but these are constantly in flux. Yeah. And you ask me tomorrow, or you ask me in five years' time, and this list will be different. But right now, this is where it's sitting for me. And I bloody love this film. It's going to be a part of my fun day Sunday. Okay. The big old bumper day that just seems to be getting longer and longer. Yeah. Well, look, it's my turn to talk about this now. Number six. I rated this at number six. Number six. six. That's wow. very high And I'll tell you why. Why? I don't think Roger's been better than he is in this film. He's... He... Physically, just in terms of an age standpoint, look at him. 
the guy would steal your girlfriend. <laughs> he'd steal your fiance. He'd steal your wife. Yeah. Um, I think he's fantastic, fantastically judged in this film. Uh, devilishly handsome. He's got a danger about him. He's got a darkness about him. He's got an efficiency about him. He's got probably one of my favourite outfits. One that is so iconic that Spectre referenced it in the posters but never delivered on it in the film. The turtleneck. The goddamn black turtleneck. With yeah. a brown leather. Good brown Oof, leather holster. Tan, yeah. tan leather. Mm. Ah. <laughs> Chef's, Chef's kiss. kiss. Chef's kiss. <laughs> Roger has never looked better. One of the best outfits Bond has ever been in is in this film, New York. Long coat. When he arrives in that long mm-hmm. coat, I have that exact same tie. He looks <laughs> the business. Business. There it is. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. He loves it. It's his number six. Solitaire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is she the most beautiful Bond woman Probably. that we've ever had in the franchise? <laughs> yes. <laughs> is there a goddamn question about that? <laughs> I rest my case. Kananga. Fantastic villain, top tier, one of the top five. His coterie of Close henchmen up. is extraordinary. Look, his death is a little bit tackily handled, sure, but that's budget constraints. The plot of the film, I think, is vintage, classic, essential Bond. Mm. That's the kind of stuff that Bond should be investigating. This film, I don't know. I don't know what's keeping it out of the top five. I think oh, it's mate, just it's number six. I think it's just that the five above it very do the same things, but even better. You mm. love Live and Let Die. I love Live this and Let Die. This is one of my preconceived notions. I don't think that was a top tenner for you, was it? What's that? I going into all of this? Going into beginning? all of this? I said there was three or four oh. that were in your top ten that you weren't necessarily have expected to be. Um, is this one of them? Would you have put this there? I think I would have, actually, okay. going through it. When we first watched it, when we watched it in the in the run-through, hmm. I, I actually think I handicapped it a little bit in my rating of mm. it. I wanted to give it a much higher rating than I did. Mm. Um, and, and it's held up way more than everything else. Sure. Wow. wow. Yep, I love wow. it. Wow. Well, gentlemen, we move on to number five. Oh, boy. So, number five, Mr. Jake Spear. Number five, for me, is Casino Royale. Oh, it's low. <laughs> well, Jake, I'm going to see you that one and say my number five, Goldeneye. Ooh, you bastard. <laughs> well, Jake... I hate everything that you stand for. (laughs) Because I'm going to say that my number five is The Living Daylight. And we talk about it. So, Jake, you get to go first. You put it at number 12. Yes. The Living Daylight. Yes. Uh, This is a beautiful film, let me just say. It is stunning. Well, because you put it at number 12. I put it at number 12. This is one of the ones I'm talking about that's battling for the the top 10. Dalton is fantastic, and I think it's one of the most beautiful relationships I think we see between Bond and a Bond girl, for me, for my money. But I ask you, who is the villain in this film? Koskov. Koskov and Whitaker. Whitaker. Well, they're fighting it out, and I don't really know. You don't think there's a clear number one? They're working together. They're all fighting it out. 
Just who's the villain? Koskov. Koskov or Whitaker. <laughs> well, that's not clear to me. All right. In time gone by. All right. Well, oh. you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> It's a great film. It's good. But yeah. I think there's ones that are better for my money. All right. It's a classy film, but it's not as any more of a joy ride. Well, we move on from that to the person who gave it the second highest rating, and I'm surprised by this. My tooth to Derby Deck. Oh, I've got to come clean. Dalton's with... fangirl. I've got to come clean with you boys. Oh. I've put Dalton higher than you have. I thought this would be vying for my top spot mm-hmm. and there was some niggling little thing that told me I was wrong mm-hmm. and uh, last night I actually sat down and I watched this again <gasps> did you really I did with my girl with my fiance Bella yeah and I said Bella you got to help me because I think this is my favorite James Bond film I'm doing wow. this rankings episode tomorrow and I need to know for sure because there's something about it that has bred an unsurety I think Timothy Dalton is my favourite man and actor to have ever played James Bond. Of I, all of them. Of all of them. I yeah. think I think he was so ahead of his time and so invested in in representing the internal life of the character and I give him so much kudos mm. for that. I think he paved the way for Daniel Craig to come in and do his wonderful work. Mm-hmm. It nails that sweeping romantic travelogue bond it really gets it right and I think I was so swept away by the magic of this film that I thought it was my favourite the technical excellence in this film you know the the work from John Glenn this is his best work the tone that he weaves throughout the perspective that he nails and the overall pace is really good it has the best car in the series for my money Dalton's little black, what's it called? Absolutely. The DB something or other? Volante. Yeah, the, the Volante Vantage, yeah. Koskov and Whitaker are a really good pair. I think Koskov is, he, he, he nails that blend of uh, entertaining comical kind of vice, but yeah. also quite a, quite a compelling villain with his own interests. Mm-hmm. Whitaker's good as well, if a little bit underused. Necros is a really imposing henchman. I think he's really quite good in the Red Grant style. Mm. The cargo plane scene at the end is terrific. Yeah. As oh, well as all the stuff in the Arabic, Arabic settings, yeah, I think. That's it's great to see Bond there. Where this film is, is number six for me, why there are five other films better than it, mm-hmm. is it does drop the ball. Um, whereas I believe my top five don't really drop the ball. Okay. I think it has a really weak opening. I think it has a really weak introduction to Timothy and unsure, non-confident introduction to Timothy Dalton's James Bond. Watching it again, I was like, this is bad. This is a bad opening sequence and I don't know who this man is. And then it takes a while to find its stride. The title sequence is crap and the song is crap. The first five minutes of the film, I'm left with a really bad taste in my mouth. And I was shocked by it, watching it again. And it took a little while for the film to curry favour and get back into my good books. That's why it's number six. Mm. It's probably for that reason alone. There's also a little bit of excess cheese, a little bit of 80s hangover in this Mm -hmm. that that kind of I can't quite place my finger on, but I think lets it down in in points. And also the the second climax, again, I'm not a fan of the secondary climax. In Whitaker's war room is shitty. The film should end in Arabia in the cargo plane. I think it does enough there. 
I would have loved to have seen Timothy Dalton do five more James Bond adventures. <laughs> um, I think he's incredible. Well, wow. it's funny you say that because I've rated this higher. I've rated this at number five. And I think the number one reason I've rated it at number five is that if I was to pick five films to save in a fire, this would be one of them. (laughs) I will disagree with you, Darby. Mm -hmm. I think the pre-title sequence is fantastic. Okay. I get such a kick out of it. I love seeing the other double O's. Dalton's first shot. Oh, when we turn on him and he he turns turns over the shoulder. shoulder. Chef's kiss. Fantastic. But I love seeing a training exercise with other double O's go wrong and watching 007 James Bond turn the odds into his favour. I love it. Even his moment, which is kind of awkward comparatively, where he pushes down through the sail and he goes, you know, I'll be there in an hour. Better make that too. Even though that's a little awkward and Dalton isn't the smoothest there, I still love it. That pre-title sequence is one of the, the top toppers for me actually mm, okay funnily enough i will agree with you i think the title song is one of the worst mm. uh the title sequence is crap but from there on in i'm in for a rollicking classic bond adventure it's beautiful and it feels like in the carnival bond in the carnival yes oh. yes there's so much about it for me i feel like dalton is delivering fleming bond perfection I think that Koskov's fantastic. I think that Whitaker, while he's underutilized, is still fantastically focused. The romance between Bond and Karamilovi is sensationally done. When he grabs her and says, Oh, you didn't think I'd miss this performance, did you? Mm. I'm just like, Oh my God. Take I, me away. I understand Bond <laughs> as the romantic. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I see him as as a lover yeah there was something about the living daylights when we watched it together Mm. that that bumped it because i think before we'd done this whole exercise of the podcast i would have put the living daylights down the rank yeah but watching it together with an audience and experiencing it in the context of the bond films the living daylights for me is top five bond Mm. stand by it Yep, I will. I will. Valid arguments. Mm. Well, gentlemen, we move on to number four. Oh, boy. Mr. Shakespeare. Yes. Number four is Skyfall. Oh! Skyfall. Mr. Darby Deck. I'll second that. Oh! With Skyfall. Skyfall. Well, that's interesting because I also put it number four. Let the sky fall. Isn't that interesting all three of us have put skyfall at number skyfall first things first the fact that skyfall is the film where where we lose m for me is huge Mm -hmm. and i care more about m than i do about vespa so my emotional strength why is that because i've spent more time with her is that more time with judy dench though because the m is different it is from from casino royale it's a different still, character. There's a little bit of the Pierce Brosnan. Hangover. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Yeah, it's hard Fair to enough. deny that. Yeah. Fair enough. And as and as beautiful as that relationship is, and as incredible as as Eva Green and um, Daniel Craig have have worked to craft a beautiful, complex uh, relationship, and it does affect me. The M death scene 
was the only time I cried in this entire experience of viewing all the Bond films. I truly believe that Skyfall will go down as one of the greatest Bond films ever made. It has... Really? Yep, truly. It has the look and feel that just seems to transcend time. For me, there's something about it. Whereas Casino, I find, has dated. As much as I love it, it has dated. And... I feel Skyfall for me is just timeless. It's it's not as lighthearted and, and fun as I like my Bond films to be, but I cannot deny that I am in the presence of greatness with this film. I think the entire team is firing on all cylinders. And I treasure the moments of that I've spent with that film. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. That's I'll fight you on that. <laughs> Fabulous. Darby, you go next. Look, I think this is... Uh, if, if Casino Royale gave us a glimpse at Prestige Bond, what mm-hmm. pros- Prestige Bond could be, this film for me is an arrival in that territory. Mm-hmm. It is saying, I am James Bond, I am a 50-year-old franchise, and I rock. And I think its celebratory undercurrent gets me so excited. I think it really is James Bond, this film, but it's also modern and it's also perfect. It's more excellence from Craig. Deeply laid performance in his third go, you know? Mm. To still be finding that depth, I think, is a strength, is a testament to him. Gorgeous cinematography for Roger Deakins. All time. Mm -hmm. All time stuff. It will go down as one of the best looking James Bond films ever made. Top tier villain. In Javier Bardem, so exciting. His opening scene where he wanders towards Bond, like this guy gets villainy. I love him. I sympathise with him. I think he's amazing. The satisfying attention to detail and character, it never loses sight of who it's about. It never loses sight of developing any of its characters. Even in the new M, it will still take the time to develop and establish Rafe Fiennes' M in the midst of everything that's going on. Mm. The balance and plate spinning in this film defies expectation. And it, it, it hides itself at how good it is coping, how well it is coping in balancing all these threads. I think it's an excellent feat in filmmaking. The title sequence in the song, the expert pace and the surprising narrative, it goes places you don't quite expect, down to the ending, our final act in Skyfall, James Bond's old residence. It surprises me. It surprised me at the time. It's a great introduction to our new Q. And it's a beautiful M handover. Not only does it send Judy Dench off, it welcomes a new one, passes the torch on, everyone's satisfied. I remember being in the cinema watching the final scene where Bond walks into Mallory's office and going, fucking yes, you know? I'm yep. sad that I've lost Judy Dench, but I'm also so I'm bloody to excited. Mm, you know, yep. it does so much. I think the only cons, you know... Harris, Naomi Harris's Money Penny in the Field doesn't quite work for me. Yeah. There's some questionable special effects. Kincaid's silly flashlight beam. You know, I'm pulling at <laughs> hairs yeah. when I try and find yeah. negatives for yeah. this film. And then just just a, just a touch too much nostalgia. Just a touch yeah. of looking over the shoulder. Apart from those few things, this is a damn fine film. I watched this again with you guys and oh, I wanted to watch it again. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's a yeah. cracker. It's mm. an absolute cracker. Look, we've all put it at number four. 
So it, it's hard for me to find an angle here that, that you boys haven't already touched on. I, I, I guess my, my reasoning for putting this at number four is that it, it is, it's damn near perfect. It's funny you put the Judy Dench M death above Vespa. Because for me, I find that the Judy Dench M death is dependent on having watched her from GoldenEye through to this point. So in terms of real-life chronology, mm. I, I understand that. I don't feel that the, from where that character is from Casino Royale to... Skyfall, Not quite that, as that death is as earned because mm. it is a different character. They've said as much, they've established as much. That said, her death is wonderful when she turns to him and looks up at him. And the last thing that she says is, I did get one thing right. That breaks me. I think Daniel Craig is fantastic in this. I think that Javier Bardem is, if not the best, tied the best villain in this franchise. I think Bernice Marlowe is fantastic. I think that the introduction of Q is superb. The introduction of the new M is superb. Moneypenny leaves me a little lacking, but everything about this film, when I watch this film, I go, and when I saw it originally in 2012, I go, this must be how people felt in 1964 when they saw Goldfinger. Mm. Yeah, well said. The only thing I will say about Skyfall, if you pull too many threads with the narrative, it'll fall apart. Mm. But you don't notice that when you're watching it. No, you it. don't. And for me, it's number four. Mm. It's a top-tier Bond film. I think if we got every Bond film coming out like that one, mm. God Damn it, there'd be no need for podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> well, we move on to our number threes, gentlemen. Top three. Okay, Mr. Jake Spear. Yes. You've been the most contentious, I feel, so far. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another one for you. Oh. Number three. A View to a Kill. I knew it would be. <laughs> Mr. Darby Deck. Number three. From Russia with Love. <gasps> oh. Oh my god! I'm stunned. What has happened? Because I have also put from Russia with love. Oh. <laughs> Jake put it pretty Jake, low, I think. You put it at number 16. What the so fuck? So you get Kid. to go first. What is wrong with you? I, Explain yourself, I young do. man. I do. I do. You put it below. Spy Who Loved Me, You Won't Live Twice, Tomorrow That's Never Dies. What people in the accounting world would call a discrepancy. <laughs> Well, let me let me uh, let me uh, defend this discrepancy. No, I don't think yeah, it's defensible. Yeah, I don't think it's defensible. I'm going to say that from the yeah, outset. We'll I I gave this ten. Uh, you did. I did. And what's wrong with you? I'm going to say it. I think this was the film where I was swayed by you two the most. Oh, why? I think this is still a great film. Well, you put it sixteen. Yeah, but it's not enjoyable enough for me. Come on, it's too slow. It's not thrilling enough. You know, for me, I don't have enough of the party. I don't have enough of the, the big villain and the big stunts and the, and the fun stuff. It's a great noir, sure. But that's not what I want. 
Really, oh, it's not really what, what I want in a Bond film. All right. All right. You know, I want to be thrilled. I want my stunts. I want my beautiful women. I want a lair. I want clever gadgets. I want stylish clothing and. You don't think we had scores. clever gadgets, beautiful women, sweeping scores? I think we've had stunts. better. I think we've had a lot better. In Tomorrow Never Dies, for we my had money, better. I would watch Tomorrow Never Dies before I watch. Put myself through All right. from Russia with Love. All right. You've said that publicly. I have said that publicly. <laughs> I want something that sweeps me away into the magical world. You want a of James fucking broom, do you, mate? And <laughs> and I think there are other films that sweep me away into the world of Bond more so for so, my taste. So what than from puts Russia. what puts from Russia at, at so low? Yeah, because it's quite low. It is quite low because sixteen is quite low for me. It feels it it feels like the one that I should like more. Well, mm. it is the one you should like. But I don't. It feels like if I'm going to sit down and watch it on my lazy Sunday afternoon, mm-hmm. it feels like I'm going to film school. Yeah, I thought you, I literally just had in my head the words film school come up. You feel like by watching this film, you're being forced to learn something. Yes. Don't you? And I can't switch off and have a good time and enjoy it. I feel really? like I'm being educated, which well, I appreciate. And it's a beautiful film. Because it's brilliant. But. I want I want fun time. Darby, I want you to go next actually. Well, this, this is my number 3. Yeah. I yeah. think I think this is the solidification of the Bond formula. You've got an incredible title sequence and what a what an introduction for our villain. Mhm. Um you've got a brilliant ally in Ali Kanrembe. Mm. A layered really layered performance from Connery where he is able to explore the real world side of Bond more so than in any other film I feel mm-hmm. a gorgeous film noir inspired setting and lighting approach this is a film noir and it's not aping a film noir it's not influenced by a film noir it is in and of the time it is a film noir and it is also a James Bond film and for that, I'll I'll watch it over and over again. I'll absolutely watch it over and over again. I think it's Terence Young's best work. It's it's elegant to endless degrees, and it sweeps me away. It really does. When you say you want a sweeping adventure, I know this is a little slower, a little more plodding, a little more mechanical, but I just am ready to go with it wherever it goes. And then you've got this incredible, to top it all off, to take it from being in my top ten to being in my top three, is the sequence aboard the Orient Express. I think Brandon said this about Casino Royale and possibly about this film. Not only is it a great Bond film, it's a great film. Mm. I think Casino Royale is that in 2006. Mm. I think it's wonderful that From Russia With Love is that in 1963. The only cons I can give it are the gypsy cat fight. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little sure. weak, product of its time. The kind of comical spectre training facility where they're all blowing up dummies. It's kind of like Q Branch. I think it loses some of its seriousness. Yeah, yeah. And the two perfect flesh masks, you know, in the in the pre-title sequence <laughs> yeah, where sure. Sean Connery is actually a, not Sean Connery and mm. he's wearing a Mission Impossible mask. But mm-hmm. great thinking. I like this more than Skyfall. I would watch this after my top two. If I had to go pick from three this yep. would be my number three and I would watch it gleefully I think this is a perfect film I'm with you look From mm. Russia With Love for me is one of those films where I go it's funny you say film school because I think it's it's a perfect encapsulation of 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 Bond adventure mm. um, 
in its most minimalistic sense. I think it's a perfect distillation of the Bond essence. Mm. I I don't think Goldfinger is the the formulation of the Bond formula. I think From Russia with Love is. And I think that everything that From Russia with Love establishes in that film, Goldfinger takes further. Goldfinger takes further and then kind of, you know, exaggerates. Props up. Yeah. 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 Uh, and every Bond kind of film that works after mm. is borrowing elements from From Russia With Love. I think that Connery, it's his best performance. I think that Tatiana Romanova is probably one of the best Bond girls, really, in the Connery era. Um, I would say that Red Grant is damn near one of the best villains, if not the best villain... And if you classify him as a henchman, then he's, then he's instantly the best henchman. Mm. Whatever category you want to put him in. Um, Rosa Clare, sensational. I think that Blofeld's appearance in this, the fact that this whole... Unseen Blofeld. Yeah, un, mm. unseen Blofeld is wonderful, but the fact that Spectre are kind of trying to wage a war of vengeance upon the actions from the previous film, mm. I'm like, that's how you do continuity within the Bond films. From Russia with Love, if you released it today, would it be a number one? No. But if you released it when it came out, which they did... <laughs> <laughs> it's up there. There, Hitchcock's there is best. something about... Yeah, there's something about From Russia with Love that makes me go... It's the best Not it's only era. is this a classic Bond film, this is a classic film. Mm. And and I think From Russia With Love is one of the most unsung heroes of the Bond franchise. Mm. That's where I sit. Lovely. Jake doesn't agree with it. He thinks <laughs> it's number 16. But there we are. <laughs> well, gentlemen. Call him a dirty devil, folks. We're into number two territory. Okay. Mr. Jake Spear. Number two for me is Thunderball. TB Thunderball. So we'll be talking about that. My Mr. Darby Depp. My number two James Bond, Bond James Bond film. Mr. Bond James Bond. Is a view to a kill. Avtac. There it is. <laughs> That's what was getting me. <laughs> so I mentioned that, and I'm proud well, of it. I mentioned that well before the both of you. Yeah, you did. You were number yes. nine or something. Yes. So my number two, ladies and gentlemen. Is golden night. We got three to talk about. First of all, we talk about Thunderball. <laughs> I mean, sorry, what is it? And he strikes like Thunderball. Are you, are you first cab off the ranking? No, Darby is. Oh, I am. At number eight, Thunderball oh. for Darby. All right. Well, Thunderball's a great James Bond film. Don't yes. get me wrong. It just happens to be my number eight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got the return of Terence Young. Sound the alarm, because he's bloody great. <laughs> um, we've got Emilio Lago. Yeah, true. What a villain. That's a fact. We have the unseen Blofeld. Yes. We have in this film... The clay pigeon shot, where he where he turns around and he says, "Oh, it's not that hard." Yes, yes, very cool yes. moment. We have the underwater mastery, mm. Uh, mm. technically, mm. and we have a really exuberant Sean Connery. He's mm. kind of, he's really living in the role. He is James Bond at this point. I think Thunderball Thunderball um, was a really exciting film when we watched it together. 
It didn't quite grab me as much as it grabbed you two, mm. um, but I did love it. I feel like you either fall into... Well, look, it grabbed me only one more well, than Only it one did more, you. yeah. I feel like you kind of fall into either adoring From Russia With Love or adoring Thunderball. I don't quite adore Thunderball. I think it's a damn fine film. I hmm. think it is top-tier Bond. I don't like the jetpack. I don't like the sequence of Trublins. I think it's silly. I don't th- like that they injured so many animals in the making of this film. <laughs> yeah. It rubs me the wrong way. Fair. I don't think it's Sean Connery's finest moment, but okay. I think it's a really good film. All right, well, me Very next. Nice. Yes. Thunderball, yep. I think, is uh, one of the most switch-off of the Bond films that you can have. Connery <laughs> is at some of his most playful mm-hmm. in this film. Mm-hmm. I think he feels so Fucking cool and sexy in this film. Mm. I think Locke, uh, not Locke, uh, what's his name? Buddy, I always con- confuse him with Locke. The one where he shoots him with the harpoon and he goes, I think you got the point. Oh, yeah, yeah. That um, guy, don't drink, don't smoke, what do you do? Yeah. That fella. Yeah, 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 I think yeah. he's a great yeah, little henchman. Yeah, yeah. I don't mm. know his name. Look, Fiona Volpe... Mm. Sex on legs. Oh, Mr. John Bond, James Bond. Oh, you think I'm an animal? Oh, my God. Stop it. Stop it, Mrs. Fiona Volpe. She's too much. She's too much. Um, And I think that Emilio Lago is a fantastic Bond villain. Mm. There's a moment in particular where uh, Emilio kind of carelessly moves his shotgun. Yes, yes. And Bond pushes it aside. I know we talked about this in Mm. the review, but it's a moment that has always stuck out for me. Bond's capable. uh, Bond's cool. Domino is... Claudine Auger, my God. I think she's one of the most beautiful Bond women we've ever had. Yep. She gets one of the best endings of a Bond girl mm. we've had. Particularly up to this point where she gets to kill the villain. Yes. Look, this film, it's just good fun. Yep. And that's that's all I'll say about it. Now, who's rated it above me? Oh, wait a minute. It's Mr. Sugar Candy, He's put it Mr. Jake Spear. He's put it at number two. It's time for a good time with Thunderball. <laughs> this... This was probably the biggest surprise for me going into this whole experience leading up to it. I was always super curious about this film because I knew absolutely nothing about it. But I just had this feeling, this intangible feeling that it was going to be good. And I was just hanging out for it. And when it finally happened to me, I was overwhelmed. I'll be honest, it's going to be fighting for that number one spot forever. Mm. I'm going to be going back to this film constantly. For me... It feels far more modern than it actually is. And I think a lot of that has to do with, one, the styling and casting of Claudine Auger. (laughs) Because she's she's a timeless timeless beauty. Timeless. Timeless beauty. Also, her costuming is amazing. The style. In the fact that she is constantly only in black and white. I know. You can't go wrong with it. You cannot go wrong with it. And I will say, how much of the stunt work was performed and captured for real. When you do it for real, it doesn't get old. Yep. Yeah. And that incredible undertaking of that camera team and production team and the actors doing all of that 
stuff underwater, the battle underwater, the plane underwater. It's just marvelous, marvelous. Yep. And marvelous stuff. Marvelous stuff. And I, I, I just think that the romance of Bond being on the water for so much of this film really plays a, a big part for me. Um, the locations are just stunning. There's a good amount of wackiness. I'm thinking of Largo's boat speeding up and crashing. And Bond on a weird massage table. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know? yeah. And, of course, the jetpack. There are a couple of things that are really pushing it to the limit, but I'm willing to go there for this no, film. You're not I think Connery liar. looks amazing. He's so stylish. He's so charismatic. And he's just up for a good time. It's one of the best villains. I think Ligo is amazing. And it is one of the best Blofelds because, as we've said before, the best Blofeld is an unseen Blofeld. Mm-hmm. I will argue that Bond, as much as you people want to hide behind your Fleming and your Daniel Craig, the seriousness of Bond is not... This Bond is not only incredibly stylish and witty and capable and full of action, but the wackiness for me... And look, I'm not satisfied until all of these elements are perfectly aligned. And I think Thunderball, we get a touch of absolutely everything. And I spoke about it in a number of episodes. The 36-point, 20-day 36 point, 20 20 point plan. I want a Bond who can play all of these notes. And I think Connery is playing the most notes of his entire Bond tenure in this film. Mm, I think, I we think get a he's piece contradicted of, himself in his number one then here. Yeah. We, we, we get a piece of everything. We get a piece of absolutely everything. So... I like me some Thunderball, and that's why it's number two. Remember what he said All right, okay. when he mentions his number one. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. He wants everything. He wants All everything. At All at once. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> we move on then to A Few to a Kill. Oh! Which I cannot believe what we're talking about at this point. Film. So A View to a Kill, I have rated A View to a Kill the lowest of the three of us. At a at, very high. At, at number nine. Good score. So, look, A View to a Kill. Is Roggi fantastic? Yes. Is the John Barry score fantastic? Yes. Is John Glenn's work fantastic? Absolutely it fucking is. Uh, Look, is this a good time fucking Bond film? Yes, it is. John (laughs) Barry's score is fantastic. This, this is the epitome for me of switch off Bond. You want to give me switch off Bond? This is it. This is where you marry character and good times. For me, A View to a Kill is way too harshly viewed. I think people look at this as if it's meant to be a Casino Royale or if it's meant to be a From Russia with Love. Mm. It's not. If you're defending the ridiculousness of Moonraker, if you're defending the ridiculousness of Diamonds... Or You Only Live Twice, or Octopussy, or Tomorrow Never Dies, or, God, what else? All of them. Spectre. <laughs> you cannot put this lower than those films. I'm sorry, you can't. Look out. This film nails it on its own terms. It sets out to be a very particular film, and it achieves those Goals at me. I'll see you in court. <laughs> love it, love it, and love Stacey it. Sutton. 
you would do the same thing that she does if you were trapped in a burning elevator. <laughs> You'd call James's name in the exact same pitch she would at me. <laughs> now, the second highest rating for this was Mr. Jake Spear at number three. Yes. Very highly ranked. Very. And deservedly so. This is Roger Moore at his best. Roger doesn't know what he's talking about. It is his best. Yep. We see so much of Bond in this film. His classy undercover work at Max's estate. We see his deep-seated rage at the death of Tibbet. We see his tenderness and, pr- and protective instincts towards Stacy. We see cheeky one-liner Bond, handyman Bond, and wacky fire engine Bond. He is both superhero and everyman in this film. It's an exciting, thrilling, heroic adventure that ticked all of my boxes and I know when I put it on I'm in for an absolute blast the whole way through it knows what it wants to be and boy it delivered mm. loved every second of it oh. <sighs> Mr. Darby Deck you've put it at number, number two. two boys I gotta say this film took me for a bloody ride mm-hmm. mm. this film not only was it a surprise in and of itself You know, it's got such a reputation as being a bad movie. It helped me to understand James Bond in an entirely new, and I would argue, one of the most original ways to explore the character. Mm. I think this film does more for the character of James Bond than a lot of others. Mm. I think this, as Jake said, is the ultimate Roger Moore adventure. He does not get better than he is in this film. This is the James Bond film made for him. Yeah. I think the tone and pace of this movie are perfectly suited to an older iteration of Bond. They knew exactly the film they were making. Whether or not that's the Bond film you want, whether Mm. you want Old Man Bond, Mm. it's what they gave us in this film, and they did it so earnestly, with so much reverence, respect, and just time taken that I felt we sat with the character of James Bond in this movie nearly as much as we do in Casino Royale. I really understood him as a functioning human being. I understood his likes and dislikes, his strengths and weaknesses. His beauty as a man really shone through for me in this movie. I adore this movie. I really adore it. I think this is one of the best action-adventure films I have ever seen. I really do. I'm so surprised by it. Some more dot points in my pros list. Bond as a grounded hero. This guy lives the stakes in this movie, whether it's rescuing a person from a burning building or hanging off the side of a fire engine. Yep. Maybe because he's nearly 60 years old. I believe everything that's happening. This is James Bond at his most elegant and glamorous. Mm. If you want a glamorous James Bond adventure, watch this one. The costume, you get Bond at the races. Yeah. You get Bond yep. at, at high art events, at castles, at, mm. in tuxedos. Everything is happening to this James Bond. It's a timely and intricate plot, you know. Yeah. It's got mature action direction. We see John Glenn at probably his best in terms of handling the visual play of action, you yep. know. You've got Christoph Walken. Christopher Walken. Christopher, yeah. Christ- yes. Christopher Walken. Maybe a little bit too camp, but he exists in this world, and I believe him every minute that he's on screen. Mm-hmm. My only cons would maybe be a little bit too much from Grace Jones and some 80s stylistic hangovers, but I've got to say, 
they're less offensive than some of the 80s stylistic hangovers we get in License to Kill and The Living Daylights. Yeah. I think this is a more modern film than both of those, even though it's got an old James Bond. Mm. And Stacey Sutton's good, but she might overstay her welcome a little bit. Just She's, a touch. Just a touch. She's in the film for longer than she needs to be to serve the narrative, and that sure. weakens it just ever so much. Just sure. ever so slightly. But A View to a Kill, you've got a new super fan. I love you. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're an incredible James Bond film. At me. <laughs> well, gentlemen. Yes. We move in to our number one spots, and I think the audience can guess, because there's only two films that we haven't talked about. Yes. Now, Mr. Jake Spear... And they both belong to one director. Mr. Jake Spear. Yes. What is your number one Bond film? My number one Bond film is Goldeneye. And Mr. Darby Deck? My number one film is Casino Royale. And my number one Bond film is Die Another Day. <laughs> oh, no, no my sorry, God. it's Casino Royale. <laughs> They're very close together. No, it's Casino Royale. Look, gentlemen, we are talking about the final two Bond films. My goodness me. In the series. Martin Campbell, we're not worthy. Mr. Darby Deck, why is Goldeneye at number five for you? <sighs> This was tough. My top five was t- a tough time. It's, it's tough. There's not, yeah. there's a, as Jake would say, a bee's dick. Yeah. Whoa. Is that a lamp? Um, I think, bee's knee. Bee's knee. I think Martin Campbell proves his chops with this film by executing the style and the action perfectly, delivering a bond for his time. Brosnan is an exciting new bond. Xenia is a top-tier henchman. Judy Dench is incredible, a revelation as M. Yep. Alec Trevelyan is an intriguing version of Dark Bond and a great counterpoint to our new James Bond. Great way to measure him against himself. Natalia, is a, she's a capable and well-defined character. It has an incredible title sequence by Kleinman, his first, and a superb song. And then we've got little bonuses like Alan Cummings in a great supporting role. Yeah. I think it's a wonderful film, maybe hampered by some strange score choices. And I would argue, although I can't think of specifics... Just some early examples of what to expect from an unflappable and too, ki- too cool brozzy. I think the seeds are planted in this one. And the car colour. It's a bad choice. The blue? The blue. Oh, all right. <laughs> all right. All right. I'd drive it. <laughs> Look, me next on GoldenEye, I mm. put it at number two. Because it's a wonderful escapist Bond film. If you're talking about the classic tradition of Bond films, this is the the perfect version of the basic formula. Martin Campbell explores everything within that formula. I think Xenia on the top, iconic and wonderful. Isabella Skorupko as Natalia, wonderful. She delivers depth and detail in abundance. Pierce Brosnan, this is the best he gets as Bond. I think Alec Trevelyan, played by Sean Bean, is a wonderful villain, a great dark side Bond. I think Alan Cumming as Boris Grishenko is fantastic. I think that General Uramov is perfectly pitched. The action scenes in this are delightful. 
I'd never watch GoldenEye and am pulled out of the film. I think it's the perfection, the epitome of the original Bond formula. I think in terms of the limit of those, GoldenEye is the peak. Jake, it's number one for you. This is number one for me. I want to say without a doubt, but I'd be lying. Mm. Because... Geez, Thunderball is knocking on its door. Yeah, because you said multiple times throughout the podcast that Thunderball beat this film for you. Yep, but I tell you what, nostalgia is a powerful thing. And I'd be lying if I said it wasn't playing a big part in my decision here and a big part of why I continue to go back to that film and why I want to go back right now (laughs) to watch that film because there is so much of that movie that I just adore. And Brandon, you nailed it. It's escapism. And... If I'm being truly honest with myself, that is what I seek in James Bond. Yeah. And this film gives me all of that. It's an incredible cast, an incredible ensemble of actors, an amazing world that seems to be modern and accessible and contemporary enough for me to access, but harking back to the traditional Cold War era Mm. Bond Beautiful aesthetics. You know, it's got such a great feel to it. Mm. I agree, Darby. I think if anything lets it down, it's some of the music choices. Some of the score cues in here are a little bit on the nose, but I would argue there are are music cues in there that are stunning and redeemable, Mm. and the Bond theme pops up just when you bloody want it. Mm. You've got an incredible tank chase. You've got iconic locations... And you've got a bloody damn jump that just blows my mind every time I see it. Brennan, you're right. It's Brozzy at his best. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It does not get any better. And I cannot believe it. Hats off to him. It's his first bloody Bond film. Yep. There was magic in the water. um, And I'm I'm so glad that this film exists. Mm. I love it. We move on to our other top spot. Mm. Number five. Jake... (laughs) Jake, I invite you to talk about your number five pick. Yep. Our number one. Our number one. Yep. Our number one. Our favourite. Our favourite. Jake's not so much favourite. Number five. <laughs> Jake, you talk about Casino Royale before the two of Isn't us. Isn't this telling of the whole relationship <laughs> yes. of this podcast? Uh, yeah, that you don't analyse things critically, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. It's all there. I think the viewers are, are, uh, are smart enough to read between the lines. No, Jake, why is Casino Royale number five for you? I will say this, although it is not my number one Bond, it is my number one Craig. This is an extraordinary film, and... As I said before, these top ten films are really fighting it out. When I first... when I Not when I first saw this film, but when I saw this film as a part of this podcast, it really floored me. Because I really didn't know how to talk about it in the context of the other Bond films because it was really in a league of its own. And I still, and I still feel that way, which is why it's the, it's the best Craig film. Um, the only reason why it didn't reach any higher for me is because I'm... I'm more in the mood to put those other films on. But when I think of Daniel Craig, I think of this film. I want to see this film. There is a class to it that is just magnificent. It's Bond in a damn casino, for God's sake. We get an extraordinary relationship 
we finally get to explore in this modern era of Bond a depth and complexity to the psychology and to the character of this man we all love dearly that really just blew me away. It's it's stunning in every element. It's emotional. Daniel Craig is just the most physical, uh, I don't know, animalistic, intuitive beast of a of a presence as James Bond that's just incredibly captivating. And it is number five, but geez, it's... It's one of the best Bond films ever made. Well, look, similar to uh, Jake's idea that, you know, nostalgia does colour a number one. Mm. The nostalgia I feel for Casino Royale, though it is quite a young film, Mm. is heavy. I adore this movie and all it has done for me. I have a very personal relationship with it. I think it's beautiful. I think it's the deepest James Bond adventure that we see on screen. Mm. And I think it's the most confidently... confidently constructed not only is it deep it backs it up with technical mastery it's an intricate portrayal of a really complex character who has lived for years in our consciousness and it's willing to go places new with him i think it's a wonderfully realized arc one of the scariest ever screen villains i was terrified of lashif i thought him at the same time incredibly cool and scary as all hell which for a you know, 14, 15 year old is a good mix. It's going to stay in my psyche yeah. for a long time. Mm. I think Vespa Lind is the perfect measure for Daniel Craig's bond yeah. and it defines him. Craig's commitment to the insane action required of him in this film is deserving of so much praise. I think why this is my number one James Bond film, not only is it an incredible film, it is my number one James Bond film because I feel that it is really deeply faithful to the history and legacy of the character. I think it could be explored how much this truly is a James Bond film, Mm -hmm. while at the same time it forges a new path, a really new, untrodden path, not only for James Bond, but for action cinema. I think it's perfectly paced, wonderfully constructed. It's a brilliant film. I, Whenever I think about uh, what I want from a James Bond film, um, it's Casino Royale. I think that Daniel Craig's performance as Bond, I think he nails every aspect of the character. I think that Eva Green is the perfect Bond girl. And I think that the relationship between he and uh, she and Bond in this film is just heartbreaking. I, I, I find this film sits separately for me from the rest of the Bond films. I, I think it is a better constructed film than the rest of the entirety of the Bond canon. It, it, it will always be uh, my number one. In the same way that I think that people who experience Bond for the first time in 83 mm. with Octopussy um, will, will, will always latch on to that Bond. But there is something about Casino Royale that I just, I truly adore. And, and it is my favourite film, not only as a Bond film, but as a film. I, um, there's, there's something about it. I don't know. I, I think know. you'll always, you'll, you'll keep searching it forever. I think so. I mm. think so. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've actually run quite long on this week's episode. So what we will do is we will spare everyone. Uh, from going through and exhausting through the list. I think you get where we've ranked them all. Next week, instead of the fact check, because how do you fact check a rankings episode, 
uh, we will be giving our golf scores matched with how they, uh, well, how they matched up with our shaken and stirred scores throughout the season. So we'll be doing that next week instead of a fact check. But it's late, I'm tired, and there's so much left to do. We'll be joining you next time for 1953's Casino Royale by Ian Fox.